warning. Pop culture leftovers might not be suitable for people who can't handle insane amounts of profanity, so you might want to fuck off. Pop culture leftovers might take its time getting around to its advertised content as well. If this is a huge problem for you, then you too can fuck off. Pop culture leftovers typically has a long run time as well. If you can't handle a four to six hour podcast, then you probably won't like us, and you too can join the aforementioned cock thistles and fuck off altogether in unison. Others who may not be able to handle pop culture leftovers include children under the age of 14, if you regularly listen to NPR, are a pregnant woman that has spent most of your first, second, and third trimester looking at stupid shit on both Etsy and Pinterest, if you tuck in your t-shirts, if you use a Bluetooth headset in public, if you go to motivational speaking seminars, if you have life goals, if you have self-respect, if you have a heart condition, if you're a huge pussy, if you're a huge pussy with a heart condition, or if your name is Melvin, TFS706, or TJ Lamb. Everyone else, please enjoy. Episode Welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And, and we're, we're the, the leftovers. leftovers. Yay. It's a cute little Woo. thing we say every episode. You know? I know. Do you think be the goosebumps? Uh, I think people like that. I think it makes them feel like I think it makes them feel like, ah, oh, yeah, we're we're uh, we're in uh, we're in store for another episode of Pop Culture Leftovers. It's it's just a nice little welcome that they get used to every week, Jake. You know? Yeah, you think so? You think they say it along with us? Yeah, sure. I mean, honestly, people like repetition sometimes. It just makes you feel good inside. You know what I mean? Like comfort food and shit, you know? It just makes yeah, you yeah. feel good hearing the same thing, you know? And every once in a while, I'll listen to a podcast and they just, they, they start and they start rambling about it. I'm like, wow, where am I? I want to get, I want to catch my bearings first. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like skydiving. You have to get yourself in the right position before you can do anything. Oh yeah, yeah. A lot of people are going to get that skydiving analogy. A lot of, a lot Anyone of anyone who has skydived. I know a lot of our listeners have skydived. Now I talk about going to like a special comfort place. You're talking about jumping out of a goddamn airplane, Jake. <laughs> like what the fuck? Like can can we associate it with like with sex? I mean, it's um, it's like it's like jumping into the bed for the first time and somebody just like sticking their finger in your butthole. Like that's not cool. Right? No, you want you want. I, I have more experience with the skydiving. Oh, well, I wish I could say the same, sir. Um, let's see here. All right, hey, we are not alone this week. We are joined again, second week in a row, Mr. Joe Stark. Welcome back. Hey, hey, what's up, guys? You did it. You, you did it again, Joe. I fucking did it again. Yeah, you did. Huh. You know what I should have led with? What is that? I've really heard a digit in the ass makes you go off like a broken fire hydrant. Oh, dude. <laughs> The, this is yeah yeah that's it would have been I better than a took, generic but... hey hey <laughs> the butthole is a majestic thing in the in the bedroom I'm telling you if you can if you can hit mastery level of the butthole there's not a lot you can't do in the bedroom you know what I mean it's just you got you got to be on that level 
in the bedroom where you have that trust. You know what I mean? It's all about it's all about trust with the with the brown ring of of fun. <laughs> yeah, that's how you start an episode. Yeah. Welcome back home, kids. Welcome back. <laughs> anyway, uh, I want to thank some people. I have, uh, if you know, on uh, January first, I uh, ruptured my Achilles tendon, snapped that fucker in half, and um, I have not been able to walk and shit like that. I want to let everybody know. That I, yeah, like everybody wants to know, like how's it coming along? How's your how's your fucking uh, guys? I'm fucked. Okay, that's how it's coming <laughs> along. All right, I have started physical therapy, um, and uh, I'm not. They're not able. They're not letting me put uh, any do any weight bearing or anything on it right now. I am uh, basically just doing like uh, some exercises uh, for the first two weeks. It was just stretches, literally just stretches. And uh, now I've moved into being able to do some sorts of like exercises and things like that to get that tendon strong again. Um, March 12th, I will go in for my next doctor's appointment. Don't worry. We're going to get the advertised content. There's a shit ton of it. So enjoy this. Um, but March 12th, I'm going to go in for another doctor's appointment. And then he's going to let me know if I can put any uh, – do some weight bearing. And then from there, I'm going to continue to go to my physical therapy and try to get the tendon stronger. So just wanted to give everybody update and I wanted to thank a shit fuck ton of people uh for sending me stuff in the mail uh while this is um while I've been going through this cuz I guys I literally I'm at home all day or going to the movie theater I have to go to places where I have to where I can sit down like I can't it's not like I'm like oh shit I'm going to I'm going to go fucking walk around the park and shit fuck no I can't do that I got crutches go bowling. go bowling I can't I can't do anything fun I literally am going to movies and sitting down and going to restaurants. Um, so I want to thank people that have been able to, that have sent me things in the mail. You guys are fantastic. And I'm not asking for anybody to send me anything. It, people have just uh, done it. So I want to thank Danny Murphy. Thank you for the preacher trades. He, he sent me for the first four preacher trades. Thank you. That's fucking awesome. Uh, my face lit up when I saw them. I'm thrilled to fucking have them. Uh, Larry Mayday sent me, uh, we were talking about V. He sent me, uh, V DVDs. Um, not, not familiar disease. He sent me the DVDs. Um, he sent me the, the complete series and then, uh, V the final battle. What do you, what do you got there, Jake? I love that. That's great stuff. Yeah. That'll be a fun rewatch. Oh, I know. I cannot wait. And, and in DVD, I, I don't think I've ever seen it in like DVD quality, man. Like, so Robert England, young as fucking young as fuck. That was, that was on the actual, uh, the, the case. It said that. <laughs> Robert Quoted by me, I believe. <laughs> yeah, quote, Jake Elliott, Robert England, young as fuck. It's got a picture of you on there saying it like all excited and shit. It's weird. <laughs> One thumb up. <laughs> uh, Dan West sent me spaced the entire series. So, uh, Simon Pegg, Nick Frost series. Fucking amazing. Thank you, Dan. Uh, our listener, Wally Bags. Uh, he does a podcast called The Terrible Talkers. He sent me a ton of gifts and collectibles and things like that. Amazing. Thank you. Uh, Rebecca Daling, we've had her on the show before, sent me a shit ton of stuff. And, uh, Rebecca, the cats love the blanket. Like, <laughs> they love the fucking kitty blanket. She sent me like ragu pasta, a bunch of, uh, she sent me some trades, uh, candy, all this stuff. Thank you. Uh, Benjamin Thomas, thank you for the gourmet popcorn. It hit the spot. Uh, I killed, I I killed the cheddar and then I killed the caramel corn. It's amazing. So thank you so much. There are days when this gets depressing. It's, I, I get depressed. Um, and so I want to thank everybody that has sent stuff. It, it cheers me up. 
Um, there are days where I'm fine. And then there's days where it's like, I can't fucking walk and this fucking sucks. And it's like, I just want to walk again. And I'm, you know, I'm pissing and moaning about not being able to walk. And, um, I, I, I will never take walking for granted ever again. So, um, yeah, it's bullshit. We just can't get you fitted with like a robot leg, like, you know, a month ago. Is that are you are you really upset about this, Jake? Is this bother, keeping <laughs> yeah, you yeah. keeping you up at night? I feel like we're I feel like we're right there at the cusp of that technology. We're like the guy that does this to himself ten yeah. years from now is going to have to go through what you had to go through. He'll just be the fucking Terminator. Did you see the uh, the meme with uh, it's uh, it's Don Chadle, you know, War Machine, and uh, it's <laughs> oh, I love this meme. What's it, yeah. what's it say? It's fucking hilarious. It's uh. God, it's the one where he's upset that they don't have the technology to fix him, but Bucky, it was like, was bamboom, right? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it was. <laughs> that was good stuff. Yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, he's when, paraplegic for life. When you're friends with Black Panther and he won't stick a, you know, one of those spine healing balls in your back or some shit, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious. Um, I also want to make an announcement, going to be recording a new podcast, a bi-weekly podcast, comic book co- podcast called Number One Comic Books uh, with me and Joe, Rebecca, and Rod. So me and Joe, we're going to be doing a podcast here shortly, and uh, it's called Number One Comic Books. We're just going to review the first issues of comic books, just to let you know if it's a good starting out point or not. If the book sucks, I'm going to let you know. You know, I, I may love the creator, but if I don't like it, I'm going to let you know. So, I mean, comic books can get expensive. And I mean, sometimes, sometimes I look forward to taking books off my pull list because my pull list is so fucking ridiculous. Um, I, you got to feel the same way, Joe. And I know Jake, you felt like yeah. this too. So, oh yeah. yeah, it gets ridiculous as a Marvel fanboy. It's like, they really know how to all of a sudden multiply your titles. Yeah. Jake, did you hear Mark Wade is going to be on Dr. Strange? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. That's fuck. been a long time coming. Oh, my God. Doctor Strange, Jason Aaron was on it, and I was like, okay, I got to get it. Loved it. Donnie Cates is on it, and I, I, I've i got to get caught up on that, to be quite honest with you. I've got all the issues. I just got to start reading them again. Um, you know, how- he, he did a mini, though, for Doctor Strange that I actually hated. Really? Yeah, it was like Doctor Strange was, like, playing baseball with, like, a bunch of different, like, crazy demons and stuff it was very silly and i mean and i like the mark wade brand of silly a lot yeah. of times but this this was pretty out there huh yeah it sounds weird yeah and hopefully he won't go back to the uh, baseball well i mean yeah, so. hopefully there's no sequel to that storyline coming <laughs> right yeah it's like a four issue mini so I, I i was super pumped i remember it's one of those things where you have to order the solicitations three months ahead so yeah a four issue mini you're already locked into the first three or four by the time you realize it it yeah. sucks so you're just <laughs> buying that last issue out of spite oh wow um let's see here yeah so join me and joe for number one comic books uh we're gonna record our first episode um next what is it in about a week and a half and then it'll be up on the 14th mm-hmm. so yeah, subscribe on iTunes. A lot of fun. Yeah, it's going to be great. So, uh, you guys ready to jump into uh, iTunes reviews? Yes. All yeah. right, it is time for iTunes reviews. All right, iTunes reviews. Uh, this first one. Wow, I'm coming in fucking loud. Jesus. Take it down a notch, Brian. 
There we go. All right. A little spicy kick to my voice there. A little Cajun going on. Powerful iTunes review. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, all right. It's uh, titled Best Podcast. I'm going to save the name of the reviewer for the very end. and That'll make sense when I'm done. Uh, anyway, it goes on to say it's a five-star. Love the podcast. Extremely informative and laugh-out-loud funny. I work for the government in D.C., and your podcast always helps me get through the riveting work weeks here. Keep up the great work. By the way, just pre-purchased one amazing sail barge. And uh, that comes from the Katana, which is the actual name of the sail barge. I thought that's great. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, that kind of makes me upset that we helped sell a sail barge. Oh. <laughs> really? Are we part of the problem, Jake? I don't. I didn't. I thought. I thought our sar- sarcasm was coming through loud and clear. Hey, you know, I, I think that. I think. I think I did my part. Now, if somebody has some crazy fucking addiction to buying four foot long toys, um, that is not my problem. I think that <laughs> that whole like last fucking back forty minutes of our podcast was like a PSA against it. So if somebody, <laughs> if so, you know what I mean. Like if somebody, fucking, yeah, that's where I'm coming yeah, from. Yeah, I get it, man. I get it, man. It's like it's. Hey, hold on. You know what I mean? It's like one of those things. I felt like the guy that was listening to our episode is like the guy going into the bar and just saying, "Oh, I'm just here for the pretzels." Bullshit, sir. As soon as you heard me talking about a four foot long self barge, you should have been turning off the podcast. That's your problem. That you're going to stick around and hear about the uh, all the bullshit going on with that, and, and got wrapped up in it. And now you now you pre-ordered one, right? Is that my is that yeah. my fault, Jake? No, no, no. So I think keep that a five star review, no matter how much you are dissatisfied by that sale barge. <laughs> Yeah, ridiculous, ridiculous. That thing showing up in your door. What are you doing? God. The guy's going to have to carry it in with a furniture dolly. I know. It's like, it's oh, we got to get my neighbor to come over and help me. And then your neighbor's asking, like, hey, what is that? And you got to lie to him because you don't want to... You don't want to come off as the dickless idiot who bought a four foot long sail barge. You got the you got the sail barge blanket like hiding behind the couch for every time someone unexpectedly shows up. Yeah. <laughs> Quick, get the sail barge blanket, throw it over. A false alarm, false alarm. It's just a mailman. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we need those. What are those blackout blackout curtains now, so nobody can see in the sail barge room? Jeez. Oh my gosh. I would, I would hide that over my, my, my browsing history. You know what I mean? Free reign. <laughs> you want to check out my browsing history? That's fine. Go for it. You can see what I'm into. If, I don't want you knowing about my sail barge, right? <laughs> Everything else you're, you're fine with, yeah, right? Yeah. I don't know. Like, I'm serious, man. Like, if you want to know what I'm into, yeah. All right. Finger in the butthole. Cool. Whatever, man. You know? Midget clown porn, whatever. Dude, I have None watched. The- yes. I have not midget clowns, but I have watched the midget porn. And, uh, you know, sometimes you just want to know how that works, you know? It's awesome. I agree. I agree. Curiosity was Uh, what got me there, too. Me, too, man. (laughs) Oh, man. You know, the funny thing is, though, is like, oh, man, I'm trying to think of a midget joke with that sail barge because it would work, right? Like, okay. Anyway, um, let's see here. You guys ready to move on into Good Pop, Bad Pop this week? 
Oh yeah, only only one review. Yeah, that's it. No, seriously, uh, one review this week. And we had two other reviews that came through, but they weren't nobody. They didn't leave like an actual like uh, written word. <laughs> Were they both yeah. five stars? I don't know. I, I uh, you, you got to go to the actual like iTunes on your computer to and keep track of like how many five stars and one stars you got. And I just it's yeah, fuck yeah, that. that's a that's a lot. All right. Uh, yeah, let's uh, move on into good pop, bad pop. It's time for more leftover reviews with good pop, bad pop. Good pop, bad pop is where we talk about the things in the previous week and or weeks that we either watched or read. Sometimes we rate these things. And if this is your first time listening to the podcast, we want you to be familiar with our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right. Uh, let's see here. I wanted to start off this, uh, this good pop, bad pop talking about... The new Jennifer Lawrence film that I went and saw, Red Sparrow. Um, this is the, uh, I don't know if you guys remember hearing about this in the news. This is the movie where Jennifer Lawrence got into a bar fight while she was uh, filming in Budapest. Did you guys hear about that? Remember that happening? Yeah. 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 Oh, no. Yeah, this is that movie. Yeah, she actually got in, a, in an actual bar fight in Budapest. So, uh, pretty I wish it's been that. a while. She actually filmed this before Mother. Yeah. I wish, uh,. Yeah, it's all when the studio wants to release it when they think it'll work out best. I, I, man, it's too bad they didn't film that, that we couldn't watch that shit, right? Of the bar fight? Yeah, the bar fight. <laughs> it's actually very shocking that that footage isn't out there, like in today's age of smartphones. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Synopsis for Red Sparrow. Ballerina Dominika Igorova is recruited to Sparrow School, a Russian intelligence service where she is forced to use her body as a weapon. Her first mission, targeting a CIA agent, threatens to unravel the security of both nations. Uh, it's directed by Francis Lawrence, who did... Uh, I Am Legend and some of the Hunger Games films. Uh, it's written by Justin Haith and uh, based on a book by Jason Matthews. And it's based on a 2013 novel of the same name by retired CIA operative Jason Matthews. Before the novel was even finished, Matthews sold the film rights for a seven-figure sum. The novel is the first book in a trilogy, uh, with the others being Palace of Treason and The Kremlin candidate. Uh, the film stars, like I said, Jennifer Lawrence, Joel Edgerton, Jeremy Irons, who is Alfred in the DCEU, uh, Kieran Hines, who was the voice of Steppenwolf in the Justice League. Um, it's also got Mary Louise Parker and Matthias Schnitz in it. Um, I, uh, I'm going to give it a solid taste it, um, as far as this film's concerned. I think it Red Sparrow, it starts off really good in my opinion, and then it really never does anything too spectacular after that, minus um, there's a really creepy scene with a skin grafter that will haunt you for fucking days. Uh, Yeah, and uh, there's I don't know, there's one too many twists in this one. Um, At the very end, I I was happy kind of like with the direction that it took, and then it kind of pulls the rug out from under you there, and then gives you one too many twists. There, There wasn't enough time spent to in the Sparrow School um, to make it believable, unless unless I missed something because it felt like the, in the timeline that she was only in the Sparrow School for three months, and 
I felt like she needed to be there a little longer. This movie is, it's two hours and 19 minutes long. The length of the film is fine. It's just, I think 20 of those minutes should have been more time at the Sparrow School. Um, us finding out, uh, them showing us like all the skills that she's learning. I mean, they, they, they just really quickly go through this school. It's unreal. And then there's a couple of other students that they focus on in the school. And then there's zero follow up with those students. So it's like, you don't even like, why bring like those stories up if there's zero follow through with them? Um, so I, there's a great story in here somewhere, um, about family, about love, about, you know, how far you're willing to go to be a patriot. But this just is not um, that that the movie just didn't didn't pull it off. Maybe the book maybe the book's better. I I I would recommend watching Red Sparrow. Um, it's a good movie. Maybe like Red Box it, you know, like a like a Sunday or something if you got the day off. Um, and um, I don't know. Just uh, I, I wouldn't be opposed to watching a sequel if they made a sequel for this one. But um, it's nothing that I'm like rushing for them to to make it's it was it was it's a taste and it's it's definitely worth watching it's just you're not gonna like leave the movie like oh my god i'm reeling from that fucking red sparrow movie so. that's disappointing to hear you say that from seeing the trailer one of the things i was most excited to see was the the whole training aspect oh yeah it. that's that's how she became yeah. that you mm-hmm. know yes. mindless killer well the good thing so, about it though jake is that the fact that i think that they skipped out on a lot of that sparrow school stuff they didn't dive too much into it i think that this this kind of shows that they can that marvel can still make like a black widow movie if they do plan to go like that prequel route you know what i mean yeah, yeah, I hear what you're saying. What, what about this compared to other movies of its like? Like, is this better than Lucy? <sighs> yeah, it's better than Lucy. Not by much. Okay, and what was the other one? Wasn't there one that just came out that was just like it, too? Mm. With uh, Charlize Theron? Atomic Blonde? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I... Uh, yeah, I guess, I mean, this one, you know... Atomic Blonde, I didn't like it. I tossed that film. So yeah, this yeah. is definitely better if you want to know that. I mean, it, it's Atomic Blunt just had like the most tropiest fucking spy story ever. Like every spy story is like recovering the list. And it's like, I don't care how great the action is. And the action in that movie was really good. I don't care how it is, how good it is if the story's not good. It, and, and it wasn't. And it, there was nothing new, nothing inventive with it. Um, and it kept slowing down when they kept going back into the interrogation room. And I was, I was just over it. So. Yeah, that concept hasn't been clever since a 70s Bond movie. Right. And it's, you know, I'm all for, like, I was, I was expecting to go in and see, like, the female John Wick. And instead they gave me just basically, like, I don't know, female John Wick meets, like, I don't know, like a James Bond film, but like every James Bond film that's done it before and done it better. So I, I tossed the shit out of Atomic Blonde. I thought it was terrible. Um, I also want to talk about real quick a couple TV shows. Oh, you know, uh, Red Sparrow. I think I think it would be better served as like a Disney XD show, and they have it's like <laughs> rad, like rad, like hold on, Rad Sparrow. She's like a little girl. She, she's been trained. 
She's rad. She's a rad sparrow, right? And it's all the hijinks that she gets up to in the yeah. school. Yeah, yeah, exactly. She takes out all the non-cool kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you can go anywhere with that story. Um, let's see. I want to talk about a couple shows. Uh, the first one is um, The Detour on TBS. It premiered. Uh, it's a comedy. And uh, coming out of the gate, I gave it five minutes and tossed the fuck out of it. It is Whoa. so – I turned this shit off so fucking quick. It The pacing is crazy. It introduces you to characters. You instantly hate them. And um, you just – you want them out of your life so badly. Like like you you feel dirty for watching this and knowing that these people are on TV. And um, I don't know what it's about, nor do I care. I was just – thoroughly annoyed after five minutes of this fucking show and uh it's called the detour i took a detour from the show and just turned it off it's terrible it's absolutely wow. terrible so anyone recognizable in this garbage heap no no not in five minutes i was i was nope, done i was out five minutes. no i was out i was so fucking out uh tbs i don't know what you're doing i mean anyway the the the, the tracy morgan show looks pretty fucking hilarious the last og or whatever it's called that looks. Oh, that's a TBS show. Yeah, it looks hilarious. Okay. Coming out in April, and uh, that looks that shit looks fucking funny. I don't know about this this fucking detour crap. Cancel it now, TBS. Just cancel it now. Save yourself the embarrassment. Cancel it now. It's terrible. Anyway, Ash vs. Evil Dead season three premiered, and I watched it. Um, the series uh, takes place in Ash's hometown now of uh, Elk Grove, Michigan, and. Um, the Necronomicon in the first ep- the first episode of the season is awoken when it's brought it's brought on t- this girl brings it on to like an antiques road show type program and <laughs> and the host starts reading the Necronomicon. Now hold on, Jake, I got a question for you. You're a big Evil Dead fan as I am. Um Joe, are you a big fan of the Evil Dead? Oh yeah. Okay. All right. This is a question for the both of you then. All right, hold on. The Necronomicon, you start reading the shit, right? And all of a sudden, like, the wind starts blowing, and it just, you know what I mean? Like, it, and shit starts blowing around. Do you think you stop reading it at one point when, you know, when that shit I, starts picking I up? I ask myself that very question. I, at this point, I have to believe that that's for the audience only, and, and that the person reading it is under some sort of spell where they don't see all that obvious warning signs. I, yeah, I've kind of, like, always wondered that, because it's like, I, I was thinking that it was, um, once you start reading it, like, the ne- Necronomicon kind of, like, makes you keep reading it until you finish or something yeah yeah like it's a little bit of a hypnosis at that point right and it's the only way you can explain like why there's eight warning signs yes. going on that you should stop doing this right yeah. exactly you're hearing noises you're seeing like leaves and all this shit being you know flown all over the fucking place like, i'm telling you like they're turning themselves yes done with the sentence exactly i'm done like i'm closing the, i'm closing the fucking book and i'm out of there right <laughs> I'm close. I'm, I'm halfway down the goddamn road in my car. If that shit happens, I'm not finishing this book. Yeah, and that's one you want to judge by the cover too. I mean, why yeah. are they even opening? <laughs> oh, I know. It's like it's it, the cover is made out of human flesh. Oh yeah, what's what's in this book? No, this is not a Betty Crocker cookbook, asshole. It's a book made out of human flesh, and there's blood in it. It's written in blood. <laughs> the fuck? Let me. Jesus. People are st- – I, I don't know. I love the show. Minor nitpick. Um, his daughter's in this season, um, and I'll talk about her in a moment. Pablo's back. Uh, Kelly has brought a new friend with her. Um, this guy, Dalton, who's a knight of Samaria and who's like – he's very 
familiar with the prophecy in Ash. Um, and, uh, <laughs> well, he'll be dead soon. I hope so. He seems like a prick. <laughs> uh, his, uh, Ash's daughter is in the season. Um, and they ha- they introduced her in the first episode. I was like, wow, this is crazy. They're going for it. And, uh, the first episode took, took place in, uh, in his, uh, actual, uh, Ash's old high school, which is kind of cool. And, um, I don't know. I love that I Tupperware episode one. I cannot wait. I Tupperware every episode of this fucking show. The show is spectacular. It is so fantastic. Season four has not been ordered yet, guys. I am, I, they better order it. This is bullshit. But Bruce Campbell, he talked about season four not being ordered and he said, we're in the horrible television limbo right now. We're going to see what the TV gods have in store for us. We're ready either way. If they take us off the air, we can think about another movie. And if they don't, we can just keep plugging away. So I would love to see one more movie. I, I think that I, I've only seen the first season of the show and yeah. I think it's great. And I yeah. plan on seeing the other two seasons. But there's just something about the idea of one more theatrical Bruce Campbell Evil Dead movie that I really want to happen. Well, sure, today. I do too. Mm-hmm. I, I want them to be able to finish the series though without it get without it getting canceled. That way, like once the series is all wrapped and done with, uh, and I've gotten tons of Ash, I can Sam Raimi can come back and like do the movie, you know. So that I don't yeah, know. That would be fantastic. The more Ash, the better. Like. I, I need more ash and this is this is fucking great man and I like the you know they showed like the previews for like what, like what's coming in the season and the creatures that they create in this show are just just amazing I cannot wait for the rest of the season so I am gonna shut up now and I'm going to uh, let uh, Jake I'm gonna let you take over and talk about something this week Oh shit, you got me down a rabbit hole. I was like, God, what the fuck is Sam Raimi doing right now? We haven't heard anything from him in forever. <laughs> All right, hey, did, did you, Joe, Joe, do you want to go? <laughs> Jake, I'll yeah, let you No, I, I can go, I can go. All right. Just, do, do you guys know real quick what Raimi is, I have his next project is? No clue. No. All right, the only thing I see is Kill Killer Cro- King Killer Chronicles. So... I have no idea what that is. It's Pat Ruffra's classics novels. It's the sequel to Susie Sells Seashells Down by the Seashore. Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I, I can barely say it myself. I am. Um, we know. I just wanted to quick. I wanted to quickly say I went and saw a pretty amazing concert on Friday. I got to see uh, Lord live in St. Louis. Yeah, oh, man, yeah. it was a fantastic time. We saw her at the uh, Chevette Center in St. Louis. I'm um, actually saying. Lost you, Jake. I saw the killers about a month before that. You're back. You're back. I lost, you, lost you there. Me? Lost you there for a second. Oh. You're back now. Okay. Um. But yeah, we saw her at the uh, Chevette Center, and man, this was a Tupperware concert. Um, I've been a big fan of her since her first album. This was actually the second stop on her first major North American tour, and it was really kind of humbling to see that. You could tell she was kind of a little bit overwhelmed by just the massive crowd she got and just the whole experience of doing a live North American concert. Uh, she's a new New Zealand born singer songwriter. So this is kind of just some of her first, just big North American tour dates. And it was cool to be part of that and to see her kind of reaction to people freaking out of her music and songs and everything. Um, she had a pretty cool stage show too. They had like this big glass box that was big enough to fit about four dancers in and they were putting the dancers in this box and then like elevating the box and moving it all over the arena, like through the sky and stuff while the dancers were still dancing inside of it. It, it is a job I would not want, have wanted to have. I mean, 
you could see the box actually tilting one way or the other when ah, the majority Jake. of the weight was How? in one side of the box. How could you mm-hmm. deny people the, the the pure joy of watching you, sir, dance in a box? How could you deny oh, them, Jake? <laughs> I'm not even scared of height so much yeah. as long as I trust the way I'm in the height. Mm-hmm. So that's something I would not do. Like, it just looks, I don't know, it was, Jake's- I'm sure nothing was going to happen, but wow, it looked it was really freaky. You're it was, talking about a couple you, songs be, they did it. I was distracted by it. Beginning of the show, you're talking about skydiving and how that's fucking old hat. And here you are. I'm scared to be in a box. <laughs> I trust the parachute more than the string holding the box. <laughs> the string. <laughs> uh, so because yeah. it looked like just two strings holding this box with these dancers. <laughs> Some yarn. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> It was a cool concert, though. It was a really interesting crowd. She's talented. She's talented, man. She's talented. She's very yeah. talented. Yeah, she's super talented. I, I had, always, I'm sorry. I keep in. I want. I had never seen her before, and I watched her like do a live performance on um, on TV, and she's she's really talented. So I can imagine the concert was fantastic. Yeah, and I was worried when I see an artist like this, like kind of a pop artist, whether or not they're actually going to sing their music for me or just going to be a backing track in a show. Mm -hmm. You'll run into that, and that's very unfortunate. And thankfully, Lord, you know, she belted out all of her songs. There There was some backing track stuff going on, but it was very few and far between. And it was definitely when she was doing very performance heavy stuff. And and I get that. Yeah. So, but yeah, it was cool. Run the Jewels open for them, if you know who they are. Yeah, yeah. They're an up and coming hip hop group. Yeah, they so did the was, Black Panther trailer, the first one that came out. Yeah, exactly. So it was a really eclectic crowd in that way, where it's like kind of an odd combo, the uh, Lord and Run the Jewels. And you actually could kind of see that in the audience, mm-hmm. but it, it was really cool. I mean, everyone seemed to have a good time. At the end of the, the concert, I mean, you, she read the Necronomicon and all this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she ignored all the flashing lights. All the wind started picking up. <laughs> this is a bad yeah. sign. I should probably stop reading this. Me and me and my brother saw the killers at the same place a month ago, and it was awesome that it was the same place because we kind of learned the tricks, and we got out of this place and out of the parking deck in like a record time. Like someone walking up to their car as we were leaving actually gave us the thumbs up that we were leaving already. Oh wow! Like I was like, thank you. <laughs> so, and um, she, you know, she did the exact same set list she did the night before too. Um, and I'm a big geek like that. I always look up set lists that people are doing when I go to see them because I think it's neat when people do completely different set lists every night. And I have a lot of respect for that. But I mean, Lord has two albums, so I get it. There's not much variety she can do. But she did an exact clone of what she did on her first opening night the night before. So me and Kurt were just ready to get out of there. As soon as the last song was over, we knew. Yeah. So that helped a lot, too. But, yeah, great show. If anyone gets a chance to see her, she's got a lot of dates coming up in North America, at least 20 to 25 more shows. If you're a fan, I I strongly recommend it. You never know if that third album is going to be crap. Yeah, that's (laughs) awesome. Hey, do you guys think uh, if the – do they have Evil Dead conventions? Oh, I'm sure they do. Would it be called? I mean, they would, have would they, would, conventions. They should call it the ne- Necronomicon Con, right? <laughs> yeah, the Necronomicon. Yeah. That, that has to already exist. You That's think? Just too. Oh, oh man, I'm going to Google it now. Yeah, yeah. They have a replica of the Necronomicon. You can read. It's on an altar, and a wind machine comes on when you start reading it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to Google Necronomicon Con. No, they have, uh, what are they, what are those, those, those 
those cash booths that, you know, they, so one guy reads the Necronomicon <laughs> yeah. and the other guy's like in a booth and the money starts flying around. You got like one minute to grab as many bills as you could possibly can. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely already a thing, the Necronomicon. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, let's see here. Um, Jake, is that, is that all you got there so far? Oh yeah, for right now. All right. I, I watched, uh, Rebecca Daling asked me to watch a, nah, she didn't necessarily ask me to watch it, but she, she recommended that I watch a, a, a show on NBC, uh, Good Girls. Um, it's about, uh, three suburban mothers suddenly find themselves in desperate circumstances and decide to stop playing it safe and risk everything to take their power back. And it's, starts- wow, Jake. <laughs> Is it, did this, did this speak, did that synopsis speak to you, sir? Yeah, those girls aren't gonna take it no more. No, they are not gonna take it. Um, it's, uh, it stars Retta from, uh, Parks and Rec, uh, Mae Whitman, who played Anne on Arrested Development. She was also in The Duff, and I'm a big fan of that film. Um, Christina Hedricks from Mad Men. It's got Matthew Lillard from, uh, Scream, and then he also played Shaggy in the Scooby-Doo films. And then also the guy that, uh, David Hornsby, he plays, uh, cricket and it's always sunny in Philadelphia. He is also in this, uh, in the first episode of this. Um, uh, so basically you've got Mae Whitman's character who might lose her daughter, uh, to an upcoming custody battle. You've got, uh, Retta's daughter is sick and I believe she needs like a kidney transplant. But, um, in the meantime, there's this medicine that her daughter can take to kind of like help her function normally, but it's like $10,000 a month or something crazy like that for this medicine. And then, uh, Christina Hendricks's husband played by Matthew Lillard is this, um, he's a douchebag basically who he's made a bunch of bad investments with their money and, and he's sleeping with a coworker, I think a secretary at, uh, his, uh, car dealership. Um, and I just want to point out the secretary is not as hot as Christina Hendricks. Christina Hendricks is way hotter. Yeah. yeah I was like, who cheats surprising. on Christina Hendricks? I know. She's gorgeous. She's like a, she's like a pinup model. She's amazing. She's, is she dressed down in the show? I wouldn't even say she's dressed down. I, mean, I, I don't know. She's just, she just looks like hot mom. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. She does. I mean, I, I wouldn't say, I, I, I think she's a hundred times hotter than this other woman. I don't know. Whatever. The other lady's younger, but like, fuck youth. I mean, there's a lot of hot older women. Whatever. Anyway, these, uh, the three women, they've kind of like, they've had it and they're sick of like being a, they're, they're sick of being pushed around. They're being pushed around by their exes, um, doctors and then, and then, uh, Christina Hendricks by her cheating husband. So they scheme that they are going to, Rob the grocery store where Mae Whitman's character works at. And, um, <laughs> they do. I mean, they pull off the, they, they pull off this heist, but it, I mean, there's also some things, some loose ends, you know, some, some, some one character knows who it is that did it. And then I don't know. They also, it seems like they've also gotten mixed up in, I don't know if it's like a drug cartel or something. So, um, I was wondering like, where's the series going to go after this? So it was like, I thought, it, I thought it was just going to be like these girls going around robbing shit. And it, it may very well be that, but I enjoyed the first episode. I, I really did. I just, I hope that it can keep up with this. I'm going to give the first episode a high taste it. Um, and I can, conti- this is, 
odd for me that I'm going to continue watching an NBC show. And same thing with AP Bio. Like, the first three episodes were funny, but that last episode, fourth episode that I just recently watched, AP Bio was fucking tremendous. It was a Tupperware. So... It's, it seems like that show's finally gotten its groove. And, and that's another show, AP Bio, where like these kids, it's like you've, you've, you've got, um, Glenn Howerton from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia playing the teacher teaching these kids. And I'm thinking to myself, how long can they do this show with these kids? They're going to get older. Like mm. you can't, unless you're going to basically have these kids play kids every season and they, they never, that's what they should do. You know what I mean? Like, just they have them fail every year. Well, not fail every year, Jake. Just because I mean, just a lot of lot of show. Like, look at fucking Matthew Perry. Not Matthew Perry. Uh, Luke Perry. How old he was when they cast him as like a junior in ninety two one zero? He was like fucking twenty three or twenty four. Oh yeah. I mean, and so just cast some of these older kids to play these parts and next season they're still fucking sophomores or whatever the fuck. You don't have to like have them move on just because you're in a new season. It, it, you can still have them in the same, in the same uh, year. It, it, I, mean, I agree. You should be able to at least get four or five years out of the same kids. Yeah. That's what I'm saying here. It's like, cause it, I don't know. That's one thing I was kind of like worried about with AP bio is like, how are they going to, how are they going to have these same kids on this show? Or are they going to have like a crop of new kids every season? Like, I don't know how that works. So anyway, but uh, yeah, good girls on NBC. And then if you can't catch it on NBC, it's also on Hulu. So check it out on Hulu. Is that like an hour drama? Cause man, it sounds like a lot happened. It's an hour. Episode. It was an hour. Okay. At least the pilot was, I don't know if they're going to continue making it an hour, but the, the pilot was, and, um, yeah, I, I, I highly recommend it, man. It's, uh, it was, it was a good series. It went a lot darker than I thought it was going to. And it addressed some things that I didn't think it was going to address. Like, um, May Whitman's character almost gets, uh, raped by cricket in this episode. I'm like, holy fuck. Wow. Yeah. I cannot believe that they're showing this on this, on the show. And it made you, makes your stomach stern. It makes your stomach stern. Makes your stomach turn. <laughs> makes your stomach stern. Yeah. <laughs> it, it makes, it makes your wood all twisted and whisted. Um, let's see here. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What's wrong with me? Hey guys, I went and saw the new Bruce Willis movie. Ooh. Yeah. Mm. You're such a great guinea pig, Brian. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, I got all this time off of work and shit, so I might as well sit down for a couple hours and watch Death Wish with Bruce Willis. So, Bruce Willis, here we go. Uh, Dr. Paul Kersey is an experienced trauma surgeon, a man who has spent his life saving lives. After an attack on his family, Paul must embark on his own mission for justice. It's directed by Eli Roth. I'm not a fan of Eli Roth. Um... And I totally forgot that he had directed this until I sat down for the movie and there's his name on the screen. Anyway, uh, it's written by Joe Carnahan, who I am a fan of. Um, he, uh, he's, he's written, he wrote on, he wrote on the 18 movie, Narc, Smoking Aces, and The Gray. Um, I do like Joe Carnahan. But anyway, this movie has Bruce Willis, um, Elizabeth Shue is in this one. Elizabeth Shue. She's cute. Right? I haven't seen her for a decade. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. Remember, her brother was on uh, Melrose Place. Remember, it was Andrew Shue? He played Billy. Do you remember that, Jake? Oof. That's a that's a reach. I do not remember that. <laughs> uh, see, I was a big Melrose Place guy. Like, when it came down to, like, the 90210 or the Melrose Place, 
I was all about the Melrose Place. Loved it. I loved Melrose Place. It's a great show. Oh my gosh. It was just crazy over the top fucking, uh, uh, primetime soap opera bullshit. I loved yeah. it. As, Melrose Place was way more shocking to me as a kid than oh, Nine or Two One Out. Me too. Oh my gosh. Anyway, Elizabeth Shue, and, then, and this movie, this movie has basically, I'm not exaggerating, like five minutes of Omar Epps in it. It's, it's like, like, it made no sense why he's even in the fucking movie. I don't, I love, I love Omar Epps. He's fucking. Did he book in the movie? No, he's just like the beginning of the movie. He's just like a, he's like a, a, a fellow doctor that Bruce Willis talks to for like two minutes in one scene and then for like maybe three minutes in it. Maybe not, maybe three minutes in another scene. I don't know. It's ridiculous though. I was like, why the fuck is Omar Epps in this? And he's never, he's uncredited in the film and he's never seen again. It's just the dumbest <laughs> fucking cameo. I've, it's distracting. It's like, this guy's so, I love Omar Epps. I think he's great. I watched, what did I watch him in recently? Um, the, you guys ever see How High with Method Man? And, uh, yeah. Oh Man. yeah, I love that movie. I do too. I love that movie. I, I watched it last week. I'm like, oh my god, it's, oh my god, it's fucking on. I'm like, I, I started watching that shit, and he shows up at the end, and he's a pimp, and I love that. <laughs> you know what? He was supposed to get that Richard Pryor movie that's never going to get off the fucking ground. Oh, the biopic. Yeah, he they he's played Richard Pryor in like I don't know, it was like a TV movie or some shit. But they were going to give him like the. The biopic, the actual like big role for like the big Hollywood blockbuster about Richard Pryor that was supposed to come out, it fell apart. I don't know what happened to it. Anyway, yeah, man, um, how high? That's I need to see that again. Oh, it's probably dude, been over a decade for dude, that. What's fucking crazy about High High? How high is the ending? Is so fucking ridiculous. Like it wraps up in such a bullshit way. And I think it's kind of genius because I think you actually have to be high to not. <laughs> To not piss and moan about it and be like <laughs> and not nitpick it. You know what I mean? It's the stuff oh. with Ben Franklin, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> like it's it just conveniently wraps up at the end and it's just it's the most ridiculous thing ever. And it's like but I but then I thought about it and was like, okay, if you're high, it doesn't matter if you're watching this. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, oh yeah. Back to uh back to Death Wish. Um it also stars uh, Vin- Vincent D'Onofrio's in this one. Vinny D. What? Yeah. I think a lot of people owed Eli Roth favors. Mm. It, uh, right? Right? <laughs> Jake, Jake. He was calling him out. <laughs> Never Vincent D'Onofrio. He's got an apostrophe in his name, in his last name, right? Yes. I wish I had an apostrophe in my name. Yeah. It's when you have those two hard consonants, you get one. Yeah. So you need to work on your spelling. No, I, I'm gonna fucking have my name legally changed to B Ryan with B. <laughs> I was thinking you go to Frederick. Oh, I, I, oh, oh you knock it off, sir. <laughs> I, don't be don't be throwing on my last name willy nilly, buddy. Fuck! What the fuck? <laughs> All right, guys. Yeah. Okay. This this is getting silly. All right, it's getting silly. Um. They should have put an apostrophe in Death Wish. Death Wish. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna give this movie a solid taste. It. There's. There, wow. Wow. It's. I'm surprised. I thought it just seemed like the recipe for a toss. It, well, I mean, it's easy to toss it. I mean, going into it, the, the trailers just look generic, and I don't know. You know, it just looked like every other fucking like like Liam Neeson Taken sequel, or you know. 
But uh, well, yeah, that's why I'm wowed sure. that you're not doing that. Well, there's nothing new in this movie. It's it's um it's 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 basically a mix of like um what is it? Michael Douglas and Falling Down meets Punisher meets Home Alone because when, when I, I mean, that sounds amazing. When I when, hold on when I say when I, when I, twist at the end when I say Home Alone I'm I'm literally not kidding with you. I'm th- there's a scene where a bowling ball falls on a gangster's head <laughs> and it's not like intentional <laughs> it just happens. Does it kill the gangster? I can't remember. It, Killed me because I started dying laughing. <laughs> um, like I said, like there, there's there's literally nothing new in this. It's 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 a combination of things that we've seen in other films that we've seen done a lot better. Like, and I'm talking. This is basically the best way I can sum it up is this is like the dollar store version of John Wick or The Equalizer. It's it's th- if you want to see superior films, go see. You know, John Wick or The Equalizer. It it tries to tackle these big themes, um, and it kind of it really fails. Um, it, it, it tries to tackle like gun laws, gun safety, gun safety. Bruce Willis. There's a scene of of his character. He hurts his hand while fire, firing a weapon. So it's trying to. I mean, you know, got to be careful. Got to be responsible yeah, with yeah, the guns. Yeah, it tackles it, it tackles like. Um, like being a vigilante and like taking the law into your own hands because like cops, uh, they can't always protect you. So it just, it does none of these themes really well. It's just, it, it I don't know. It made me kind of like one of, I really, I wanted to leave the theater and just watch better movies like Man on Fire with Denzel, um, John Wick, John Wick 2, The Equalizer, um, uh, the crow better. That's a better vengeance story than this. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. I, I, um, so what was cool about it though? I mean, it it must've had something cool. It wasn't, it wasn't, I mean, like, God, I, I don't know. It was, it, it was, it took place in Chicago. So like they had, um, I don't know. They had like, they had, they were trying to address the questions of like this guy who is taking, you know, matters into his own hands and trying to, to save people. They had like Man Cow from, remember Man Cow in the morning, Jake? They used to, oh, yeah. Yeah. And then they had, you know, they, it took place in Chicago, which was kind of cool. I mean, it wasn't terrible. It, it, the pacing was fine and it kept your attention the whole time. This is like something that you could probably watch on USA or fucking watch. But it just—I don't know. There was just really nothing. Yeah, I got you. It was like cotton candy. Yeah, I don't know. So I don't know. It was okay. I mean, I, I think. Man, I want to. Let's talk about the crow. You want to talk about the crow? The new movie? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you got news. Yeah, I got news for later. I got news uh-huh. for later. Yeah, there's a. We'll talk about it. Oh fuck it. We'll talk about it now. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, we talked about the Crow reboot for a long time, and like I kept bringing up news, kept bringing up news, and like a lot of our listeners kept following up with Jake, like it's never going to happen. Why are you guys talking about it? it's never going to happen? Yeah, and I, I wish they were right. And I kept telling them, I kept telling them, like they've dropped so much money into this thing that it's going to happen. Like, and 
Sony has now announced that they've set the movie for the Crow reboot for October 11th, 2019. So, like, it, it, that could change. Like, they've set the date. This could change, but they've announced the date. So it could, it, it's definitely, it looks like it's going to happen. So, I don't know. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, like, even if the movie fails, I, Jake, I'm going to throw this out there. Even if the movie fails, Jason Momoa, I think it's, like, director directed by Corn Hardy. If this movie fails, I still think within the next 10 years we could possibly even still get a, a Crow TV show on a stream. Yeah, I think yeah. I, I, I'm with you. I think less than that possibly even. I think it yeah. works. Well, they tried it. Like, like there was a Crow yeah. – what was it? The Crow Stairway to Heaven. I think it was on Sci-Fi, but that was twenty fucking years ago, and like twelve people remember that show. So they're gonna, it'll be no problem for them to like for Netflix or Amazon or or one of these streaming services to make a Crow TV show. All right? Yeah, I think that's the way to go with this story. You know what I've always wanted to see, and I'll ask you guys, who would win, Crow or Blade? Ooh, You're right. I gotta. Yeah, that's a tough one. That that's is a, a tough, tough one. one. Does the bla- does like- blade cut that fucking crow in half and then fucking kill Eric Draven? Just like gut him, right? Yeah, if Blade's gonna win, Blade's gotta win like in the first couple minutes, right? I think the longer the fight goes, the more the advantage goes to the crow. Yeah. What do you think, Joe? Yeah, that's a tough question because I mean the crow can he can pretty much heal back from anything. So unless Blade really comes out strong with an attack that cuts him into little pieces, right? You know, I mean he, he, the crow's just going to keep healing, and Blade's going to eventually get tired. What if what if but what if the, but, what if Blade goes Blood God? Can he go Blood God? Is that a thing? <laughs> that's what I was just going to say. <laughs> oh. <laughs> We're on the same fucking. <laughs> yeah. Or I was gonna say, what happens to Blade if he drinks from the crow? Oh, oh shit! But you, that's that a game nice changer, blood, right? Game <laughs> fucking changer, Joe. Oh my god! Yeah, that's unreal. Oh, that's man. the ultimate outcome for uh, for Blade is for that yeah. to happen. Yeah. Wow. I never thought about that. They need. To, you know, that's what they need to do with those injustice games. Is add characters like that. I know they got Hellboy and shit, and I know Blade's a Marvel character. Go fuck off, geeks. But um, that's what they need. Wouldn't that be cool to play as the crow in a fucking fighting game like that? Oh, yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. That would be mm-hmm. cool. You got me thinking about Blade a lot now, too. They really need to get a move on on that. Right? I mean, what about Netflix? A- Why are they not doing that with Netflix? And, like, have yeah. have have Wesley Snipes come back, back and play Whistler. Right? Oh, that'd be yeah, cool. Yeah, I agree. That property always made a lot of money, even in, even in its worst incarnations. Yeah, and I it mean... It seems like they should... There were some fun things about Blade Three. I mean, Ryan Reynolds was great in that movie. Patton Oswalt was great in that movie. It wasn't perfect. Yeah, it had I mean, some good stuff going yeah, for it. It had some decent stuff, but anyway. as a wrestling fan, Triple H annoyed the shit out of me. Oh, he was in that. That's right. I remember that now. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> anyway, back Death Wish. I I don't know. Uh, it's a it's a taste. It it's it's not as terrible as I thought it was going to be. It's nothing that I would rush to ever see again, though. Um, I think, guys. I think Bruce Willis. I don't know if he's done or not. I, I don't know if there's going to be like a Bruce Willis Renaissance anytime soon. I think that he is going to break down eventually and just do a TV show. I mean, I, 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 I don't know if it's going to be like a, if he's going to do a deal with HBO or Showtime or something like that, but I think, I think that's what he needs to do at this point. He needs to, like, McConaughey went and did, like, True Detective, and that's what, like, took him 
from the bottom and, and, and gave him like Interstellar and gave him uh, Dallas Buyers Club. And I feel like Bruce Willis is kind of like he's on that. He's on that. He's on the same path. I mean, it's just. Yeah, it needs to be a, a, a something interesting, though, as a TV show. Like I, I can easily see him falling into the rut. Where he does the same thing in a TV show that he's done in his last ten movies, you know. He, he just, don't do the retired cop yeah, trophy yeah, show. Yeah, he just—I mean, it's just like he just—I uh, don't know. It. He needs. I How think many he, times I think has he, this guy's career been jump started too? I mean, yeah. between Pulp Fiction yeah. and The Sixth Sense. Yeah. And, yeah. It's like, oof. Yeah, he Crazy. needs to like release some PSAs with him like playing with bunny rabbits or something to prove to the world right. that he's not a raging asshole. That's true. He definitely does. There, I mean, I was listening to Hollywood Babylon maybe two, three months ago, and he ended up calling Kevin Smith, and he didn't apologize, but they talked. They talked, and um, he's like, you know, maybe we should get together sometime, and blah 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 blah. And I think that's like a good. That's cool. That's that's an olive branch. But on the flip side, like you're absolutely right, Joe. Like he needs to come out to the public and say, you know, the last few years have been rough on me. I've been rough to the media, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And you know, like I think, you know, we we all want to love Bruce Willis because, like, I loved Die Hard growing up. I just don't. Yeah. I don't like. And it's not like I have any attachment to like the people in the media that are talking to him. But on the flip side, when they're being nice and gracious, and he's just being a cock, it 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 it's it, it doesn't sit well with me, you know. So I don't know, I don't know. Whatever, just it'd be nice if he's just be a nice guy, Bruce. I get it, man. I get it. It's like these guys. So many people want so many things out of these celebrities. You know what I mean? And they've got to have bad days, but. Something's got to give, man, because like it's it's, I think it's hurt his career too. So get this guy a spot on like the Letterman Netflix show, like just some kind of good PR interview yeah. moves, you know, where yeah. he can really show that he's not a big jerk bag. Exactly. Um, I want to talk about. Uh, I watched uh, Heather's on the uh, Paramount Network. Have you guys? Did you guys see this by any chance? No, uh -oh. no, I, I did not watch it. All right, it's the uh, TV version of the 1988 black comedy Heather's, where an outcast uh, student plots to kill the cool kids. Um, this show got pushed back a month due to the events in Florida with the shooting. Um, it is available to download if you have DirecTV, though, so you can just go to Channel 1241, which is the Paramount Network on-demand channel, and you can watch it there. Uh, the first... <laughs> what was crazy about that? the first teaser trailer on YouTube received more dislikes than likes. God, that's very rare. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, let me talk about this one. I, uh, I'm a big fan of the original Heathers, um, movie with, um, uh, Shan, was it Shannon Doherty? You got, uh, Winona Ryder, Christian Slater. Big fan of that movie. I loved that movie growing up. I Jake, I've probably seen that movie like 20, 30 times, dude. Like, yeah, me too. It was one of those yeah. perennial, if it was on HBO, yeah. I watched it movies. Yeah. There's a cool Shannon Doherty cameo at the beginning. Um, and I thought that that was cool. She plays JD's mother, which was the character that Christian Slater played in the, in the movie. Um, the kid that's playing JD, JD in the TV show, he is not selling me at all it's not his fault man those are big shoes to fucking fill fucking uh you know young christian slater man how do you how do you yeah how can you fill those shoes you can't it's a this kid's just not doing it for me like they should like and there's only so many steves from stranger things that you can cast am i right 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. Is the guy trying to do like a Christian Slater impersonation by nope. any means? No, no, no. And if you know, and I, he, I don't even think he could. He couldn't pull it off. Yeah, yeah. It's just, and I guess you at least have to have somewhat of yeah. a charismatic guy, or yeah. it's just going to be a dud. He's not. I don't know. He's not. He's not selling me. Cause there's something. There's something so devious about Christian Slater in that role, and this guy just he doesn't come off like that, you know. So I don't know, whatever. The the girl that's playing uh, Winona Ryder's character of Veronica Sawyer, she's doing a lot better than the the JD guy. Um, I, I'd say she's uh, she's pretty damn good. She's not Winona Ryder good, but she's pretty damn good. There's some times where she's she's pulling off her lines, and I'm like, man, that that does sound like her character in uh, Heather's. Um, there's there's a ton of Heather's Easter eggs in this first episode, a shit ton. And if you've never seen the original Heather's movie. Um, you might not catch them, but there's a shit ton. There's, um, they have a uh, whole house cleaner being part of like this art exhibit that they go to. And in the original film, the whole house cleaner was like what they used to kill Heather Chandler. They put it in her morning coffee and she drank it and she fucking, um, died. And then, uh, th- there's another, there's a corn nuts Easter egg in this one. Um, Heather Chandler in the original film, that's what she used to eat. And in this one, that's what she chokes on when they try to kill her. Um, Ram and Kurt are back as characters in this one. And Kurt buys Ram a bunch of stuff at the store to make him feel better about an event that happened at school that morning. And he buys him mineral water and then all, like all the things like from the original film that were the same things that JD planted on the bodies when he when, he, when they were both killed out in the woods to make it look like they were gay and they killed themselves because the the world wouldn't understand a gay couple back then in the in the late eighties, um, and but in this version, Jake Kurt is openly gay, which I thought was really cool. So um, yeah, that is interesting. It's kind of like a little bit of a bizarre world yeah. version of the show from what I've seen. They also in this in this uh, Veronica's parents, the way they talk to her is pulled directly from the Heather's film. Um, the way JD's dad calls uh, JD. Um, you know, dad, and then the way JD calls his dad's son, that's pulled directly from the Heather's movie. Um, I think like in the, in, I think in the film, like his dad was in the oil business and like now his dad's into fracking. So like it's updated for like our time and shit like that. Um, but there's a ton of fucking Easter eggs, like even like the snack shack that they get like the, the ICs or whatever the fuck. It's the same name of the same snack shack from the, from the film. Um, one of the Heathers in this is a boy. <laughs> Heather Duke now is a boy in this version. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Um, Heather Na- uh, McNamara is says she's a lesbian but in all actuality she's um sleeping with one of the male teachers so like this movie is taking some risks it's doing things uh i a lot it's been taking a lot of slack in the media jake i actually enjoyed it quite a bit um i I'm going to give the first episode a high taste it with, and I'm going to continue to watch this one. I, I enjoyed it. I like, there was so many different twists in this one. Um, and, um, I'm really looking forward to seeing where this goes. So I'm going to give it a high taste it. I'm going to continue watching this. I think Paramount's doing some really cool things and experimental shit in, uh, in TV. So. Yeah, I'm going to let you dip a little bit further into this one before I decide if I'm going to watch it or not, to be honest with you, sure. and see if it if it pays off, you know, if it's not just a little bit of a media grab with some of the stuff it seems like they're doing, yeah. the, you know, if they actually flesh out some good stories and characters and laughs. Yeah, yeah, so, 
I don't know. We'll see. I I enjoyed it though. I don't know. It's it's different. It's definitely different, man. And um, I'm gonna continue to watch this one. Uh, Joe, what do you got, man? I wanted to talk about how in comics right now, Donny Cates, the writer, seems to be able to do no wrong. <laughs> this guy has got, I think, six ongoing titles right now. Jesus, and they're all fantastic. Wow. <laughs> That's unreal. Uh, on the Marvel side, he's been doing Doctor Strange, and he's got a mini series coming out right now. He's co-writing with Nick Spencer. That's another Doctor Strange title called Doctor Strange Damnation, and that one's going to be a team up, and it's going to have Blade, yeah, uh, Mister nice. Knight, Elsa Bloodstone, Ghost Rider, Doctor, yeah, the Ghost Rider, Iron Fist, yeah, and some interesting shit going they're, down. And they're going after. See, they're they're going to stop. Are they going to? Are they trying to kill Mephisto? Um. Okay, so some spoilers for Secret Empire. Um, Las Vegas pretty much gets burned to the ground. And Doctor Strange gets uh, a pretty big power boost from the Loki Sorcerer Supreme story arc that happened, um, took place between issues 381 to 385. And he decides that he's going to bring Las Vegas back. Mm. And so he uses a big spell and it puts the whole town back together, brings all the people back as well. Unfortunately, Las Vegas had been in hell. And so when he brought it up, he brought Mephisto with him. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Is, is he, is, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh no, go ahead, man. What was your question? Is Donnie Cates doing a cosmic ghostwriter story? Okay, yes. And actually, I'll jump onto that right now because right now, like, it is arguable what is my more favorite Donny Cates book right now between uh -huh. Redneck, yeah. which is, in, you know, that's an image book. Yes. But then he's also doing Thanos right now. Yeah, yeah. And there is a, it's a cosmic story. It takes mm. place way, way thousands of years into the future where Thanos is, it's like old man Thanos. Oh, wow. And like his right hand is a cosmic ghostwriter. <laughs> Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> yes. And um, the last issue that just came out. So this story arc started off with Thanos number 13. Yeah, and uh, yeah. the most recent one to come out was 16. And if you get on eBay right now, these books are hella expensive. I've got all of them I mean, collected. Oh, so, yeah. Oh, dude, just wait till you read them. It's going to okay. fucking blow your mind. All right. I'm going to read. No, you got me excited. I've got like, um, I've got Thanos number 13 sitting on my Chicago Bulls vending machine. Yes, I have a Chicago Bulls vending machine. No, it's a, it's a <laughs> soda machine in my, in my kitchen. So. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's sitting on top of it. I'm going to read that tomorrow. So, I was just reading the other day that Starlin is bitter at uh, Danny Cates. Is that how you pronounce his name? Donnie. Donnie. Yeah. And that uh, he's leaving Marvel over the fact that um, he thinks that the ongoing Thanos is too similar to what he's producing in the miniseries that he's writing for Marvel. And that Marvel refused to do anything about it or alter the storyline in the ongoing so he's cutting ties with Marvel after writing this last miniseries. So huh. I thought that was some bitter Betty stuff with uh, Jim Starlin. So I haven't read either title, so I can't, you know, compare. Or the Starlin stuff isn't even out yet. It comes out in a couple of months. Mm. But I guess he was quite upset that this new ongoing mirrors a lot of the stuff that he's doing. With the, He has a lot of ownership to the character, you know, being the one that actually created him. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Well, I'm I'm kind of interested to see what direction Jim Starlin's book is going to go then, because I'm I'm not really seeing so much as far as ties to the original Infinity Gauntlet or anything in this. Th this story arc's called Thanos Wins, and I'm I'm not seeing too many similarities, but 
they'll be interested to see what what he was potentially so bitter about. Yeah, yeah, I, I have no idea, but he, he was quite upset, and I think it was this week he announced that he was leaving Marvel. Hmm. Well, that's too bad. I mean, this this Thanos wins story arc has been great. The the art is with uh, Jeff Shaw, and it has been just so beautifully drawn. And it's it's had a lot of great cosmic characters in it so far. I mean, Jake, especially you with your your deep Marvel background, like you'd have a really good time reading this story arc. Yeah, that's crazy. That's going on in Thanos. I definitely need to check that out. So, yeah. and it's all thirteen issues. Is the same arc? Uh, no, no. The first twelve was all Jeff Lemire. Oh, it's and, the Lemire book. So he just took over with thirteen. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And um, let's see. He's going to have Venom number one coming out in May, and yeah. uh, Ryan Stegman's going to be doing the art on that. I mean, holy shit! And then just with his independent books, he's got Baby Teeth right now, yeah. which is with Af- Aftershock. He's got Redneck with Image, Reactor with Vault. I mean, <laughs> I'm, the guy's I'm, like unstoppable yeah, right I'm, now, and it's so exciting. I'm reading Reactor and Redneck, and there's just so much. They're so fun. Like, I, Redneck is a great vampire story. It's like Southern Bastards meets vampires, and yeah. not only that. And now we've got Reactor, which is like a futuristic post-apocalyptic vampire story. And it's, it's tremendous. So Donnie Cates is just, he's amazing. And to do these many books at such high quality is just, it's awesome. I love it when a new creator comes out like this. So. I mean, yeah, he's on track to be like Marvel's Jeff Johns, you know, if he keeps this going, which I mean, it's showing no signs of slowing down yet. And I follow him on Twitter and and fans are even hitting him up saying, dude, don't don't burn yourself out. And like he answers right away and he's like, I'm not even close to burning out. Don't worry about me. That's awesome. That is cool. (laughs) And I wanted to bring up a couple of Mark Miller books. Also, he's got a reboot of kick-ass that's uh it's gonna be a four issue miniseries that first one just came out the art is john romita jr and it's got a new character donning the mantle of kick-ass she's a i believe an iraq war vet and she's kind of taken on crime in her neighborhood to pay off some bad debts Mm. and just that first issue was great wasn't it uh okay with this new reboot it's an iraq war vet and it's, it's a female right yep was it was it Tessa Thompson recently coming out that saying saying she wanted to play the new Kick Ass in like a TV show or something? Oh, I hadn't heard that, but that'd be perfect casting for it. That's who they were. I think that's what I've been reading. So, yeah, that's yeah. I mean, especially after seeing her in Ragnarok, I mean, she can really kick some ass. That'd be really cool. Uh, she's she's so wonderful. She's so great. I I loved her in uh, Westworld. She was great in that and uh, mm-hmm. Annihilation. I thought she was, uh, I, th- I thought she was pretty good in that too. There, she was a different kind of character that we've seen her play in, in anything else before. So, but, um, yeah, uh, new kick ass. It's kind of weird that it's a reboot and he gets the same, it's the same creative team. You think that they would have lately, I don't know. I mean, JRJR did all the other stuff. So, yeah. And I haven't read the original run, but it, I've, I've been slowly working my way through Mark Miller's stuff because I don't think I've picked up a book yet that was bad. You know who I would have, who I, who I'd think would have done a really good job with, uh, with the new kick ass as far as like art duties would have been Babs Tar. 
Okay, so I, what's Babs? I'm not Stardom? familiar with her. Yeah. She did the new Batgirl. She comes from like a. She did the, the well, the DC when DC did the when they had, they updated Batgirl. She's got like a really manga looking style to her art. Um, she's one of my favorite up and coming artists um, with DC. Babstar. She's fantastic. She's going to be at CTV too. So, oh, cool. Yeah, I think she is. She's great. She's really... I have to she, check her stuff out in Artist Alley then. Yeah, she's yeah, really talented. Sure. Really talented, man. So, yeah. That's cool. And then, um, yeah, the other Mark Miller book is uh, Hit Girl, which is going to be mm-hmm. another four-issue miniseries. And the Richard Lopez Ortiz does the art on that. And that one's really good, too. It's it's not a reboot. It's, it's more continuation where Hit Girl is now kind of going international and... This first issue, she kidnaps this, what is he like? He's like a mob killer or something like that. Like this real famous hitman. Like she kidnaps him uh, as he's being transported, like in a prison transport, and basically rigs him with a bomb and says, you're going to be my new partner. <laughs> you're going to help me take people out. You know, otherwise I push this button. So Suicide and, Squad. Yeah. Yeah, kind of. Kind of Suicide Squad-ish. Yeah. <laughs> but so far, off to a great start. It's a suicide nod to a suicide squad, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Horrible joke, anyway. <laughs> I'm trying to think what a suicide nod would be. A suicide nod. It was, it, it's a nod to suicide squad. <laughs> Is what, I thought the nod itself would kill you. Right? I know, and I'm like, what do you do with a nod? I was hoping, I was hoping I would instantly drop dead after telling that horrible joke. <laughs> I, you know, that's the only thing that could save me from the embarrassment. It's like, oh shit, I forgot what he said that was so fucking stupid. He's dead now. You know, like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> if you swing a lot, they can't all be home runs. Ain't that the truth? You know what? Like, what did Michael Jordan say? You know. You, you miss one hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Exactly, and I took that. I took that shot, Joe. <laughs> I failed miserably, but I took it. I took it. I absolutely took it. Oh, uh, nice assist with that Jordan quote there, Joe. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I'm a font of strange information, mostly useless, but I have my moments. <laughs> uh, that's why we got you on this week, man. Um, <laughs> that, was, that was really clutch. <laughs> it's good to have a niche. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Uh, yeah. Um, are, are you? Oh, are you done with the? Did you have any more books? Um, one, I don't really want to say much about okay. it, but just kind of a uh, PSA. Uh, Saga 49 just came out, starting a new story arc. So if you've previously just been reading in the trades, go out and buy a Saga 49. Start, you know, don't make yourself wait. This book's too good. Read it month to month. Yeah, 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 that's very true. I need to do a reread of all of them. You know what I mean? Because it's like I feel, I feel like when you do read them sometimes like month to month – it, it's cool, but like on the flip side, it's like I forget things over a month, <laughs> over the course oh, of a yeah. month. <laughs> Michelle what just I'll usually bought the do is uh, what... first three trades, so I was excited to have them in the house for me to read over again. Yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah, what I'll usually do is when that last book and a story arc comes out, before I read that one, I'll read all the ones preceding up ah. to it, and then I'll read that one. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk about Final Space on TBS. Have you guys seen the trailers for this? It's an animated show. No, I do not even know what this is. All right. It's about an astronaut named Gary and his planet-destroying sidekick called Mooncake embark on a serialized journey through space in order to unlock the mystery 
of where the universe actually ends and if it actually does exist. It's created by Olin Rogers uh, and David Sachs. It stars Fred Armisen, Tom Kenny, Tom Kenny, the voice of SpongeBob SquarePants, and also cast member on uh, Mr. Show back in the day. Uh, Olin Rogers, the creator, is also the voice of Gary, the main character. Um, David Tennant plays uh, the villain, Lord Commander. And uh, Conan O'Brien is an executive producer on this one. Um, I'm going to taste the first two episodes. Uh, the main problem I have with this animated series is the main character himself, played by Olin um, Rogers. Uh, he's a little over the top, a little too silly and wacky and just hard to follow and root for this guy. He's like, he's anno- he's just fucking annoying. The character's annoying as fuck. Um, it, you think with me being annoying on the show that I would like him, but I, <laughs> <laughs> I just cause you are that doesn't mean you're going to be entertained by that. I, uh, trust me guys. I know, I know there's listeners out there that listen to me and they're annoyed by me and they, they're thinking of themselves. Why don't you like him? Cause you're just as annoying. It's like, fuck you. Number one, <laughs> number two, he, I don't know. It, uh, yeah, maybe maybe we are too alike, and maybe that's why I don't like him. But anyway, he's he's like he's like he's he's all like the characters. The worst parts of like a bad Jim Carrey character. You know what I mean? Or uh, oh, no. super over the top, yeah, goofy, annoying parts. Or and, and um and recent Dane Cook. I would take <laughs> that's what I would. I would take. <laughs> I would take. I would take annoying Jim character characters, and then the recent Dane Cook, and then. Put those two together, and then you've got this fucking asshole playing this Gary character. So, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm gonna watch a few more episodes to see if I can get past the character, and he's just, he was just way too much in the first two episodes. Um, the, the character, the, the, the creator of the show, Olin Rogers, is a very cool guy, though. I think he was, he was getting bashed on Twitter by people and um i that and i wanted to point this out there was a twitter exchange that i actually retweeted and there's a twitter user named amar that tweeted for those who cared final space is bad and the people that make it should feel bad you can't try to mix rick and morty with futurama and a dash of stanley kubrick and I'm honestly, this dude Amar is 100% on point with what he's saying. It, it did feel like it was like trying to be Rick and Morty and Futurama, and they actually have like an AI in there that is very Stanley Kubrick, you know, um, 2001 Space Odyssey ish. It's and but Olin Rogers responded to this fan who said that his show is bad and that the people should feel bad for making it. He says, <laughs> he said, he responded. He goes. Yo, thanks for giving it a shot, yo. <laughs> wow. That's all I could ask for. I think you keep wa- I think if you keep watching, you'll see it's its own thing. But either way, really appreciate you giving it the time. And then Amar, I think was just shocked that he caught the attention of the creator of the show and he goes, great, I just got on blast from someone making creative content and living his dream. I guess I'm the asshole. Again, fine. I will keep watching. And then Olin responded again and said, LOL, no way, yo. (laughs) (laughs) He goes, he goes, you're being honest, yo. (laughs) 
<laughs> no, he didn't say yo again. He does say yo though a bunch. Um, you're being honest. There is nothing wrong with that. You don't have to watch any more of it. I promise. Just do you, bud. I like straight shooters and you feel like one. You know what you like, you know. So he like totally deflates the situation with being nice. He's, he's just a nice guy. And I think like, I think that's part of the reason I gave the show a taste it. And part of the reason I'm going to watch it a couple more episodes. <laughs> He sounds like Beast Boy from Teen Titans Go. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for watching, yo. Exactly. Yeah. What is that? Olin Rogers. It sounds like it either sounds like a baseball player, like a pitcher, or it sounds like Olin Mills, like the the company that yes. took your pictures in school. <laughs> That's what I was going to bring up. Yeah, exactly. Maybe they take pictures of baseball players. They. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me. I can't tell you. Oh, that's a great Google search, though. Like, best of Olin Mills. Like, be prepared to laugh. Best of Olin Mills? Yes. Oh, man, I should uh, Google search uh, best of, uh, what was it? What was it? Jake, what was it? Uh, Glamour Shots. Oh. Remember those? The mall? Yeah, the mall. Remember Glamour Shots? Joe, do you remember Glamour Shots? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you Google that, you're going to see some big hair, maybe some feather boas. Yeah. Oh, my God. We got, I got in so much trouble at the mall one time. Don't worry. We're going to get back to Good Pop App up here in a second, people. Oh, my God. These Owen Mills pictures are amazing. Yes. <laughs> I was uh, – Glamour Shots was in the mall in Peoria, Jake. And uh, me and a friend of mine, we, we went to an electronics store, and this is back when they had the watch that was also the um, – it, it doubled as a uh, uh, VCR and TV remote. Did you, did, you, did you ever see that one, the watch that you could buy? That, yeah. Yeah. So basically the shit. this watch, you could program like different TVs into it, and you could, you could control your TV with the watch. And so we walked by Glamour Shots, and they had a bunch of TVs out front. And we saw that it was like a sharp TV, so we entered the sharp code in. And we would walk by and turn the TV off. And <laughs> the lady, would, she'd turn it back on, and then we'd walk by again. <laughs> we kept turning it off. And eventually, I'd say after the third time, she came out there, and she's like, I don't – she's like, I know you're fucking doing it. And if you turn it off again, I'm going to have you thrown out of the mall. <laughs> <laughs> and so then we went by the fountains and kept turning off the TVs in Montgomery Ward. <laughs> and we were just watching the employees there panic the whole time. Like, why do these TVs keep turning off? <laughs> anyway, sorry. That's a stupid story. <laughs> that's, that's fun shit when you're a kid. I think I was like 17, which is sad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. We used to have the number for the payphone in the mall. And then we would just call the payphone in the mall and try to keep people on the phone yeah. as long as possible or try to get them to yell for other people. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's great. I remember. Yeah. Hey, Donnie was supposed to meet us at this phone at 5 o'clock. Can you yell around to see if, if he's right around there? <laughs> one of the things that I think uh, – oh, one, one of the times I was at the mall, My this was before like you know like the phone cards became like a big thing. Like, I'd never used a phone card before. This was, like, 91 or 92, and our friend had a phone card and where you could, like, use it and call. Well, like, he used it and called my parents, and I thought I was talking to an operator, and I was like – I was – 
<laughs> I was saying like, you need to fucking connect me to this number. And I was like cussing and all this shit. And I was actually talking to my mother. <laughs> I got in so much trouble when I got home. <laughs> mm. Oh my um, God, that's hilarious. Yeah. One time, one time we called, um, what the fuck is that? Oh, you're sharing, sharing a photo. <laughs> I hear, I hear that on my end. This show's oh, ridiculous. Oh, All right. No, I'm done telling stories anyway. Right. <laughs> uh, those are good stories. I love mall stories. Uh, well, I don't, this is not a mall story, but this is like a prank that we used to pull. Um, we'd call, um, we would call like four or five different taxi cab services and send them to the same house at, <laughs> at, at the at the same time, and then tell them that um, if we didn't come out, just to honk the horn. <laughs> 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 and it would be like our, it'd be our next door neighbor and shit. And dude, oh my god, it was just it was hilarious. Like looking out the window at like nine o'clock and seeing like four taxi cabs out in front of the house, <laughs> all, honking the all honking the fucking horn. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's prank. It's kind of the pranks like we're talking about that like you can't even really do in yeah. like today's modern world. You, you can't. Know? You can't. You can't do it anymore. Oh man, oh, man. I remember when, okay, it was a, one of my ex girlfriends. Um, me and a like me and a buddy. We were gonna. We just left to go pick up some stuff, and then we we're gonna come back to my apartment. We came back to my apartment, and the fo- like my phone was off the hook, and all the stuff was like thrown around my apartment, and they made it look like they had gotten kidnapped or something. And we're like literally freaking the fuck out. Um, they were hiding in a closet, and I was so pissed off that night. Jesus, that's an intense fucking prank on your buddies. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Anyway, let's move on. Let's finish this good pop, bad pop segment. Actually, let's take a break and come back and finish it. I want to get yeah, another. I'm, I'm running out of beer here, gentlemen. So we're gonna take a quick yeah. ba- break. We'll be right back with no more stories. We're gonna get back to content, so you little cunts mm. can cunts can stop <laughs> pissing and moaning. Did you say content? Cunts. This is a little people pissing and moaning about shit it's going to be a, it's going to be part of the review one star they were too many too many too many personal stories too many personal stories get to the i want to i you know fuck you right right jake <laughs> I, I agree you know i want to see content be the next uh, contender to pornhub though content, content. oh my yes. god yes <laughs> wow <laughs> content i like that I didn't, yeah. thank you i didn't know anyone caught that joke <laughs> no it, 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 is it porn is it a bunch of assholes in tents out in the woods what is this yeah oh my content yeah, log on to find out yeah. <laughs> the table of contents <laughs> <laughs> who's getting fucked on that table <laughs> Probably a midget on a sail barge. Anyway, um, (laughs) I'm bringing it back. Uh, We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Greetings, Leftover Army. Pop Culture Leftovers is the people's podcast. They're always looking for new writers and YouTube reviewers to join the team because they themselves aren't talented enough to write them. In all honesty, they're not even sure Frank can read. But their listeners can... So send your reviews to popcultureleftovers at gmail.com, and if the leftovers like it, they'll contact you, and you could see your article featured on popcultureleftovers.com. Thank you. 
Oh, yeah. Leftover Army. You should follow the leftovers on Instagram at Instagram.com slash PopCultureLeftovers and on Tumblr at PopCultureLeftovers2.tumblr.com. If you get a few shots of vodka in you, it's almost as sexy as my voice. That's gangster. All right. Hey, we are back. Welcome back. And uh, right now we are still going to continue with Good Pop, Bad Pop. I, what the, I would say, is this the longest Good Pop, Bad Pop ever, Jake? It's, it's getting up there. Ever? Hmm. I don't know. It's getting up there. I, I think it will know. be I at the know. end of the That's night. a Johannes question, right? Or maybe Finn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, AMC's The Terror. Actually, Joe, I'm going to have Joe talk about it here. Uh, the Terror, which will... Uh, it's gonna be, it's gonna be making its debut with a two hour premiere on Monday, March 26th at 9 p.m. Eastern, uh, 8 Central. Um, it's executive produced by Ridley Scott. Um, and, uh, let's see here. Sue Hugh from The Killing. And it stars Jared Harris from The Crown and Mad Men. As Captain Francis Crozier, Tobias Menzies from Outlander and Game of Thrones, as Captain James Fitzjames. That's a little redundant. Um, and, uh, Kyrian Hines from uh, Game of Thrones and Rome as Sir John Franklin. Um, synopsis for The Terror is inspired by a true story. The terror centers on the British Royal Navy's perilous voyage into uncharted territory as the crew attempts to discover the Northwest Passage. Faced with treacherous conditions, limited resources, dwindling hope, and fear of the unknown, the crew is pushed to the brink of extinction. Frozen, isolated, and stuck at the end of the earth, the terror highlights all that can go wrong when a group of men... Desperate to survive, struggle not only with the elements, but with each other. A lot of shifting going on in the background there. What's going on, Shifty? <laughs> I don't think it's me. Yeah, somebody's shifting around there. I don't know what's going on with uh, Shifty McShifterson, but they can shift off. Um, let's see here. Uh, <laughs> Bunch of shift. Yeah, uh, bullshift. Anyway, um, so anyway, this, this is going to be premiering on March 26th. And I wanted to talk about it this week because, Joe, you've had a chance to see the entire series through our AMC screener account. And it's coming out. Uh, you're going to be able to this is com- this episode's coming out on March 5th, which is perfect because we've actually been embargoed um, by talking about it until March 5th. So, Joe, what did you think about AMC's upcoming The Terror? Well, right off the bat, just um it, it put me in mind of the the miniseries Shackleton. I don't know if anybody has ever watched that, but it, it follows a lot of the same themes where it's, you know, it's these people in an old wooden sail ship that, you know, they're trying to discover stuff and they end up getting frozen in the ice and then it's all about survival. Well, with the terror, the thing that's kind of cool is it, it adds an added element of this strange like superstitious not really superstitious but like supernatural overtones to it which is really interesting and it's it's furthermore heightened by by the score for it is like really creepy the title music's just fantastic with it and the the biggest part is just the setting with with just this intense isolationism 
I mean, I couldn't imagine being in a ship that the ocean is frozen in around you and you are trapped and you're up in the Arctic Circle. And, you know, for the majority of the year, it's complete darkness and it's just lit up by the Aurora Borealis and all the ice around you just continues to pack in more and more around the ship. And so it's, you know, it starts out nice and flat. And before you know it, it's just these big jutting fingers of ice sticking out everywhere that... You know, who knows what could be lurking behind that. That sounds terrifying. (laughs) Oh, Oh, yeah. I mean, it's called the Terror because there's two ships. There's the HMS Aramis and the HMS Terror. And I always thought that sailors were a superstitious lot, so I couldn't imagine anybody wanting to hop on a ship called the Terror. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, it's very aptly named and carrying over for the name of the show as well. And... You know, it, it reminded me of this cross between Shackleton with the whole theme of the, the exploration and getting stuck in the ice. But then it also put me in mind of Taboo, where you have this really excellent, well-acted period piece that's got some dark, supernatural tones to it as well. Mm. And um, the first three episodes of this, I'm going to give an absolute Tupperware. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm. The rest of the season after that feels like a little bit more of a slow burn. It was still really excellent, and it's much more of a character study in the the rest of it, but those first three episodes, it literally had moments in it where I was jumping up out of my seat, covering my mouth, and just like shouting, (laughs) holy shit! (laughs) Like, so, so good. And just shocking developments in it. Um... I spent a lot of time just watching this on my laptop at the foot of my bed in the dark just to get a little bit extra, like, atmosphere out of it. And it was very well done, especially for the beginning of the season, because there is some really freaky shit that that goes down. But it it really does feel like it takes a turn in between the first half of the season and the second half of the season to where there is a definite tonal shift where... I'd say the beginning part is does feel more supernatural and the latter half feels more of these are men dealing with the elements, dealing with the isolationism and, you know, really reaching that point of desperation where, you know, you hear lots of stories of people that get stuck in frozen elements of the mm-hmm. things they turn to, you know, namely cannibalism and and a complete breakdown of social order and people becoming much more animalistic and stuff. And this show does a very good job expressing that as well. Wow. And um, especially just with the stellar cast that they got. Uh, Jared Harris plays such a good job. Um, uh, Tobias Menzies playing uh, Captain James Fitzjames, also very good. The way that you see these characters from episode one and then where they're at in episode 10 it's it's incredible, and you're right there on that journey with them, and the actors did such a good job of pulling that all off. Hmm. And uh, anybody who would have watched Rome on HBO a long time ago, you're going to be super stoked to see Kieran Hines and uh, Tobias Menzies together again, because in Rome, um, they played Caesar and Brutus. And so in this one, you know, it's um, uh, Kieran Hines is playing Sir John Franklin, and... Uh, Captain James Fitzjames is kind of right under him in the chain of command. And so it's a real simpler or similar dynamic that they had in Rome. And so that was really cool to see in this as well. That is cool. So, I mean, this is, this is inspired by a true story. I mean, they recently, I think just a few years ago found these two ships, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Just recently. And they did find like 
bones with saw marks and stuff on him, meaning that they really did resort to cannibalism. Yeah. Wow. And, uh, oh, my God. <laughs> and see, the, this is actually based on a book yeah. by, um, um, okay, let's see, I know I got it here in my notes. Dan Simmons Dan wrote the book, Simmons. and okay. the book is by the same name. It's The Terror, and that is one where it's like, I don't have Audible yet, but when I get Audible, I'm yeah. definitely going to be checking out The Terror because I want to see what the source material for this was like. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this really did happen. Oh, I mean, wow. you know, the events of the show, there's no way that they can prove. What really did happen is that these two ships got lost and all the crew members were never seen from again. They basically went in to the Arctic Circle looking for this Northwest Passage and were never seen again. So they've kind of until, like done their best to like kind of guess and recreate like what may have happened. Exactly. Yeah. And and they turned it into a, a great like, uh, you know, horror drama. It's. Um, overall, I would give this a high taste it. Okay. And when it comes out, uh, definitely not one to snooze on. I would, I would definitely hop on and check this out. If you don't get AMC, I'm sure you can watch it just by their app where you can probably stream like the most recent four shows or something and contend with all the commercials they'll throw in on it. But now is this, uh, you've, you've seen the entire first season. Like, is this a one season and done or? You know, I mean, I, I would imagine that it would be like how, how long could these guys <laughs> go on as far as like they all died out there, apparently. So I guess I'd put my money on. This is just a one, one this and is just 10 episodes okay. and it's it's done. OK, OK. All right. Very cool. Um, you are also you're going to be posting an article on popcultureleftovers.com about the terror as well. So, yep. Looking forward to that, man. So, yeah, that'll be on the the next few days. Joe is going to have – I'm going to post it on popcultureleftovers.com. Joe is going to be talking about the terror, and uh, it's going to be a non – kind of like a non-spoiler type uh, type deal, right? So, yep. Yeah, very cool. Very cool. Thank you, man. I'm glad, I'm glad that uh, you got a chance to watch this series and report back for us. I really appreciate that, man. So thank you. Yeah, it was too cool. It was kind of a – a weird twist of fate that ended up with me being the one to watch it. And, uh, <laughs> you know, hey, it worked out well for me. <laughs> man, I was just enraptured with the show. It was so good. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, one of the shows that came out recently, I'll talk about it probably next week, was McMafia. Um, I've seen the first episode, and AMC Screeners is going to allow me to watch all, epi- all the episodes. So I'm going to try to watch all the episodes this week. But, oh, my God. If there is not a bunch of new TV coming out this week, Sneaky Pete episode uh, season two comes out on March eighth. Um, Jessica Jones season two comes out on March eighth. Uh, wow, I, that's right around the corner. I didn't realize. There's a new Crackle series with Ryan Quantin called The Oath. Uh, Ryan Quantin and Sean Bean are in it, and that comes out on March 9th. So it's like. I- got a lot to get i got a lot to watch um this this coming week so yeah very cool um jake jake um you want to talk about the push yeah i do let's talk about the push joe did you get a chance to see the push uh no no i didn't get a chance to watch it that's fine that's fine uh jake and i both watched the push that we teased it last week the darren brown um, experiment, uh, pushing a man to his limit, making him think that he will go to prison if he doesn't push a millionaire off a building. Uh, Jake, what did you think? Of- hey, Shifty McShifterson, how you doing over there? 
Is it me? I'm barely. I don't know. There's, 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 (laughs) yeah, it's not me. (laughs) I don't know, but it's just, it's a cameo appearance of Shifty McShifterson. And, uh, I feel like if we were playing red light, green light, dynamite, blue, that I'd be very safe. (laughs) No, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Jesus. I don't, it's like, does somebody have like a mic down their fucking pants? Like, what the hell is going on? (laughs) Oh, should I have not brought the dick mic? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Now we got it. Oh, man. All right, Jake, what did you think about uh, Darren Brown, the push on Netflix? Oh, man, I, I really loved it. Th- this was a Tupperware for me. Um, you know me. I'm a huge fan of reality television, and I was just fascinated and captivated <laughs> by this. <sighs> No, oh, what's up? No, I'm I'm just uh I'm just giggling because it's your first I think this is your first um introduction to Darren Brown. So, yeah, I think it is one of his first specials I've seen and I I mean it was just so crazy. Like I I like that we didn't know what the result of the hypothesis was, whether or not, you know, the suspect was going to do the deed and that just made it all the more exciting. Mm-hmm. Um I I don't I, I guess I don't want to spoil it for our listeners. No, don't. Definitely don't. And um, but I'll tell you, I honestly want to watch this a second time now that I know the result of whether or not he will do it, just so I can look at his like you know facial reactions even more because that's what I found just so fascinated about this was mm-hmm. the setup is so crazy and just watching just looking at this guy's face I couldn't stop staring at this guy's face and his like micro expressions about all these little like things they were trying to trick him into doing and convince yeah. him into doing. And it was very well laid out and it was, yes, they don't advertise it, but it's more than just a push. There's like about five to seven other little things. They try to trick the suspect into doing to kind of ease them into the big thing. Absolutely. And, and, and I love how Darren will point out to you whether, you know, the Guinea pig that they have does what they want him to do or does not do what they want him to do in that instance. And then I, the level of detail that this show spends, Darren Brown, excuse me, the level of detail that he puts into this and spends on this is amazing. Um, uh, the compliancy tests are amazing. The way he figures out who's, who's going to be compliant, um, is just, it, it's fascinating. It's a fascinating study. And I've, I've seen studies like that, like people that like go with the crowd. Like I've seen, like, I think it was like on, I don't know, Dateline or one of those shows or whatever the fuck where they, they showed people walking into an elevator. And when you walk into an elevator, you're always facing forward. But they showed, they showed like people walking into an elevator on one episode where like everybody was facing the wall and like so if a one person walks into an elevator and they see people facing the opposite way looking at the wall like three other people out of just just wanting to fit in with the crowd they do it too because they don't want to feel like they're not fitting with the crowd he does that here with the bell test people hey shifty what is what is what the fuck is going on we got, I don't know. I lost you for a minute there too. Like oh, you completely went away. I was just like, man, that's a lot of dick mic action going on. <laughs> so yeah, the push, good, good. I like it. <laughs> Dude, what, what was your rating? I'm gonna give it a high taste. That I, uh, I, I, I really, I enjoyed it, man. I thought it was. Uh, I thought it's 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 a fascinating watch. So I'm gonna give it a high taste. That. 
Yeah, I really like Darren. I thought he came across as really charismatic and interesting. A lot of these people, like I'm thinking of like your David Blaine, is that what his name is? Yeah. Can kind of come off very D-baggy. Yeah. And I I thought Darren seemed like a very interesting guy. And And David Blaine was a hipster before hipster was hipster. Right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And yeah, it was crazy. And you you see one guy go all the way through this and then they kind of give you the abbreviated version Mm -hmm. of what happens to three other people. And I was fascinated by just seeing the uh, what happened at the end of all of this every time. Yes. Just like the level of comfort you have to give these people, whether they do or don't do it after Mm -hmm. putting them through this mind fuck. It was like, yeah, Yeah. you better comfort these motherfuckers. (laughs) Jake, um, the one thing that I wanted to throw in here that's like between me and you because we've seen it is uh, the weekend at Bernie's Easter egg, right? Oh, that was hilarious. Yeah, yeah. I got a kick out Very of that hilarious. as well. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yes. It's crazy. You can't help but think about whether or not, like, you would fall for this trick. Oh, I know. This is a viewer, I think. Yep, absolutely. I, I highly recommend that our listeners check out Darren Brown, The Push, on Netflix. It is a, a fascinating uh, experiment. Um, and then it, I don't know if it's still on YouTube, but, like, watch his other specials. Like, I, the first one I saw was Apocalypse. And I talked about it on on one of our previous episodes years ago, but um, yeah, I highly yeah. recommend. And I hope Darren Brown gets more specials on Netflix. That was my next sentence. I hope that please watch this because I would really like to see a couple more specials. Absolutely, absolutely, Joe. Let's talk about the Mortified Guide. Oh yeah, we, we didn't talk yeah, about that's it some interesting week. shit, isn't it? Is it I, now hold on. Here's the thing. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be 100 honest with you. I watched the first two episodes like the day it came out and I haven't watched any more. I've, you know, doing this show every week, I get caught up watching a lot of different things to prepare for the show. I'm definitely going to get back to this one. But these first two episodes, I'm going to start off with my rating. It's a Tupperware. Tupperware for me all the way from these first two episodes. They were so good and so hilarious and um, that, that, that I wanted to kind of like save the rest of the episodes for like – other like days where I I felt like watching them like I needed something to make me feel good or you know what I mean yeah so no that's a great plan yeah yeah what did what do the the mortified let me explain it the mortified guide it's on Netflix guys it's it's a six episode comedic docu series where adults share actual teenage diaries love letters music and art in front of total strangers and it, it's based on the mortified storytelling project which creates stage shows, books, podcasts, TV, and film. And, um, Joe, I, I, I am just, I am enamored with this series. <laughs> it is, it, it, it's brilliant. It, people that, people and intimate stories that I never would have heard, the mortified guide, it basically, it, it brings them to life. Stories like, that I, that we never would have heard, Joe. Like, and they're funny. Like stories, like that that you would think from, you know, like writing these stories down in your diary and and these things. Like that would more. That's, that's why it's called the Mortified Guide because, like, if anybody were to read these stories or tell these stories, the moments in the moments that they happened back in like you know twenty thirty years ago, you'd be terrified for people to to know these stories. But like now, in hindsight, years later. 
it's funny and we all kind of get it. It's, it, we all had these moments and it, it's what, and it bring. I think it brings us kind of like closer together. I, I love this fucking series, Joe. What did you think? Yeah, no. I, and as you were saying that, I was thinking of like that old uh, comedy formula. What is it like tragedy plus time equals funny? Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and that definitely fits into this mold. Absolutely. Um, I, I've only watched the first episode so far because mm-hmm. I've been watching it on my lunch breaks at work. Because, I mean, like you were saying, it, it just – this show will just make you happy. Yeah. Even because I couldn't imagine being up on stage – and having to look at this crowd and read out of it. And not only that, but they got like a jumbotron next to you yeah. where it's actually showing pages from it. Oh, and then I love how there's cut scenes to where they're actually interviewing them at home, like yeah. this lady and her mom and stuff. And oh, God, that fucking killed me. <laughs> Fuck, like they come out of the gate. This, this fucking this fucking series comes out of the gate swinging with this young girl. She's like, what is he like five years old? And yeah, she, four, I think. Four. Four years old. She gets the sex talk from mom at four. <laughs> mom talks oh to God. her. Yeah, and it's not stork bullshit. It's penis. It's vagina. You know what I mean? It's like the real fucking deal. But you know what? Yes. It's it, The mom does it in such a, such a non- traumatic way that and it's positive and the girl the girl goes up to her room she gets the she get okay mom lays it down here's penis here's vagina bam bam you know smash whatever and then <laughs> and, and then girl goes up to the room gets out the stationery gets out the crayons and starts drawing pictures and it, you know, and then comes down and it's all these little fucking fun little childhood sex pictures. And she draws a picture of a sex cheerleader, like this little girl, like with pom poms, like, <laughs> yay, sex. And that's, it's great though, because I think like in so many families growing up, like sex is such a taboo thing to talk about from parents. Like my parents, the big sex talk they had with me is they threw me a sex education book and said, here, read it. You know, and I was like, already, I was already like at an age where I should have been reading this a lot sooner. But I'm just saying, like, it, like four. Yeah, I should have been. Yeah, no, no, I think that I honestly, I do. I think like that, that, that's the big problem. I think when you don't talk about sex with kids, um, we we you grow up and you're like you're like, am I okay? Uh, and then you watch things on TV or you see pornography for the first time and then you start having weird thoughts and then you're like, is this normal? Cause you don't know. Cause you, and you can't talk to anybody about it. You don't know if it's normal, like what you're feeling. And I feel like this mom talking to her four year old about sex and like, Hey, sex is a beautiful thing between two people that love each other and blah, blah, blah. It's not one of these things where like when you get older and you're like, what the fuck is sex? Like, Oh, I just want to, I want to. F- fucking hump this lamp over here because my dick's hard you know what i mean and then it, yeah i'm following that you might be a little bit more well adjusted being yes. in the know than being in the dark yeah and like like uh you might not like these weird fetishes and like these weird things like hey man you know like uh i don't know maybe 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 people want to be wouldn't be so goddamn weird if you're a little bit more open sexually here in the states you know what i'm saying so uh the bon jovi sex fantasy story fucking slayed me joe fucking slayed me i was dying i love this shows this show is brilliant man and the the second episode was the family episode and i really like that some touching stories but i don't know man the mortified guide on netflix more people need to be watching this more people need to be talking about it i haven't laughed so hard in a long time 
than I did watching that first episode. Oh yeah, I know. See, I was watching it at work, and so the ladies in my office are like, "What are you watching mm. in there that you were laughing so hard?" And so, of course, I got to go out and start explaining it and showing them clips. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, "This, what is this called?" So yeah, was, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is one of those shows that I think it needs word of mouth because you know, like Netflix is like pr- they're promoting Bright and all this other stuff, but they're not really promoting the, f- the Mortified Guide, and I think they should be. This is. This is really fucking – this is a brilliant show. It's hilarious and I love it. So, yeah, Tupperware all the way for the first two episodes for me. I got to finish it though. Um, but, yeah, the sex episode, the family episode, absolute Tupperwares, man. So good. So fucking hilarious. Yeah. And, you know, I was just thinking – I was just thinking the other day that Netflix advertising their own shows, that's got to be tough, right? Like because – it's going to cost a lot of money for them to do that on a cable network. Is that even going to get the audience they want? Like maybe Netflix should be doing their own like weekly show, like a half an hour long where they're talking about all their new shows and yeah. bringing stars on. Yeah. And that would be a good market to go. I think they do need to do something though. There's so much content that it's hard to even know that new stuff even showed up sometimes. Yeah. Jake, the only reason I found out about the mortified guide is because of like the email that Netflix sent me. Because it's yeah. it, literally like Jake, it, it feels like if you don't get the email, or if you, it, or if it's not advertised on the front page of Netflix when you turn on the streaming service, you might not find out about it. it, it it's literally up to like word of mouth, like. And the front page is so bad. Yes, the terrible. Yeah, it is. Like where it says, like the column that says new releases. Like the second or third thing will be something that came out eight months ago. Right, right. And you don't know. And the thing with Netflix is like there's new stuff coming on all the time and there's old stuff dropping off all the time. So, yeah. I love Netflix. I love that idea of them having a show, though, where they actually talk about what's on there. Yeah. Yeah, I was just thinking that that, it's a brilliant idea. Get get a charismatic host, show two to three minute clips. Yeah. Bring the stars that your network already paid for on to talk about the project. Newflix. Newflix. Yeah, that's that's a great name. Yeah. yeah. I, I, J- Jake, you got the idea. I mean, I would watch Newflix. And, and, and for, like, them talking I about... I would, too. Yes. And talking about, like, upcoming things that are coming on. And then even, like, at the end of each episode, have, like, a, a bonus scene or something that you won't be able to see anywhere else but on Newflix. From like a show coming up. Yeah, I love that idea. That's fantastic. We're already paying 15 fucking bucks a month for the thing. We want to know the best stuff to watch on it. I think they'd get a huge audience for that show and get more viewers for some of their more niche shows that people don't even know to click on. Right. Like the one you guys are talking about. The Mortified Guide. Same thing with the OA. I felt like the OA is such a great show. Like everybody knows about Stranger Things, but I think like more people need to know about like Britt Marling's show the OA that, that 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 it's the OA was fantastic it's like one of those shows where it's it's really stuck with me over the past year and I can't wait for the second season so but I, yeah. I, I felt like Netflix did a shit fucking job promoting the OA Michelle was just looking through Netflix before we were recording and ran across that new Adam Devine romantic rom-com movie uh-huh and it was like, what is this? You know, and it's a 2018 brand new Netflix movie. Like you, you didn't even know about it until is, just scrolling around. And is that the on one it. with the the workaholics guys joining him? 
yeah, yeah, that's yeah. exactly the one. Yeah, they sent me an email about that one, but I haven't gotten any. F- I didn't know. Is it out now? Yeah, uh, she, Jesus she, she just saw it on the main menu. Well, I gotta watch it. I gotta. I'm a big. I'm a, f- a huge fan of Workaholics, even though that last season sucked. The last, I, the last season of Workaholics was just terrible, except for one episode, one or two episodes. And it, yeah, the last, we watched the trailer that popped up. It looked funny. Yeah, I love those guys. I think they're great. Anyway, um, Jake, did you have anything you wanted to finish with in uh, Good Pop, Bad Pop? Oh, no shit. I'm good for this you week. Good? I, I hadn't realized we were even still in Good Pop, Bad Pop. Yeah, um, Mortified Guide was what I wanted to end on. Joe, did you have anything left? Nope. Holy fuck, we've made it to news, you sons of bitches. <laughs> Welcome to news. Welcome to news two hours later. You got yeah. you know what I'm saying? We've got six hours of news, so strap six in. Six hours of news, strap in. <laughs> <laughs> strap in. Strap on. That was, uh, I think the that's clapper, episode strapper. Th- That's episode three of the Mortified Guy, Joe. Um, strap on. <laughs> Uh, let's start off with uh, news. It is time for news. I wanted to make the announcement so, so everybody can take advantage of this with me. Ghibli Fest 2018 starts this month. If you're a big fan of the Miyazaki films, uh, Studio Ghibli films, Starting in March through November of 2018, um, Ghibli Fest 2018 is starting, and it features nine of Studio Ghibli's uh, revered animated classics, and they are offering both dubbed and subtitled versions. Um, if you want to know that, go ahead, Jake. Oh, I just, I just, it made me knee jerk go ooh at hearing both dubs and subs. Yeah, yeah, dubs and subs. And uh, if you want to know the dates and participating theaters, go to fathomevents.com. But I will read the films in order from March until November. Uh, Ponyo, The Cat Returns, Porco Rosso, Pompoco, Princess Mononoke, Grave of the Fireflies, My Neighbor Totoro, Spirited Away, and Castle in the Sky. Those are the movies for uh, Ghibli Fest 2018. If you haven't seen these movies, I highly, highly recommend that you do it like me. Um, the only Miyazaki film I had ever seen before uh, Ghibli Fest was um, The Secret World of Arietti, and I didn't even realize it was a Miyazaki film when I watched it. And then I started watching these in the theater. I started off with um, Spirited Away, and then I watched Princess Mononoke, and then I watched uh, My Neighbor Totoro, then I watched Castle in the Sky. I love these movies. They're beautiful. Jake, you would you would agree. Yeah, I think these movies really kind of changed your mindset as a movie viewer, Brian, honestly. I I think these movies paved the way for you to be such a big fan of, like, your name and your movie of the year this year. Yeah, A Silent Uh, Voice. A Silent Voice. Yes. Yeah. Joe, have you seen any of these Miyazaki films? Yeah, I've seen Princess Mononoke, and yeah. I want to see these other ones because I loved that one. Yeah, yeah. Go to go to fathomevents.com, uh, type in your zip code, and see if you have a theater around you that are playing uh, these films. Um, they they they're gonna be. It's gonna be instead of two just two days like last year. They're gonna be showing these for three days. So um, late late March. Um, if you want to check the dates, go to fathomevents.com and you'll be able to see when you can watch Ponyo 
So, um, anyway, moving on, uh, Jurassic 2, uh, Jurassic World uh, 2 has a uh, viral website and a video that you can watch now. And I posted it on uh, the popcultureleftovers.com, uh, uh, popcultureleftovers Facebook page, excuse me. Um, but it's uh, if you want to go to the website, it's dinosaurprotectiongroup.com. And I I, lo- I I loved the the viral site that they set up for the first movie. I loved it. I thought it was great. And they're doing it again. I, I love this shit. Uh, if you go to dinosaurprotectiongroup.com, it's Claire played by Bryce Dallas Howard from the first film. And she's trying to get people behind saving the dinosaurs that are left on Isla Nublar. She wants to, she's, she, it's like, it's like this whole like video of her, like wanting to ensure the protection and the safeties of these dinosaurs for future generations of children to see them. She's talking like, Hey, do you remember the first time you went to Jurassic world? And the first time you saw these majestic creatures? Well, we want to preserve that for the children of the future. And it's like, it's legit. For less than a cup of coffee. Exactly. It's, it's, it's great. And like the whole website looks legit, man. And um, you can follow them on Twitter at Dino Protect GRP on Twitter, and they'll give you updates and videos and shit like that. This shit is fun, and I, I don't care. I'm looking forward to Jurassic World too. I cannot wait for this summer blockbuster. It looks fantastic. So yeah, as much as I poo pooed on the Jurassic World two trailer, yeah. I I too really like the cleverness and the inventiveness of this um you know online marketing that they do i think that stuff's really cool especially when they play it off like it's straight up legit yeah these are the companies these are the causes these are the benefits and they kind of don't break that illusion i I really like that a lot they do it better than there's not many I, i think jurassic world does it really good there's i think um they do it the best. I, I do. I think like uh, what was it? Uh, X Men, X Men, uh, Days of Future Past with the Trask Industry site. That was really good. But I think yeah. I don't think that they even touch what Jurassic World did with their fucking viral site. Their viral site was amazing. Did, I don't know who did it first. Like I don't know who gets the credit for that. Blair Witch. One that, is it Blair Witch? Maybe the one that really got me though was the Lost stuff. I mean, all the evil corporations and mm. Lost all had their own websites that were legit that you could uh-huh. hack into and find clues. Yeah. Like the Dharma Initiative had their own fucking website, and it was just so much to do. Like during the off season, trying yeah. to figure out these mysteries that That's cool. ended up not really mattering. Yep. <laughs> Westworld, the Westworld does it now too. They've got their own like viral like site and um you know they get you get email updates uh from like the Westworld servers and shit and I don't know, it's a lot of fun. Um Betty Gabriel from uh the Get Out film. She played uh Georgina in that film if you remember her. Uh she mm-hmm. she has joined the cast of Counterpart season 2. Uh this has me excited for two reasons. Counterpart's getting a second season on stars which has me fucking thrilled uh and uh i loved her in get out so she's joining the cast this is great uh counterpart if you're not watching it, it's about a un employee howard silk played by jk simmons discovers the agency he works for is hiding a gateway to a parallel dimension so this show is amazing and it's kind of got like this um it's got this little science fiction element to it, which is just fascinating. So, I uh, I'm, I'm I'm thrilled that it's getting a second season. Justin Marks, the creator 
um, of this show is a guy to keep your eye on. Anything that he does in the future, I am going to be all about. Justin Marks is um, just just brilliant. But anyway, Betty Gabriel, uh, she's going to join the cast as Naya Temple, a former FBI agent recently hired by the Office of Interchange to clean house, a figure both intimidating and magnetic. So I think this, this I don't know. God, I'm just, uh, you guys, like, if you're not watching Counterpart, I highly recommend. It's like the two reasons to get a star subscription are for Ash versus Evil Dead and Counterpart. They're just so. Oh, it's a star show, huh? Yeah, yeah. I got my dad hooked on it. I got my dad hooked on it. I told my dad, I said, Dad, got to watch this show. You got to watch this show. Here's, here's my star's login, you know? And boom, my dad, my mom texts me back and she's like, your dad just won't stop watching the show. <laughs> so I call my dad like 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 a like a day later, and I'm like, "Mom tells me you love this show," and he's like, "Yeah, I knocked out the first five episodes." My dad watched the I think my dad watched like the sixth episode before I even need, I had even started it. So he's a, he's a big fan of it now. So it's great. Yeah, it's counterpart is it's it's smart. It's a very smart show. Um, it's, it, it picks up the pace when it needs to, but it slows things down when it needs to, too. And there's nothing, you can't, you cannot not pay attention to this show. Um, so I love it. Anyway, Production Weekly is claiming that the Steven Spielberg produced Showtime series Halo will start filming later this year. That's, that is Halo, the video game. It's this, uh, Halo the show, huh? Yes, the show. Um, what's funny about this is that if you go to, if you go, check this out, okay. If you go to Alex Garland's IMDb page, it says, Halo is an upcoming project for him as a writer. So, back, back in February, I tweeted, uh, Peter Serretta from Slash Film, if, if this has any truth to it. Cause I thought that he would know. He's the guy that would know. Cause like, uh, I didn't believe it. Like, why would Alex Garland do a Halo movie or or TV series? It just seems like a bad move, you know? Yeah, yeah, video game. Right? Probably not, like, 90% chance of failure. Exactly. You're on the same page as me. So, like, here's my actual tweet that I sent Peter Serretta from February 23rd. So you can go to my – if you don't believe me, I sent it to Peter Serretta on February 23rd. I said, hey, hey, Peter – IMDb has Alex Garland listed as working on a Halo film. I know they they aren't always reputable. Maybe he was attached at one time, but is there any remaining truth to this? Sounds like a bad career move. Video game movies sadly are not working. To which Peter Serretta did reply. He said, "Yeah, I don't think that's happening." So <laughs> so um it's it's Wow, that's hilarious. Yeah. So Alex Garland is not going to be on this project. Um even though you go to his IMDb page, if it's still there, I had the screenshot on my Twitter, but of Alex Garland being involved in this. But anyway, it's Amblin TV that's involved with this Showtime series, Jake. So like Amblin Television, they've done Terra Nova. They did the Minority Report TV series that got canceled after a season. They did Falling Skies, which I think lasted five seasons. Yeah, which I actually um, dug for a couple seasons. Yes, the first two and a half seasons were really good, and that's about right on it, target. Exactly. Then it fell apart. Um, any hope for a Halo series, Jake? 
Uh, it could be cool. I mean, Warhammer in space with awesome special effects and action can always be cool. I mean, it's there's definitely a chance that this is a neat show. Man, you sound really you seem all, you sound a lot more hopeful than I am. You know, like you know what movie you know what video game movie looks really good to me, and I hate to fucking admit this, and it's based on the second trailer is. Tomb Raider, Jesus! Oh, Tomb Raider looks really Doesn't good. Doesn't it? Oh my shots in that God, movie. It looks so uh-huh. good. Walton Goggins looks like a great villain. Alicia Vikander looks like she's going to be a fucking great fucking hero in that movie. And then, like, you've got Daniel Wu playing like the sidekick. Like, I don't want to believe that it's going to be good, but the the fucking <laughs> second trailer looks so good. <laughs> It does look good. I agree. Uh, uh, that comes out real soon, too. I was kind of shocked uh, uh, by that. Uh, March 16th, dude. Yeah. I was yeah. Like, oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. I didn't realize that was this month. It feels. It just felt like one of those movies that was coming like in August for some Joe. reason. Joe, any did you did you play Halo? Was that like in your in your routine at all? I I played Halo one, two, and Halo three. I loved the Halo series, man. I fucking I played the fuck out of those in my twenties, man. I loved Halo. I remember I remember I remember when they were talking about Denzel Washington being like Master Chief back in the day for a Halo trilogy. Like Steven Spielberg back in like two thousand six or whatever the fuck was talking about doing like a Halo trilogy of films they were talking about master chief being uh denzel washington and all this shit i wanted to believe that it could be great man and like a halo tv series man, i don't know i don't dude i to be quite honest with you after watching like i'd just rather see a fucking starship troopers tv series that's what i want but whatever what are you thinking joe <laughs> um i was always a playstation guy back in the day and so uh, like the first time i played halo was with a group of friends yeah. that all played Halo all the time. You got your ass and kicked. And so it just turned, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so it turned into frustration in me wanting to bury that controller in one of their smiling fucking faces. And so I never really got back into playing it again. But. <laughs> Joe wants to see the uh, Halo show fail for personal reasons. <laughs> Some men just want to watch the world burn. <laughs> yeah, Brian, it's funny you bring up Starship Troopers, Brian, because yeah, yeah. like, kind of in my best of case scenario, that's like basically what I was seeing was a Starship Troopers TV show. Ah, <laughs> uh, see, you know, just like something of that yeah. style doesn't take itself too seriously and looks cool. See, the thing, the brilliant thing about fucking Starship Troopers though is like the like for the first film, it was Paul Verhoeven directing that fucking Jake. I yeah, mean, yeah, who's, and like, who's you know, yeah, arguably a genius when yes. it comes to some of the movies that yes. he did. Agreed, agreed, except for, except for Showgirl. <laughs> we, we all have our missteps. Yeah. Well, no, like, yeah, we have our missteps. Like, back in the, that was definitely, I don't know, that was a good movie to jerk it to when you were a kid, though. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> it was just, oh. it was Jesse Spano, for crying out loud, you know? Yeah. It's like, yeah. yeah. All right, a little Saved by the Bell action going on here. <laughs> I was so excited in that pool scene. Oh, she was. It was always like Kyle McLaughlin. She was just a little cowgirl on him, right? (laughs) 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 Yeehaw. I'm going to ride your dune. Um, (laughs) (laughs) She's riding his maker. (laughs) She was. 
Oh my God! His and she was showing off her twin peaks. Am I right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh God! What the fuck is wrong with me? Anyway, oh boy, we're laughing. Yeah. Um. Let's see here. Deadline is reporting that Apple has ordered a ten episode half-hour series from M. Night Shyamalan. Uh, this is hot off the heels that his uh, series Wayward Pines will not get a season three. My dad was really upset. My dad loved that Wayward Pines show. Yeah, it had its audience. Yeah, it was but, definitely it had its fans. Matt Dillon, that was in that first season. Matt Dillon, who was in Wild Things with what's-her-face? What was her name? Denise Jeff Richards. Campbell, Denise Richards from Starship Troopers. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, she was amazing back then, right? Wow. Oh yeah, that's a that's a great movie. Great movie. <laughs> talk <laughs> talk <laughs> about movies to jerk off to. Yeah. Denise Richards. Oh, absolutely. Wild things, her and Nev Campbell. Was it Nev Campbell? Or was it Nick <laughs> Yeah, Nev Campbell. I always get Nev Campbell and Naomi Campbell. It's like the name screwed up. Dude, Nev Campbell. Nev Campbell's gonna be in that skyscraper movie. Ah, this episode fucking sucks. I like unsubscribe. I'm loving this episode. Unsubscribe right now. I don't give a fuck. Just unsubscribe, alright? And just call it a day. Give it up, right? Anyway, Nev Campbell. What she's gonna be in that skyscraper movie with The Rock. She plays that the rock. Be amazing. Oh, I cannot wait. He's got he's he's got a prosthetic leg in that one. I think you know. I love the you know. I'm going to throw this. How out does there. he make that jump and have a prosthetic leg? I don't know. I don't know. He's an inspiration to us all, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> Let, hey, <laughs> I tell you what. I love Dwayne Johnson. I love this guy. This guy is amazing. Let me tell you this much. Okay. So you go back and you watch San Andreas and there's a scene where they are like a character. He's performing like CPR on another character and they end up living. Did you guys know that this little boy loved that San Andreas film? Watched it over and over and over and over again and his brother was choking on something or something like that and he performed CPR on his brother and saved his life from watching the San Andreas movie? That's amazing. And, That's awesome. Yes, and The Rock again in Jumanji, which I've seen twice in theaters because I love that movie. It's fucking hilarious. Yeah, it was great. He, he gives instructions in the Jumanji movie on how to perform CPR. I, what a great guy. What a, I don't know. He's just a, he's just a great guy. Like how, fuck you, Rock, for being that good looking and that buff and being a great guy, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and being that much of a straight up dude. Yeah, exactly. Really, he he is like the real world analog of Superman. Yeah, he's like showing society like, hey, yeah, I'm the example. <laughs> exactly. Oh my god. Yeah, when, when they were on SNL doing that Rock Tom Hanks run for president stuff, I was like, all right, okay, yeah, yeah. dude, fucking, you know, it's like. uh can you imagine, like, uh, if if The Rock and Oprah were they were to have a child, like the like the, that that kid? How amazing that kid would cure cancer! Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> but with touches, with touches, with healing touches. <laughs> Fuck this episode! Right? <laughs> I, I think this episode is better now than it was the last time you told us to fuck off. All right, cool. Yeah. All right, it's pretty- I don't know. I defy listeners to find another podcast that floats the idea of the Rock fucking Oprah Winfrey. Oh my god! 
<laughs> oh my gosh! I agree. Yeah, That's a solid point, Jeff. Oh my gosh! Can you imagine, like, after they get done fucking her, like eating bread, and then like. <laughs> 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 fucking oh stagman with negative looks over in the corner he's like he's like, <laughs> he's like i don't know performing foreplay with that prosthetic leg that he used in the skyscraper movie <laughs> oh man that reminds me i didn't mean to interrupt you what is denise richard's profession in a skyscraper movie Oh, no, 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 no. It's Nev Campbell. Nev Campbell. Nev Campbell plays the wife in the Skyscraper movie. I'm going to bring it back. We talked about Saved by the Bell earlier. Denise Richards was in an episode of Saved by the Bell. She was in that beach episode where A.C. Slater rescued the girl from the water that was drowning in the ocean. Really? And it was? That was a young Denise Richards. Wow. Yeah, yeah. All right. No, no, you're saved by the bell history, kids. <laughs> you know who else was also in an old episode of Saved by the Bell? And he was part of the Glee Club, Scott Wolf, who was also on Party of Five with Nev Campbell, bringing it back around. Yes, that is that, that right I don't even there. know who Scott Wolf is. Scott Wolf was on Party of Five. He was also in the show, in the movie Go with Jay Moore, and he was oh, also man. in The The Reboot that was on ABC. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, wow. Uh, yeah. Suck on go, that I pop culture. Suck on that pop culture dick, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> Scott Wolf is proud that someone knows so yeah. much about him. Do you guys remember that fucking helicopter show, Airwolf? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I can hear the theme song just started playing in my head the minute you said the name of it. Yeah, Airwolf. Look it up, millennials. I, I, it makes me think of Riptide, too. I feel like those two shows always played like back-to-back. Oh, USA. yeah. Yeah, and they all wanted to be Simon and Simon. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, they couldn't touch that. You can't touch this. Listen to you, MC fucking hammer. Uh, <laughs> right. Oh, oh, back then, Night Shyamalan. That's where we started. Oh, God. This fucking Don't do with. it, Apple. Apple has ordered a 10-episode, half-hour series from M. Night Shyamalan. Um, oh, yeah. Like I said, Wayward Pines got canceled. Um, the Tales from the Crypt series got canceled by TNT. They're done. They're not doing M. Night Shyamalan's uh, Tales from the Crypt series. Uh, but this new Apple series, it's untitled, but it's going to be a psychological thriller. And Shyamalan will direct the first episode and executive produce the series. I, for one, am not excited at all. No, me neither. And I think Apple needs to come out of the gate strong with what's their like first big streaming show. And no, don't get into bed with M. Night. Well, they're not the move. They're doing the Reese Witherspoon, Jennifer Aniston show. Oh, there you go. Yeah. That's who you want to get in bed with. Yeah. Oh, that's who I want to get Literally. in bed with. Uh. <laughs> yeah. The analogy just got all the better. <laughs> oh man! Yeah, they should do. They should recreate the Wild Things uh, scene <laughs> with Nev Campbell, Denise Richards, and Matt Dillon twenty years later. Right? I'm in. I'm in, totally in. The re- <laughs> Wild Things, the reunion. You know, <laughs> they made sequels to Wild Things. I've never seen them. Oh, I haven't either. I have not either. There's but like I know three or four of them. Yeah. though. because like, Wild Things was on sale on iTunes a few weeks ago, and I saw it paired with like two or three sequels. So I was like, really? 
Yeah, what Wild Thing Savannah Nights was that the second one? I'm fucking with you. That was Dirty Dancing <laughs> That's the sequel. Dirty Dancing. Yeah, yeah. I know. Dirty Dancing Havana Nights. Look it up. Anyway. According <laughs> Um what is what is wrong with our show, Jake? Has our show gone off the rails like permanently? What is wrong with our show? You really put me on the spot with that one. <laughs> According to I'll have my thesis for you next week. <laughs> <laughs> that'll also be that'll be right next to Joe Stark's uh, the Terror Review on popcultureleftovers.com, guys. So check that out. According <laughs> about what's wrong with PCL. According to THR, Chris Hemsworth might join the Men in Black reboot. So a couple weeks ago, we were reporting that um, he. <laughs> Chris Hemsworth wants to take time off of acting for his family. And now we're getting the news that uh, he might be the lead in a Men in Black reboot. And apparently they're looking for two other agents to join him in the film. They're looking for a, uh, a black female and then a, an older man to join uh, him in this movie. Um, apparently uh, they're looking at F. Gary Gray, who directed um, last year's Fate of the Furious and straight out of Compton. He also directed Friday. Um, one of my. Oh, yeah, F. Carrie Gray has quite the illustrious yeah. resume at this point. Uh, he's due to um, direct the movie, um, which has a script by Iron Man writers Matt Holloway and Art Markham. Uh, and this movie is slated for release on June 14th, 2019. What do you guys think about a. Chris Hemsworth led Men in Black reboot. Oof. I my interest level is at a negative fourteen. Wow, wow, I'm, <laughs> now, Jake. This surprises me. Hold on, let's uh, let like, hey, let's uh, put the brakes on here a little bit and stop here. I want to address <laughs> this, um, Jake. You were a big fan of his performance in Ghostbusters. Is it the fact that you don't feel like he can lead the film? Do you think that he's better as comic relief, like in the background, or like what is it? Yeah, it's, I think it's a little bit of the recipe of that, like you just said, Brian. Yeah, and just like it's like I guess I'm a little bit of a bitter Betty that it's hey, I'm not going to do the Marvel stuff anymore because I want to be with my kids and family, but now I'm the star of a brand new Men in Black franchise. I don't know. It feels like a little bit of a bait and switch, like we were deceived as to what was really going on with him behind the scenes he should be a little bit more grateful towards like marvel putting him on the map like without without marvel like nobody would know who this guy even was in my opinion yeah like if he was like doing the family thing and like making a couple like art house movies on the side or low budget horror flicks like i get it that's one thing you got to put some money on the table you know the action figures only pay so much but to just jump from that to another what I'm sure the studio wants to be mega franchise is a little bit of a slap to the face, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. What are you thinking, Joe? I mean, he, moving on, like he did so, with Sony, he's got a relationship. You know, he did he did the Ghostbusters movie with Sony. Now he's thinking about doing being the lead. They're offering him the lead in a Men in Black reboot. What are you thinking? Well, just cons- um, comparing the tone of Men in Black to say like Thor Ragnarok, I think it is something that he could pull off. Yeah. Um, I I hadn't considered considered the point that Jake brought to it and I totally agree with that too I would if I'm going to see him go forward in something I want to see more Thor stuff especially in that same tone that Ragnarok was because I thought that was really enjoyable I mean hell I watched Ragnarok twice in the last week yeah yeah I agree he just peaked in Ragnarok and then he's just going to go leave us yeah no way 
Hmm. So yeah, I've got mixed feelings on. It. I think it is something he could do, but but I'd I'd much rather see him stick around in the MCU. I toss this. I toss this so fucking hard. I I, uh, <laughs> I think it's terrible. I I think that Men in Black is ripe for a reboot. I'm not saying that like I would not want to go back into the Men in Black world. I just don't want Chris Hemsworth to shepherd us there. I have no problem with F. Gary Gray doing the movie at all. I just don't think Chris Hemsworth is the guy to do it. I would rather see fucking like. You know, like give us like Charlie Day, um, give us you know uh, fucking Jonah Hill. Like I know that they were talking, they were talking about doing that. Uh, you know, like the Twenty One Jump Street, Twenty Two Jump Street, Channing Tatum, Jonah Hill crossover. That's a better idea than this, in my opinion. I think those guys. I agree, I agree with that statement. Yeah, I think it's a better. They've scrapped it though. They're not going to do it. But I think like you know, give us give us better comedians, in my opinion. I mean. I don't know. I, I I I toss this. I toss this so fucking hard. So yeah, yeah. Like I said, negative fourteen. Yeah. Uh, snow steam iron. What the fuck am I talking about? Oh, Is that a name? Yeah, it's uh, the name of uh, Zack Snyder's short film that he shot completely on an iPhone. I've talked about it on the show before. I never released the name though. It's called Snow Steam Iron, and uh, I just want to let everybody know you can watch it. It's on his Vero account, and it's a little over four minutes long. Um, basically, Zack Snyder wanted you to see what you could do with a phone, a few days, and some close friends using the technology and uh, he gave a synopsis to it saying snow gently falls on the bloodstained streets of a seedy out of time new york city steam envelops the nightmare unfolding within its narrow alleys iron is the will of the one who would dare to resist fight survive and um i watched it it's like four minutes it looks like it's a tale of vengeance it's it's a woman that's been pushed by someone who maybe she loved at one time and now she's holding a gun to his face so i don't know there's also these weird shots of a topless woman holding a decapitated head of a guy that's weird um yeah it's it, it looks great it's filmed great and it's impressive that it was done on on a phone but it's nothing i would ever watch again it's uh, I don't know. It's uh, watch it, I guess, if you want to. If you if you're a Zack Snyder completionist, then you got to see it. It's it's called Snow Steam Iron, and it's on the uh, it's on Zack Snyder's Vero account. So Steam Roller about how he got steamrolled out of the uh, WB <laughs> DC franchise. Yes, <laughs> I think there's a hidden meeting in there somewhere, and him holding that decapitated head is him holding like the head of like WB. Yeah, (laughs) and he's like, and he's a, and Zack Snyder is the topless woman. He's like, look at my tits, you decapitated fuck. Um, Fuck you, Josh Whedon. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's uh, all right. Let's move on. Deadline has uh, new news on the Quentin Tarantino film that's coming out. We've talked about this in the past. Uh, The uh, Charlie Manson movie. What we thought was a Charlie Manson movie. It kind of is. Anyway, Quentin Tarantino has uh, set Brad Pitt to star with Leonardo DiCaprio in his upcoming film. And the filmmaker has chosen a title. Um, Tarantino's ninth film is titled Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And it's set for an August 9th, 2019 release. The fuck? My cats are acting like assholes. Look at you over there. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Uh, 
Per Sony, Tarantino describes the film as a, quote, a story that takes place in Los Angeles in 1969 at the height of hippie Hollywood. The two lead characters are Rick Dalton, Leonardo DiCaprio, former star of a Western TV series, and his longtime stunt double, Cliff Booth, Brad Pitt. Both are struggling to make it in Hollywood. They don't recognize anymore, but Rick has a very famous next-door neighbor, Sharon Tate. So if you don't know your history, Sharon Tate uh, was married to um, uh, Hollywood director Roman Polanski. She was pregnant at the time, and uh, Manson sent to the Manson girls, and that, what they, they called them texts, out to the house. And uh, they were sent there to kill Sharon Tate. And Rome. They, Actually, there's supposed to be a bunch of Hollywood people at this. Like, there's supposed to be, like, a party there at the house, right, Jake? Is that what it was? Yeah, yeah, there was a party, I believe, right? Well, it was only Sharon Tate that got killed, right? Like, Roman yes. Polanski wasn't there. Like, basically, do you know, like, like the, the real story behind this is, like, Charles Manson wanted to start a race war. He wanted to he wanted to make it look like the murders were done by black people and for this to start race wars. And him and the Manson girls were going to go live underneath – this is serious. I'm being 100 percent serious. Yeah. They were going to live in the sewers and they were going to wait for – um, white people and black people to wage war on each other and kill each other and then like after the war was over they were going to come up out of the sewers and they were going to rule seems like a solid plan yeah solid plan yeah, right. yeah. And, then the, and then the fucking uh, murlocs from X-Men sued for copyright laws and put the whole thing to a big fucking stop right anyway yeah fucking nuts fucking yeah to burn in hell Manson anyway um Quentin Tarantino revealed that he's been working on the script for five years now. So I, I, Jake, I feel a lot better about the project now knowing that it's not focused on just the Sharon Tate and the Manson murders, that it's actually about these two characters that Leo and, and Brad Pitt are playing. You like how I call them Leo? Like we're buds. I thought you were. Yeah, <laughs> we're tight like that. Um, is isn't he on next week's episode? Oh yeah, Leo's gonna show up. Absolutely. <laughs> Talk Absolutely. about fucking the brown hole with us. <laughs> <laughs> man, um, bet he's got some Hollywood stories about the old brown hole. Man, I bet he does. I bet he does. <laughs> yeah. Man. Anyway, I'm. I feel. I feel a lot more. Um. I don't know, I feel a lot better about this this movie now. I thought that it was going to take like I thought it was just going to be a Manson movie and he was going to do his whole inglorious bastard thing and inglorious bastard the fuck out of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It seems like the whole thing is just more of a backdrop, like a setting, yeah, atmospheric yeah. Draft backdrop than like the focus. We're not yeah. doing a biopic about Manson, which I agree. I'm glad that that is not the case. Me too. Me too. I, I think it's like I think. I think they're eyeing Margot Robbie for Sharon Tate, but I've also heard like Jennifer Lawrence's name thrown around too. So we'll find out. Um, yeah, I think Lawrence is pretty pretty ready to take that couple years break, right? Oh yeah, Correct. really? Yeah, yeah. I think Red Sparrow's her an X Men or her last movie's in the can, and she's taking a little bit of a break. Oh wow. Oh yeah, until she's offered a Men in Black role, and then her and Chris Hemsworth. Hey, what's back. up, Hemsworth? Yeah, what's up? <laughs> we are the Men in Black Galaxy Defenders. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here come the Men in Black. 
We won't let you remember. Yeah, they had those. <laughs> they had those devices that they would flash in front of your face, and you'd forget shit. Hey, Joe. Do you wish you had one of those? <laughs> Our listeners could sure use that. I was, yeah, for this episode. Hey, Joe, do you wish you could have one of those devices for your wife sometimes? <laughs> That's a loaded question. I'm not. No, hold on. I'm not going to put you on the spot. Don't answer that. <laughs> I was going to say no. No, I think we're good there. <laughs> no, it's just like, saying, honey, I'd, I'd use it on myself with some of the children's programming I'm forced to watch in this house. <laughs> there you go. What's the just, worst? I was just going to be, be like, no, I never said that, honey. <laughs> okay, on, on the last break, the boys were watching some cartoon about Beyblades. Yeah. Or oh, something. Yeah, Beyblades. Like yes. Yeah. And I'm like, there's a cartoon on this? And in my head, I'm like, Jesus. <laughs> like the shit you guys will watch. They were watching some old Sonic the Hedgehog shit on my Hulu account earlier. And I said to my wife, I'm like, they'll watch this garbage, but they turned their nose up at the original X-Men cartoon that I tried to get them to watch. Wow. Uh, was it with Urkel Sonic? Uh, it could have been. Yeah, it, it had like the original kind of a, Sonic. It, see, it had like an anime look to it with the... Yeah. the 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 style because I was saying to the boys I was like do you like the way this looks because usually they never watch stuff that looks like that Jake is a big big advocate of the Jaleel White Sonic years yeah, yeah I love it I <laughs> like, love it that's I love all, the Sonic era yeah that's all, <laughs> that's all Jake talks about is the Jaleel White Sonic years it's he calls <laughs> <laughs> TV heyday is yeah. I referred to. One of the first articles that Jake wrote for popcultureleftovers.com <laughs> was called Sonic Youth. And I was just like, Jake, that's just, that's the name of a band too. That's the cleverness of it. I know. I get it now. I get, I see your genius I'm now. I'm trying to explain that to yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember when uh, Urkel would turn into Stefan? <laughs> oh, it's terrible. <laughs> they were jumping the shark in those years. All right, this is now a terrible episode. <laughs> <laughs> do you guys, do you remember watching uh, Wild Things 2 with uh, Stefan, <laughs> Denise Richards, and Nev Campbell? <laughs> and it was Stefan, in that sequel, it was Stefan pouring the champagne all over Denise Richards' boobs. But it was, <laughs> right? Oh man, that sounds like a real letdown. If you know what I mean. Oh man! All right, guys, uh, we are getting a new talk show on ABC, according to Deadline, and the host is none other than Alec Baldwin. Um, uh, here's the story: It's official. ABC has ordered Sundays with Alec Baldwin, a talk show based on Baldwin's radio show and podcast. Here's the thing with Alec Baldwin: Have you guys seen that? I have, have you guys listened to that? Excuse me. No. no, I have not. I didn't know. You know, oh god, oh, oh, I, an, I, another pad, podcast I want to bring up is um, the A twenty four podcast. A twenty four, the studio that did like uh, Lady Bird, um, Moonlight. They, they, they've got their own podcast out now. And I want to promote that because our socks, and I want you to listen to something good. <laughs> yes, yes. But um, the, I gotta imagine they have a lot of class, and they're not talking about like, the brown hole and shit. And they're not talking about Steve Urkel. <laughs> Urkel turning into Stefan. 
The A24 podcast, the, the first episode that they had was, um, um, Barry Jenkins, the director from Moonlight, talking with, um, Greta Gerwig, the director from Lady Bird. Like, how fucking cool is that? It's like way better than like, cool. yeah, better than <laughs> Stefan talking <laughs> to whatever. I'm, I'm sorry. I was muted. I was fucking cleaning myself up from laughter there. <laughs> anyway, Alec Baldwin, uh, is going to be doing, it's, uh, he's going to, he's going to have his own, uh, talk show here. It's, um, According to ABC, Sundays with Alec Baldwin will feature Baldwin in one-on-one conversations with some of the most interesting people from American pop culture. Uh, sources say that the be <laughs> talking to Stefan in the, <laughs> in the no sources say that the talk show had been a had been targeted for prime time. Uh, we hear that ABC filmed about five pilot episodes, some with and some without studio audience. The show stems from the deal he made with ABC Studios. Blah 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 on the match game. Uh, an Alec Baldwin talk show, Jake. Are you down? Mm-hmm. No, no. I'm, I probably wouldn't watch. I'm not much of a talk show guy unless the guest is right or the music is right. Um, Match Game is on season three. I'm still watching that. Oh, jeez. Give me your game shows. Oh, man, Match Game is probably the best. They have such great comedians on that. I, well, I, yeah, I, I couldn't get through the first episode. I, I love the old one, like the old Match Game, you know? Like the, <laughs> I could still watch the old Match Game. There's something, there's something like the 70s version. There's something about, but like the new one, they just can't recreate it for me. Like the same thing, like, what is it? The Wayne Brady? What's that show where he's like, what's, well, like, what's well, behind door number one or two or whatever? Oh, I don't, I'm not a big fan of the, uh, let's yeah. make a deal update. Yeah. Here, but I, I yeah. think the match game works i yeah. i really think they still have all the sexual innuendos and all the tomfoolery i love yeah. it it's probably my favorite of the remakes all right all right yeah i'll try i'll try it we'll, i'll see who the guests just are skip to season three i i it, if you just started at the first episode <laughs> it's not like you need to fucking watch it chronologically skip to the yeah. episodes that started airing in 2018 they've all been really good all right all right. A few weeks ago, uh, we reported on uh, TNT's Snowpiercer and how it lost its showrunner, Josh Friedman. Um, he was the uh, showrunner for the Sarah, Chron- Sarah Connor Chronicles. That's hard to say. The Sarah Chronicle Chronicles, Connors. We've had hard times with that before. Yeah, we have. The Sarah Connor Chronicles. <laughs> um, the Necronomicon Con at the Sarah Connor Chronicles. The Necronomicon Chronicles. Yeah. <laughs> the Chronicles of Narnia Chronicles Sarah Connors. Um, <laughs> the Lion, the Witch, and the what the fuck are you talking about, Brian? Um, <laughs> uh, well, the show, uh, here we go. Yeah. The Snowpiercer show has a uh, new showrunner, according to Deadline. Snowpiercer sets Orphan Black co creator. As new showrunner, Orphan Black co-creator Grammy Manson has been tapped as the new showrunner for TNT Snowpiercer, and he replaces Josh Friedman, who left in January. So um, this new show starring Jennifer Connelly and David Diggs, uh, of course, based on the 2013 movie by Bong Joon-ho. Seven Snowpiercer is set seven years after the world has become a frozen wasteland. It centers on the remnants of humanity who inhabit a gigantic, perpetually moving train 
that circles the globe. Class warfare, social injustice, and politics of survival are questioned in the television adaptation. Dr. Strange Helmer, Scott Derrickson, has directed the pilot. Um, Grammy Manson co-created the critically praised hit sci-fi thriller Orphan Black. And um, has done a bunch of other, you know, he's penned a bunch of other episodes for TV and, and things like that. Uh, also wrote the 1997 film Cube. So I, for one, was upset that Josh Friedman left. And I thought that that was a, that was a big blow to the series. And I was really worried about this premiering on TNT. Um, the fact that they have... The co-creator from Orphan Black, who's also very familiar with science fiction himself, involved in this now, has my hopes up a little bit more. So I still think this is um, it could it could be something special. So we'll see. I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah, it's a good premise for a TV show. I, it definitely could still work. Yeah. Um, Joe, did you ever watch Orphan Black? Uh-uh. Yeah. I've heard a lot of good things about it. Yeah. Great show about clones and the... Um, I don't know. I really enjoyed it. I still haven't seen the fifth season. I feel ashamed. I have it all in my DVR and I haven't watched it yet. So once I, I know that like once I watch the fifth season, it's like all over from there. So I don't know. I'll watch, I'll get around to it. Um, this next story, it came to my attention from Rebecca Daling. So thank you. It comes from Variety and it's a uh, dope director, Rick Fumiyiwa. Partners with Plan B, New Regency on Black Hole. So, th- have you guys heard about this Black Hole before? No, is it a remake of the old Disney movie? No. Uh, Rick Fumiyawa will write and direct New Regency and Plan B's fantasy thriller Black Hole based on the graphic novel written by Charles Burns. Um, they say graphic novel, it, it, it was actually, it was 12 individual comic books. So, I don't know if somebody if you want to get nerdy and, and and tell me that it's not a graphic novel originally. It's a maxi series. Yeah, exactly. Go fuck yourself, <laughs> you nitpicking son of a bitch. You know what I mean? Like that's the yeah. thing. Like like people will call like Watchmen a graphic novel when we know Jake that it was originally released in individual comic book issues, so it wasn't released originally as a graphic novel. And it's like fuck off. It doesn't matter. Yada yada yada. Yeah. yeah. Plan B and New Regencies. Um, Arn and Milken are set to produce a film. New Regency. Yeah, Brad Pitt is yeah, Brad Pitt's like one of like the big investors at uh Plan B. And Plan B, if you want to know, they did Twelve Years a Slave, they did the big short, those two films, and those are two movies that I enjoyed. But the premise for Black Hole is it's set in the Pacific Northwest. I think it's Seattle, I believe. And it's set during the 1970s, and it follows a group of high schoolers who contract a mysterious, apparently sexually transmitted disease known as the bug, as this system causes, uh, uh, syndrome causes unique physical mutations. Their community struggles to cope with the emotional and psychological disruption. So Burns has said that the mutations can be read as a metaphor for adolescence, sexual awakening, and the transition into adulthood. Um, it focuses on four. This uh, movie will focus on – well, the graphic novel focuses on four characters. The viewpoint change, changes between 
and sometimes within issues. Chris is a high schooler who contracts a disease from Rob, a popular kid at her school. She immediately feels she has been deceived and stops speaking to him around the same time. Keith contracts the bug from Eliza, a woman he meets while trying to buy cannabis at a friend's house. Meanwhile, other teens in the town have contracted the disease and several of them seek seclusion from society due to the severity of their mutations and build an encampment in the woods outside of town. So Rick Fumiyiwa is involved in this project for um, possibly directing Black Hole. Now, the thing is that I want to point out is like as amazing. I, I think this sounds really cool. I think this is like it reminds me of like, I don't know, like maybe Chronicle is like the closest thing. Like, yeah, it's got a lot of a lot of a lot of interesting world building yeah. sounding ideas going for it. Yeah, sexual mutation, like this, I don't know, it's crazy. But David Fincher was attached to this at one time. Neil Gaiman was attached to adapt this at one time. They've been talking about this for years. So, like, who knows? This is never going to get off the ground. So, I don't know. I, I If they could do this right, it sounds like it could be an awesome, like it could be an awesome movie. And I love Rick Fumiyiwa. And I would rather see him, much rather see him do this than... Then, uh, you know, maybe the, like the Flashpoint movie. So I don't know. We'll see if this ever gets off the ground. Yeah, I don't wish anyone to do, even my enemies, to do DC movies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that synopsis to that read like the lyrics to that song Pepper by Butthole Surfers. <laughs> <laughs> what? Wow, oh my nice, God. Nice callback. <laughs> yeah, you know, Mark, you got with Sharon. Sharon, Sharon got, got with Sharon. You Sharon, Sharon's outlook on the topic. <laughs> They're all in love with dying what was it they, they were, were doing all, it in texas doing it in texas, texas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i don't mind the sun sometimes <laughs> <It's good shit. laughs> i can taste you on my lips and smell you in my clothes sugary and cinnamon and softly spoken lies you never know just how to look through other people's eyes. <laughs> well Thank you. I knew yeah, I was nice. going to get there That's eventually. <laughs> it took a minute to like jumpstart it. I did. Tell, it, but did. Then it did. I'm surprised that song didn't play in that 90s uh, series, Everything Sucks. <laughs> oh, for sure. There was some butthole surfers. I saw it on the Spotify soundtrack. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure there was. Uh, speaking of Rick Fumiyiwa, here's a deadline headline. <laughs> Netflix scores vigilante superhero feature from Rick Fumiyiwa and TJ Fixman with Keanu Reeves in talks to star. So Keanu Reeves teaming up with Rick Fumiyiwa. Um, to star in a Netflix series, possibly. Netflix has ordered Past Midnight, a feature about a vigilante superhero. And they're hoping to sign Keanu Reeves to star. The, the film is written by TJ Fixman, who, uh, who, who basically wrote, um, the Ratchet and Clank video games and the movie. So. Not the worst writer. I get, the movie was terrible, but like the <laughs> video games, I guess are fun. Kind of weird that it, it's, it's Ratchet and Clank, and his last name is Fixman. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, well, that's you obviously see where the inspiration came from. Yeah. Nothing weird about that at all. And uh, this is to be directed by dope director Rick Fumiyiwa and produced by Anthony and Joe Russo, the directors of uh, Captain America. 
um, you know, Civil War, Winter Soldier, the new Infinity War. So crazy. I hear the deals for these guys have been done, and the team is hopeful that John Wick and Star Reeves will come on board. Uh, details of the plot are being kept under wraps, but it is being described as a new type of vigilante superhero story. If Reeves does star, it won't be his first time as, at the vigilante rodeo. Having starting, yeah, fuck off with that shit. The old vigilante yeah. rodeo. That's yeah. a good time. The old vigilante rodeo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that clown's got a gun. Be careful. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Netflix... Netflix getting uh, Rick Fumiyiwa and Keanu Reeves to star in this past midnight vigilante superhero. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you know, you, it could be good. I mean, but uh, I don't know. We'll see. I, it's and, and, and Joe Russo, Anthony Russo involved. It could be good. It's just one of those things like where I, I thought Bright was better than it than the critics thought it was, but it, it's still not anything that I would go back and like, like oh my god, I got to watch Bright again with Will Smith and Joel Edgerton, and and like and that had like some good talent involved. And I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know. Isn't Bright geared up to be a little bit of a franchise, though? Like, isn't the hope to do a, like a Bright Two? Yeah, absolutely. They one hundred percent want to do a Bright Two. So that's all I was saying. That you know, they're gonna, you, you may not want to see the first one again, but they're hoping you're going to stick around for the eight more sequels. I guess. Um, I don't know. I it. Netflix has got some talent involved in, in these in these projects coming up. I'm I don't know. We'll see. Highlander reboot has a script. Uh, we've been talking about this for fucking years, Jake. Um, yeah, there could be only one script. There can only be one joke. Um, and that's <laughs> Probably it. Probably wasn't that one. You nailed it. That's that's as far as you can go with that. It's <laughs> the end. The, actually, the only reason I'm bringing up this article, this news story, is for one of our listeners, Greg Alente, um, or Greg Caliente, as Joe, Jake likes to call him. Um, guess who turned in the script for the Highlander reboot, Greg? You know, Greg knows who I'm talking about. He's, he, he knows the name I'm going to say. Colony writer Ryan Condal turned in the script for this like literally i'm just i am telling a this story just for one of our listeners like nobody else gives a fuck this is for greg alenti greg went to college with ryan condal so i'm that's the only reason i'm reporting this wow that's wild <laughs> yeah greg greg went to went to college with ryan condal he has a few stories and some dark trivia about ryan condal from his college years so there might even be, I don't, there might even be, Ryan, Greg and Ryan might actually be Eskimo brothers. I don't know. This, Whoa. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You, you, Jake, Eskimo, like, don't you think, like, okay, they need to have something like that online. Like, where you can, like, you know, Ancestry.com has, like, where you can, like, swab your mouth and shit. You send Oh, you want to find your Eskimo brother? Yes! Is that what you're asking? Yes! Yeah, that's, that's interesting. Yes! I think I think there's money to be had. Here. I do, too. I mean, you know, you got Ancestry.com, you swab your mouth, and you send off your little fucking, uh, your mouth swab. And then they, they do a little DNA search and they tell you like, this is where you're from, asshole. You're from fucking Ireland. <laughs> Alright? You're, you're Irish. You know, or you're this or you're that. 
EskimoBrothers.com, and you can find out who your Eskimo brothers are. You know what I mean? Yeah, you just get the database and yeah. you start pairing people up. And yeah, right. Yeah, I like it. I like it. I like. It. I might steal it. No, you can't. Do- <laughs> yeah, just in case you're listening, you don't know what an Eskimo brother is. Yeah, everybody, you, Joe, you know what an Eskimo brother is, right? Yeah, I think I do. Yeah. Show this some more. Uh-oh, let's put Joe on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make me try and articulate it. <laughs> it's it's not much to articulate. It's not much to articulate. It's like if I if I if I if I had sex with a with a lady and then uh Jake, you had sex with the same lady. We're Eskimo brothers. There you go. <laughs> Boom. That's it's simple. It's a simple breakdown. And there needs to be an Eskimo Brothers Eskimo Brothers dot com where you can find out who your Eskimo brothers are. You know? <laughs> what are you doing when you find them? Are you going out and like bowling with them or something? You got something to talk about, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's you know, true. Well you know, remember that Nancy Square, right? You know? It's like <laughs> and then you guys, you guys can talk about you can talk about squirting Nancy. You know what I mean? That's what I thought you said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, missionary Sally. Jesus. Yeah. Like, come on, let's spice Boring. it up a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Sheesh. Yeah, been there anyway. <sighs> he has too. He's your Eskimo brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, uh, colony writer Ryan Condal, uh, delivered a script to Lionsgate for a, uh, Highlander reboot and pre-production is set to start later this year. So the studio has been handed a script for the project, which has been in development for nearly 10 years after Summit Entertainment acquired the rights in 2008. It's a new take on the feature, which originally released in 1986, starring Christopher Lambert and Sean Connery, and telling the story of an immortal Scottish swordsman who can only be killed by decapitation. It will be directed by John Wick Helmer Chad Stahelski. Uh, wow. Um, so Stahelski involved in this. Guys, we've been, I've been following this for a while. At one time, Ryan Reynolds was attached to this thing, and then like years later, like after, like, he had his mishaps in it with his career. They dropped him, and then they picked up Tom Cruise, and they attached him in an undisclosed role. Like it wasn't—he necessarily wasn't like the Highlander. He—they were talking about him maybe. He's like possibly, the Sean Connery. The Sean Connery, possibly. They—they they never disclosed it though. They never let us know one hundred percent. So I don't know if Tom Cruise—Tom Cruise—is still attached to this or not. But um, I don't know. This is. It's got Ryan Condal, who, who, who's the creator of Colony, which is a really good show in USA. He's also doing the, the Conan the Barbarian series on Amazon, which is coming out, which has like a really good creative team behind it. So, um, I, and Chad Stahelski, like this guy is known for great action in the John Wick films. I don't know what to think about this. Like, I don't really care to see more Highlander, the first movie's good, and everything else after that, even the TV series, is not great. So yeah, I'll, I'll co-sign that. The first one's very, very good. Yeah, the second one's absolute fucking trash. The third one's a little bit better, and then everything else is trash. Yeah, was it Mario Peebles like doing a bunch of yes. these? Yeah, and those are crap. He was in the third one. Oh, it's <laughs> terrible, terrible. Oh my gosh, was he also in Wild Things Four? 
I don't. I cannot get. I, all right, now I have to know who who stick, stuck around for Wild Things too. I'm finding out right now. All right, all right. Let's do. I'm gonna do this. We'll do. You check that out. I will do this last story, and then we'll take a break and go to Marvel news. Last story here in news is according to Deadline, Charlto Copley from District Nine. He was in Powers on the PlayStation Network. Um, he was in uh, Hardcore Henry. He was also uh, he was Murdoch in the A Team reboot film. People, he will direct, write, and star in a new series called Sapien Safari that's being described as a social comedy that focuses on alien naturalist Riblick, the Steve Irwin of the galaxy, who faces an uphill battle to convince the green new owner of Earth that its dominant wildlife species is worth protecting. (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) Right? (laughs) That was bizarre. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> I'm in. I'll watch. I don't. I don't <laughs> know. I don't, this is so fucking weird. It sounds like I don't know. Part of me is like intrigued, but part of me is like, how much? Like, how much of the show am I really going to want to watch? Yeah, that's true. With so much out there to watch, is, is this really going to keep you captivated yeah. for more than an uh, episode? Yeah, there's no release date. There's no network attached. QC Entertainment is financing it, and they've—I don't know. QC. I looked into them a little bit. They've—they've they've financed a bunch of films, helped produce a bunch of films. They produced like um, Get Out, the Jordan Peele movie that came out last year. That was a big, a big hit. But I don't know. This scene, so this I, dude's like a crocodile hunter for the galaxy. Yeah, he's like the Steve. I like it. Yeah, so weird. Well, it's and it's Charlton Copley who I think like could pull this role off. He's just that weird that he could do this, you know. So I don't know. This is this is bizarre. I mean, I I suppose if it goes more like Hitchhiker's Guide direction, yeah. like it, it could be enjoyable if it was. You know, silly like that, but yeah, wow, as a premise, that's kind of out there. It is. It really is. The, it, his it, it, who faces an uphill battle to convince the green new owner of Earth that its dominant wildlife species is worth protecting. I don't know if that sounds exciting or not. <laughs> <laughs> Is he going to be wearing khakis and a little hat? It's like going up to aliens like, it's all right. I'm going to hurt you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Steve Irwin, he kind of had it coming, right? Yeah, he's like that. He's like poking the stick on the animals so many times, right? It's like. Right here. Right here. This is the black mamba. This is the, it's the most they don't dangerous. They really like it when you tickle their belly. It's the most dangerous snake. It's most venomous snake in the whole fucking world. And I'm going to poke it with a stick. You know, it's like yeah. zero respect for wildlife. Right. Right. He is. He learned, he learned respect in the end. Here's a pregnant oh. hippo. She's very protective of her. Babies in a belly, <laughs> and I'm gonna f- poke it with a stick. <laughs> you remember when he was on South Park and everything he caught, he had to put his, th- his thumb in its butt. Oh, really? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's like what, like maybe first, second, third season. Mm, that's ridiculous. Yes. Oh, yes, it's the the prehistoric man episode. Mm. 
yeah. where they find a guy frozen in the ice and he's from 1995. <laughs> <laughs> it's only been like four years oh, or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. He, can't, he had it coming a little bit. <laughs> oh, man. I can't wait to tell you what I found out about Wild Things, too. What did you find out? Is, is, uh, this, the actress that's none of the original stars are in it, by the oh, way. Yeah, they got so, out while the getting was good. Yeah, no Denise Richards, no Nev Campbell, no no Matt Dillon, no none of it. It's Mario so, Peebles, the, isn't it? No, the new star is Susan Ward, whose Ooh. previous credits include, these are the top two hits for her, Jack Hunter and Who's Your Caddy? <laughs> wow. So this was her big breakout film. I also find it hilarious that in 2005 she married a guy called David C. Robinson, mm-hmm. who his top credit is he's the executive producer of Joanna Man. Oh, I remember, remember Joanna Man. Yeah. 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 With Kevin Bacon, right? Yeah, I don't. I don't know that much. I like how he has to throw the C initial in his middle name so he doesn't get confused with former San Antonio Spurs basketball player David Robinson, also known as the Admiral, because he was in the yeah. Navy. Yeah, I'm sure he appreciates that. That too. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. And then there's Michael B. Jordan, who doesn't want to get confused with Michael Jordan, the greatest NBA player of all time. Anyway, so. Yeah. There you go. Wild things too. Wild things too, guys. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a. I'm gonna give it a taste. It man. Uh. <laughs> it, it, it might still be. None of this means it's not spankable. I have no. I never saw Wild Things two. Uh, Wild Things number one though is a Tupperware. And I ladies, agree. ladies, you get to see Kevin Bacon's dick. <laughs> true story true story shower scene kevin bacon's little bacon little bacon bit is in the film bacon bit. his bacon bit is in the movie all right geez you could at least call it a bacon strip no no it's a, it's a bacon bit um it was quite cold on set that day he went it is a shower scene they didn't have warm water <laughs> called it wild things too was called dick loose and it was, it was yeah it also it also besides susan ward it also starts to bond oh stefan jaleel white as stefan yeah, yeah. <laughs> this episode sucks TV shower scene there guys we're gonna t- we're gonna take a quick break um you know what let's just end it right now let's like let's <laughs> put this episode out of its misery and uh, let's take a quick break we'll be right back with marvel news Welcome back to the show. Whatever. All right, time for Marvel news. All 
Apple news. All right, uh, Jessica Jones season two drops on uh, March eighth. I think I mentioned it earlier. So yeah, that's next week, right? Next week, yeah. I plan on watching Friday. The, yeah, uh, Thursday actually, March eighth. Thursday, March eighth. So I plan on watching the whole thing, binging it. I am not hearing good things though. I'm hearing it is a uh, slow burn. Yeah, here we go. Screen Rant calls it a slow, slow burn. Not one, not one slow. Two slows. They had to throw in two slows. Slow, slow burn. Oof. Slow, slow burn. That lacks direction. That's not good. So no, that, that's not a good review. Slow, slow burn. Like if something's moving real slow, you, you'd hope it would have that big payoff in the end, and then there's no direction. Yeah, so. zero direction. <laughs> so anyway, uh, according to THR. Fox has a lot more in development than we thought. So here's what the article had to say. 20th Century Fox is developing more new X-Men film properties than ever, uh, but these projects still fit at the – but will these projects still fit at the studio after Disney's – 52.4 billion mega merger closes when Fox Film execs hire Brian Michael Bendis on February 12th to pen an X-Men project for Deadpool director Tim Miller. It signaled to the town that the studio is moving full steam ahead on its Marvel properties. Um, Bendis said it does not affect this project in any way, shape or form is what I was told. At least at the moment, it's certainly decisions over my pay grade if it ends up doing so. Um, apparently Fox has several other secret projects in development, including a Silver Surfer standalone feature that is being written by comics creator Brian K. Vaughn. Oh, yes, please. Mm-hmm. Uh, quote, we are going 100 miles per hour, says one executive involved. Uh, earlier in the episode, Joe, you mentioned a uh, comic book called Saga, issue 49 coming out. That's also written by Brian K. Vaughn. This is like one of the most talented writer in comic books. Uh, and they're talking about Brian K. Vaughn writing a Silver Surfer standalone movie. Um Anyway, we'll talk about that in a moment. The article goes on to say how some people are still worried about Disney's aversion to R-rated content with the Marvel superheroes. It goes on to say, on the Fox lot, phrases like, it's business as usual reverberate in conversations with agents and execs. We actually have way more in development and production in Marvel IP than at any point in the history of the studio, says a Fox insider. There's been zero slowdown that front uh slow down on that front given Disney Fox will release two X-Men movies this year Ryan Reynolds Deadpool sequel on May 18th and X-Men Dark Phoenix on November 2nd the studio is also planning three X-Men movies for 2019 with another three expected the following year meanwhile shit yeah meanwhile Channing Tatum's long in development Gambit is still looking for a director (laughs) (laughs) Um, a new new draft of the script is expected in March and it is greenlit meaning that the studio has budgeted it and the horror themed New Mutants will undergo a round of additional photography this summer that will insert a new character into the thriller that is dated for February 22nd, 2019. X-Force, a Deadpool spinoff from Drew Goddard, set to begin shooting in October, with Reynolds and Josh Brolin expected to star. The studio is still focusing on, on developing both the X-Men and Fantastic Four brands, including a Doctor Doom movie from Fargo and Legion showrunner Noah Hawley. Now, we've talked about that before. Yes. 
As for Marvel's plans, deals for many of its key cast members are expected to expire with 2019's Untitled Avengers 4. A movie Feige has indicated will shake up the status quo for his universe, though it seems unlikely that the already-in-production sequel will be used to sow the seeds for integrating the X-Men in there, even if the merger closes this year. Uh, quote, they have to proceed as business as usual in the case the merger doesn't go through, says one agent whose client works on Fox's Marvel movies. It's a unique position to be in. So that's the article. There's a lot to unpack here, and I want to start by yeah, talking wow. about um, the fact that the Disney-Fox deal might not go through. Apparently, I don't know. I, I don't know all the details, but a company that Fox is wanting to acquire, Comcast is also wanting to acquire. So I don't know how that muddies the water, but it, 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 it's, I don't know. I guess it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a block or something like that. Like it's not going to be as smooth, uh, a purchase as they originally thought. They we're looking at like 17, 16, 17 months before the deal can even be finalized. But um, I I don't I don't think and, the, and of course Comcast was actually talking about possibly paying more for Fox than Disney. Was. I've read the same kind of articles, Brian, about how there is some stuff going on here that's sure. not a hundred percent in the can yet. That yeah. Disney is going to acquire Fox. I still think it's going to happen. Me I, too. I, me too. I think it's still going to happen. Um, from what I, everything that I'm reading is that um, even if Comcast can offer more, that Fox feels more comfortable with Disney taking over their properties and being able to do them correctly. So then, then you know, like Univer- NBC, Universal, Comcast. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. But let's talk about uh, the Brian K. Vaughn Silver Surfer project that's coming out, uh, possibly that they're working on. Um, ah, sounds incredible. Like Brian K. Vaughn doing a cosmic si- Silver Surfer f- film. That sounds amazing to me. Yeah, it's right up his alley. Um, mm-hmm. What supporting characters he would use would be really exciting. There's so much good stuff going on there. So, yeah, I would love to see. I know Brian K. Vaughn was a little bit disil- disillusioned by working in film and television. I'd like to see him have something good go here. It's just, you know, like him. I don't know. You'd have to do Galactus, right? He'd have to be like the... You know, it'd have to be like a yeah. Him no, becoming Silver Surfer, being Norrin Rad, Norrin Rad, having yeah. Galactus encounter him. Yeah, you'd have. To, I think you'd have to do that story. I agree with that. Joe, what are you thinking? Uh, that was the first thing I was going to say is that I want to see Galactus in it. Yeah, and and I want to see like a real Galactus. I don't want to see some weird cloud. <laughs> I think like this. This serves to be like a, it could be like a trilogy of movies. Like the first movie, we just see like you know Norrin Rad as like the herald of Galactus, and then like by the end of it, we're seeing like him trying to break free of being the herald of Galactus. You know, he, wanting his freedom. You know what I mean? So doing everything that he can to stay alive at the beginning and and save people to trying to, to break free of the the hold of being Galactus's herald. I, I don't know, man. I, there's a lot that you can do with it. So, yeah. And I always love like once he leaves Galactus, I love like herald versus herald battles. Yeah. Like, I always want to get to that aspect as fast as possible, too. So, 
they're talking about uh, three movies after this year and then three movies after that. So, like, what are those movies? Like, okay, so possibly the Brian K. Vaughn Silver Surfer Project. We know that they're doing a – they're talking about a Kitty Pride film. Uh, we've heard about the James Franco Multiple Man movie, uh, the Noah Hawley Dr. Doom movie. Another one would have to be X-Force. And then the last one, would that be Gambit if it's going to happen? Yeah, I think that sounds about right. Or a potential sequel to another one of these movies being a hit, maybe. But that would be a little bit further down the line. That would be further down the line, yeah. Yeah. So, So, yeah. I guess the door is open for that still. I mean, I think it's a little bit like you were saying about The Crow. Like, they've gone so far down the well now, it's hard to turn back. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Who would you want to direct uh, Brian K. Vaughn's Silver Surfer Project? Ooh, Michael Gondry. If I'm just throwing a name out. Okay. What about you? I never, you know, I hadn't thought about the idea until just now. Yeah, that's fine. But someone real, like, visual and artistic, and that's going to take chances and not just do a cookie-cutter thing. I would want either Alfonso Cuaron or Edgar Wright. Hey, Alfonso Cuaron is one of my favorites. I love that idea, too. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that'd be a really good one. Let's talk about let's let's stay in the Fox Marvel news. Let's talk about uh, news coming from THR about the new mutants film that they talked about in this very article. We knew, yeah, it, you blew my mind with that yeah. about the um, new, them actually adding a new character. Yes, yes, we knew that there were reshoots. We've actually talked about those before. Now we're learning that they are adding a new character to the movie. That they actually they finished filming this movie back in September of last year, and it was slated to release this April. Now, you know, we know we have characters like Mirage in this movie who can manipulate dreams and reality. We've got Wolfsbane, uh, played by Maisie Williams, who's basically just a wolf girl. And we've got, um, of course, Magic in this movie, one of my favorite, actually my favorite X-Man of all time. So as far as the new character, who could it be? Um, we're looking at possibly Warpath, Karma, Boom Boom, Warlock. Those are those are the obvious choices, but we know Josh Boone, the director from The Fault in Our Stars, he's the director for the New Mutants movie. He originally has planned, and he's come out and said he's planned for this New Mutants to be a trilogy, and he wanted to bring in new characters after the first film. Here's his quote that he had back in October of who he wanted to bring into future films. Quote, I will say we're going to introduce new characters in the next movie as well. Characters like Karma and Warlock. And all that will be in future movies. So if his statements hold true that he's not bringing in Karma and Warlock just yet, but holding out on those characters and bringing them into later films, that would mean possibly Warpath and Boom Boom in this next film. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Would you guys be surprised if he like went against his word and he brings in one of like Karma and Warlock in in this next film early? Hmm, I could see that. I that to me that's more plausible than the Warpath Boom Boom thing because that's like to me that's the X Force realm more than the New Mutants realm. I mean, I know those people were originally called New Mutants, but that's right before the shift of the title. Yeah. And by all essential means and purposes. Like I always think of Boom Boom and Warpath as more of X Force characters. And in that 
side of things. I agree. I agree. Yeah. So that's where I, I, I see with it. I, I don't see that being much of a possibility that okay. that's what happens. Okay. So maybe if they're halting to put in a new character, it, maybe it's something really outside the box that yeah. it, it is going to be a big character in the Fox universe that yes. you don't necessarily associate with X-Men in the first place. Well, they, they could, I mean, they could, we could, they could be bringing in James McAvoy as Professor X or, um, yeah. Another another thing that I've read is possibly bringing in Olivia Munn as Psylocke. I, I think that's silly, though. Yeah, that, that's terrible. She had zero charisma in that movie, right? So I don't know. I, it's the first movie. Let's let's go. Let's see, the first movie according to Fox was teenagers in a haunted house. That's what they wanted. They wanted this. They wanted this. This first movie to feel like teenagers in a haunted house. It's a haunted house movie. Foxhead Stacy Snyder talked to Variety about how New Mutants would avoid superhero fatigue and said, "New Mutants is about these teenagers who are just coming into their powers. It's like watching mutants go through adolescence and they have no impulse control. So they're dangerous." The only solution is to put them in a breakfast club detention slash cuckoo's nest institutional setting. It protects the people on the outside, but it's strange and combustible inside. The genre is like a haunted house movie with a bunch of hormonal teenagers. We haven't seen it as a superhero movie whose genre is more like The Shining than We're Teenagers, Let's Save the World. So... What happened with that vision? That's what I'm wanting to know. Like that was state like like Fox had Stacy Snyder saying like this movie is like Breakfast Club Detention meets Cuckoo's Nest. It's about keeping people on the outside safe from these kids. It's um what happened? What what happened from that point of saying like this is what the new to mutants direction is going to be to Screening it with test audiences to saying this isn't going to work. We've got to reshoot, and on top of all that, we've got to add a completely new character to this movie for it to work. What? What the fuck is going on here? And then it gets pushed up like nine months or some shit. So this is. It just doesn't seem right. This is. This seems like a disaster. Ten months. This seems like a disaster. It's getting pushed from fucking April of this year to February of next year. It seems like a mess. Wow, it had to have been just a colossal failure to those test audiences to have them <laughs> scramble and do this much crazy shit with it. I'm, st- but, but like I, I've said before to Jake, I was thinking like just based on the trailer and the, the fact that the budget was forty million dollars or whatever the hell it was, then I'm thinking like they could make their money back pretty easily. I feel like the reshoots are gonna, the reshoots are gonna make the budget skyrocket a little bit more. And filming all new parts for like another character and then like having everybody else possibly come back and film with this new character is going to make the budget go up a little bit more. I don't know. This just seems like a, this seems like a, it's going to be a colossal fuck up. I cannot see this movie being good. God, I would love to see the cut that they had now. Oh man, I really want to see it before it becomes whatever it becomes. So, you know, I'm just so curious, like, to what it was, you know, and if I would feel the same way, that yeah. it's just a big pile of dung. No, I agree, man. It would be interesting to see that the cut that they have now without this new character, 
without like without the reshoots. It's I don't know. I you know what's fucked up is like you you seeing mutants in a one flew over the cuckoo's nest kind of setting where nothing makes sense. I feel like I already fucking saw it, and it was called Legion, and I watched it last year, and it was great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a solid point. Yeah. Um, even I see what they're doing here. Like, like just by watching the trailer, it feels like a horror film. It feels like, you know what I mean? Like it feels, it feels Mm -hmm. like a a James Wan horror film or a Scott Derrickson horror film, like set in like the Marvel universe with mutants. And like, yeah, that could work. But like, I don't know. I wanted to see different, different representations of magic and some of these characters than what I feel like I'm going to get in this movie. And I don't know. My cats are acting like assholes. Yeah, I heard them. I was wondering what was going on. <laughs> they're, 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 uh, like, okay, like, okay. He, 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 when he takes a shit, he goes nuts. And he, oh, yeah, yeah. Picky does the same thing. Yeah. Like, as soon as, like, I don't know. As soon as, like, uh, he, he has, <laughs> as soon as he lets loose and takes a shit and he, uh, releases, his feces from his prison wallet he is just a nut All right, yeah. I asked Michelle if that was a thing <laughs> like I was like is Pinky is that just some weirdo thing she's like no a lot of cats do that so it's crazy that this is being brought up again yeah it's weird why do you hey what are you, hey, what are you doing over there I know you do I act like that after I take a shit do I just start running yeah, around the crazy. house like an, like an asshole no what are you doing that Anyway, um, James Gunn clarified uh, details on Groot since his death in the Guardians of the Galaxy. Spoilers for Guardians of the Galaxy, people, if you haven't seen that movie. Um, <laughs> Groot died. Anyway, a lot of people thought that it was just Groot come back. You know, baby Groot was just the original Groot come back as a as a seedling. But that is not true. Here's Here's this quote from Twitter this week. He clarified a little bit more about it. First Groot is dead. Baby Groot is his son. That's his quote, James Gunn. Yeah, I, I'd already kind of been on that page anyway. I thought Gunn was very clear even earlier about the fact that that Groot was dead. This Groot didn't have any of that Groot's memories. I'm yeah. pretty sure that was a statement we were told already. Yeah, he, he clarified it more this week saying that this baby yeah. Groot is his son. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Cool. yeah. Uh, let's see here. Moving on. Twitter. Uh... Twitter, yeah, Twitter making some shit happen this week. Guardians of the Galaxy fan tweeted James Gunn this week and said, "Hold on, actually, uh, you know, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna do the whole conversation here. Here we go. It's uh, Ian at Ian Free tweeted James Gunn and he said, could you do me a huge favor and find a role for Mark Hamill in Guardians Three? The awesomeness of it might end me, but I'm willing to risk it. Thanks." James Gunn replied, I think Mark Hamill lives right around the corner from me in Malibu, so he can just come over and we can talk about it over a cup of coffee. Mark Hamill then caught wind of this because he got tagged in this, and he said, I would be happy to do so, both as a good neighbor and an an employed actor. All the best, Mark Hamill. James Gunn replied, ha ha, let's do it. Mark Hamill said, DM me for my contact info if you're serious. Mark Hamill. In one moment in his mind, his character is still alive, and in the next, he's unemployed. James Gunn replied with, yes, I will, although I don't think your DMs are on for me. 
And Mark Hamill replies with, just followed you. Is that how DMs work? So we got, we literally got a senior moment with Mark Hamill there <laughs> on Twitter. And that was kind of cool. But like, this could happen. Like, and it was all brought on by at Ian Free on Twitter just by saying, you need to bring Mark Hamill on in the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Yeah, what? that guy's got to be freaking out that he caused such a, like, pop culture wave. Yeah. Like, um, who would you who would you bring Mark Hamill on on in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy? Like a Ravager? That's, like, the easy choice, right? Yeah, that's easy. That's easy. I don't know. you got to do something with him. Is it Adam Warlock? Something more fun. Ooh, I can't think of a Marvel character I could instantly think of having to be. That's a tough yeah. question, right? Yeah. I don't know, but uh, I think it's going to happen. I think I think it's like like it's in the works at least if they can work it out schedule wise. And he's saying he's unemployed. So <laughs> yeah, oh, that'll be funny. too cool. Right, the st- yeah. Are you talking about the statements he made about the spoilers for the Last Jedi that? That thing. Well, yeah, I think I, I even think him saying he's unemployed is definitely yeah. a little bit of a nudge, nudge, wink, wink to yeah. his last Jedi status. Yeah. Well, you know. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, um, let's move on. More, more Marvel. God, Jesus Christ, this episode. Um, have fun. Hey, I want the DCEU fanboys to have fun with this because they're going to hate on this because um, it has to deal with Captain Marvel and uh, screenwriter Geneva Robertson Dwart talked with Entertainment Weekly and said this about the film. Captain Marvel has a very funny voice and it's more of an action comedy, more like what we were talking about doing in the first draft I wrote for Tomb Raider. But that tone survived in Captain Marvel. I love funny female characters, so as Tomb Raider got more serious, I got even more committed to the idea of Captain Marvel being hilarious. And the reason I'm saying that DCEU fans are going to hate this is because they typically, one of the things like when their movie sucks, is they're going to come back and say that Marvel movies are just too jokey. Yeah, they they don't like to laugh. They don't like, no, too jokey. They just cut down on the jokes. Like, so I agree with that to an extent, but like, I do like, I do enjoy some of the humor. Some of the humor does land. Um, the Ant-Man shit was a little over the top, okay? I get it. I I totally get it. But like the Thor Ragnarok stuff, I thought was brilliant. I thought that it, it did work. I thought it was very funny. Um, but here we go, Captain Marvel. They're already coming out of the gate and saying it's gonna be an action comedy. I'm thinking it's going to be along the lines of like the tone of like um, um, uh, more of like a Thor Ragnarok type of thing here. So um, I don't. This does not have me discouraged at all. I'm fine with that. No, I didn't expect it to be the Dark Knight as far as like how serious it was going to be. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, this is good stuff. Yeah, looking forward to it. Looking forward. Was it Brie Larson came out and said that everybody, when they finally get like the final image of the Captain uh, Marvel suit, they're going to be very happy. She's she's basically saying like, oh yeah, that green suit that you Calm saw. Calm the fuck down. Yeah, chill the fuck out. You're gonna, you guys are going to really enjoy the look of the Captain Marvel suit. Just wait, just wait for it. Um, we're getting Avengers: Infinity War one week early on April 27th instead of March 4th. Um, so I basically I, I, they're just trying to get an extra week of dominance in the box office. 
before. Yeah, it was a tough crowd with Deadpool and Solo. Deadpool, Solo coming out, exactly. So, um, and I liked how Marvel did it with the whole, you know, Robert Downey Jr. tweeting back and forth with Marvel Studios. It was kind of, it was cute and it was fun. So, um, yeah, we're getting it a whole week early, which is fantastic. So I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I wanted to talk about the second Infinity War prelude comic that came out and it revealed more information leading into the film. Um, this news is from Screen Rant. Um, let's see here. They say, in 2015's Avengers of Age of Ultron, Thor submerged himself into the water of sight. Was that what it was called, Jake? The water of sight? The water of sight. Yeah, remember when he went into that little pool? And oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I got you. I it was got called you. the That's water the of sight. Yeah, terrible. <laughs> um, I guess it's going to pay off here in this prelude comic. But anyway, Thor submerged himself into the water of sight. <laughs> Funny considering how he's lost an eyeball um, in the last movie. But anyway, uh, using this, he was able to return to the dream he was given by Scar. Hey, speaking of speaking of characters that lost an eyeball, hey, Jake. Um, Indiana Jones. Did you ever watch the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles? Yeah, I love. I loved those. I haven't mm-hmm. seen them in forever. I don't know where you could watch them now. Is it is it canon? Is it canon? Uh, I would say probably not. Really, even with George Lucas involved. Mm, I feel like it's a little bit of the same thing as like I don't know. All right, hold it on. Is a, I, I would say no, but if, if all of a sudden it was, then I wouldn't argue it. All right, hold on, hold on. In King, what is it? The Crystal Skull? Was that what it was called? Kingdom of the Crystal Skull? Was that what it was called? Yeah, yep. that's what it was called. <laughs> Alright, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. He mentioned in that movie that he had an adventure with Pancho Villa and in the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles, you see that adventure. Like that happens in the show. So like that's what always kind of like made me think that it was canon. Okay. That, that's decent evidence. Like, I, I don't think there's anything so glaring that really would disrupt anything anyway. It, it probably doesn't even matter. The reason I'm bringing this up is because, like, uh, he, he had an eye patch. At the beginning of those episodes, he had an eye patch. So, he, like, he lost his eye somewhere along the line. So Indiana Jones had an eye patch. Like, at the beginning of every episode and at the end, you saw, like, it was a 90-year-old Indiana Jones. He's talking telling you about these stories and shit and uh so maybe like i don't know so, so like we're getting a new indiana jones movie coming out and if, it, if those if that shows canon we don't have to worry about indiana dying in these movies that's what i'm saying yeah unless unless he's making a movie when he's 92 which is entirely no. plausible no i mean if you're going by the timeline nah, nah, no he's gonna be like in his 70s. He's in the 70s. I just, mean, I just mean the third movie from now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's when you'll be able to have the uh, suspense of whether or not Indy will die again is in Indiana Jones 7 when oh. Harrison is 92. I mean, he's playing a 90 year old. He's just going to like Like that movie will just be like him walking to his refrigerator and he kills over dead, right? <laughs> Indiana Jones and the, and the mate. I would. I would pay for that movie now. Indiana Jones and the Maytag of Doom, you know, like. <laughs> and, 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 the, and what's hilarious about that is, like, in the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, like the refrigerator saves his life from a nuclear bomb, and in this one, 
he just opens it and dies. <laughs> trying to make a cheese, I like it. trying to make a cheese sandwich, and he's dead. <laughs> I like it. I would rather have that than whatever the next Indiana Jones movie is going to be. I don't even want to read this fucking Infinity Ward prelude comic bullshit. It's like, uh, Fuck it then. huh? Comics are fucking dumb. <laughs> <laughs> That is the quote of the episode right there. That's the title of our episode. Comics are fucking dumb. (laughs) Hey, welcome to episode 223. Comics are fucking dumb. Um, (laughs) I mean, no offense, but come on. Yeah. Yeah, just read it. It's out there. We're gonna get to see the movie anyway. Let's talk about let's let's move on to this. We spent I've spent enough time. Basically, the second comic has to deal with the fact that Doctor Strange is well aware of the Infinity Stones. Mm. That seems like a hot take. Uh, yeah. <laughs> my my cat took a hot shit and he's acting like an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Is it Dr. Strange sitting there? I can imagine the comic now. He's meditating, seeing all the different heroes and what they're up to, and then a giant disturbance. Yeah. The fuck, man? You fucking drain your sanctorum and you act like an asshole in my house. Um, (laughs) THR revealed dates for uh, Marvel Phase 4 films. Uh, We don't have any names for any of these films yet. Uh, we just have dates. We do know that we are going to get Galaxy of the uh, Guardian Galaxy, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, but we don't know the date where it lands. We can only guess. Um, phase Three of the Marvel Cinematic Universe will end with Avengers Four in 2019, and Phase Four will start with the entitled Spider-Man: Homecoming sequel that's coming out July 5th, 2019. Uh, Captain Marvel comes out in March 8th of 2019, and so. They came out with, what was it? I think it was seven? I think seven dates. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Holy shit, nine dates for movies yeah, coming a bunch out. Of them. May the 1st. gun on Twitter said Guardians 3 is 2020, so that, that gives you a little bit of... Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is guaranteed to come out in 2020. James Gunn said it would release in 2020. So we've got... Um, May 1st, 2020, July 31st, 2020, November 6th, 2020, May 7th, 2021, July 30th, 2021, November 5th, 2021, February 18th, 2022, May 6th, 2022, and then July 29th, 2022. I tasked you guys before we recorded, let's guess what's coming out on what date. So let's start with May 1st, 2020. What do you guys think is coming out? Jake. Oh, man, that's a really weird one. I plugged it. The first thing I did was just kind of plug in what I knew. Yeah. And I I, I plugged in the Guardians at the July date. I did as well. Um, the first movie came out in August, and then the success of it gave it the July date for the sequel. Uh, I put it in as a May 1st, 2020. Oh, the May 1st. Okay, yeah, the second one's the May. Yeah, it's, it's either the May or the July. I, I like it right there as the May, though, too. I put it in as May. Joe, what did you put in as May? Guardians 3. Yeah, so it's unanimous then. Um, July 31st, 2020. I want to know what you guys put in there. 
was a tough one. I put in. I put in. It's like I put in Ant Man and the Wasp three. That quick of a turnaround? Yes. Would it be in two thousand eighteen? See, I was thinking Black Panther two for the same kind of thing, but then I was like, no. It can't. I think it's going to be three years for that. Yeah, I feel like Ant Man and the Wasp three is in one of those 2021 spots. I mean, you, who's right and who's wrong? Who knows? But that's what I thought. Yeah. When did uh, did when did Ant Man come out? Was that 2015? Yep. Ooh, yes. Okay. It was the last movie of Phase Two. Yeah. Yeah. I put Ant Man. Marvel hasn't Wasp really 3. ever done a two year turnaround on any sequel. Iron Man. Really? Iron Man 2 came out just two Iron years Man, later? Iron Man, the first one, came out in 2008. And then Iron Man 3 was out by 2013 already. So when did Iron Man 2 come out? 2010. 2010. So that was a two-year turnaround. Okay, okay. I mean, that was back when it was not a... That's almost a different beast, though, the first two movies, right? Yeah, I, that's I, all they were doing. I, I the only I, Jake, I originally had Ant Man and the Wasp three in a twenty twenty one spot, but i i had to i had to, i had i i had to move something around to make it to do this. Yeah, so, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Like I said, I don't. I, I'm not going to get too defensive about it. It could be mm-hmm. whatever, but yeah, I don't know. I just didn't think it would be that quick, but maybe. I, yeah, this is like the one that I was not confident with. <laughs> I can tell you that much. I was trying to do like the three-year thing, like you said. Um, and honestly, I couldn't even fill out every date because I'm a little bit um, like flummoxed as to what some of the, like a few of the titles could even be. Joe, what did you have in that slot? Uh, the Black Widow movie. Black Widow, yeah. Okay, that has not been greenlit, so I did not... I don't think I put that anywhere, because it hasn't 100% been greenlit. And so. see, some of my list is just hopefulness. And yeah. I've been hopeful for a Black Widow movie for a while. Yeah. And especially touching on what we were talking about with Red Sparrow earlier, I really yeah. think a Black Widow movie could work. Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't, is there enough greenlit movies to even fill this list out, though? I, I felt like you had to at least make three creative guesses. Yeah, I, I, I was creative with, with some of my guesses. November 6, 2020, I put in Doctor Strange 2. What did you have, Yeah, Jake? that's exactly what I have, too, is Doctor Strange 2. Joe? Uh, I put Iron Man 4. Oh, in, wow. Um, with a potential for it to be a changeover to Iron Heart. Okay. 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 I don't have any of the big three part fours coming in my list. I have one of those, so we'll we'll get to that here in a moment. Uh, May seventh, twenty twenty one. I put Black Panther two. I, I think it's going to move to the summer release. I think it, it's it's earned that. It. Did you guys know that it recently just jumped into the top ten films of all time for for gross in the box office? Yeah, yeah, that's huge. It's huge. I did the same thing with this one too. Um, my logic was the Guardians of the Galaxy stuff. You know, it opened it as an August. It proved its worth as a franchise. It yes. became a May. Um, Black Panther more than did the same thing. Right. And That's, yeah. it is definitely now going to kick off a fucking summer. It's but Black Panther. It's a goddamn juggernaut. Yeah. It's May. What did you put here, Joe? Uh, that's where I had Doctor Strange 2. Okay. Jack, Doctor Strange 2. Okay. Oh, man. I, I know no one's right and no one's wrong, but that, that's an idiot pick, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> no, when you guys were talking about Black Panther, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, yeah. God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at Black Panther further down my list. I'm like, that is the dumbest idea, Joe. Yeah. 
they're they're not moving Doctor Strange to May seventh. He's not going to be yeah, like Doctor Strange is not getting yeah. that, the May oh, spot. Yeah, yeah, the, the yeah. May spot <laughs> is like for your those are for like your your flagship. You know, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I realized this while we were talking. Yeah. Holy shit. That was Doctor, it. Doctor Strange would have to break the fourth wall and affect time and space. <laughs> <laughs> fucking get the May release. That was a Doctor Strange <laughs> choice to make. Okay, um, July 30th, 2021. I put Spider-Man 3. Mm. I put female Avengers movie. So... And this yeah. is just one of the spots. Like I don't. There's not enough greenlit things for me to put down. Yeah. What'd you and put? So we know. We know there's a big overhaul that's going to happen in Avengers Four, and I feel like we're going to get more Avengers stuff before 2022. I'm putting it right here. See, I I went with okay. Spider Man Homecoming came out last year in 2017. We know we're going to get a Spider Man Homecoming sequel for July 5th, 2019. I feel like Sony wants to keep these. They want to keep Tom Holland young, and they want to keep these Spider-Man movies coming out. I think they're thinking every two years, turn around for these Spider-Man movies. So I'm thinking July 30th, 2021, that's Spider-Man 3. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. I wasn't thinking about the people growing up, and I've got my Spider-Man 3 plugged in in the uh, very last spot that we have here. Oh, wow. Okay. What would you have here, Joe? Uh, Captain Doctor, America Doctor, 4. Doctor Strange 3. <laughs> <laughs> they fall hot on the heels. <laughs> Joe, Joe ends with like Doctor Strange 8. <laughs> Doctor Strange 6. <laughs> I just have Doctor Strange for the rest of my list. I got a lot of fucking... I got a lot of confidence. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> one of them is like Doctor Strange and Ant-Man. Um, one is like <laughs> the female Doctor Strange movie. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Doctor Dre, Doctor Strange team up film, you know. Ooh, yeah. get F. Gary Dre in on that. <laughs> That's funny. No, what did you have there, Joe? I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, Captain America four, and I'm wondering if they're going to transition into Bucky or Sam uh, taking up the mantle. It's got to be. I think it's Sam. I think it's. I think it's Sam Wilson. I really do. I think. I think Bucky is being set up for. Like, uh, Wakanda, you know, like his, his role in Wakanda possibly is like the white wolf. Um, mm-hmm. but you know what I mean? I, I, I just from, you know, from the last film, I, I think it might be Sam. I, do, do they have that much trust that Anthony Mackie can pull off a cap film though? So that's a thing, I guess. We'll see. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think Anthony Mackie is a fine actor, you know? I just don't know. We'll see. We'll see what he can do if he if he's cap. So, um, November. What are we? November fifth, twenty twenty one. I have. Yeah. I have Thor four. I have ta- interesting Taika Waititi coming back and doing Thor four. That's the only one of the originals that I have, and I, I threw that in here. <laughs> Brian, if they if if I were gonna have if you told me that was a greenlit movie, this is the slot I would put it in. I mean, this is the traditional Thor spot. Is the yeah. November before thanksgiving release i put the uh this is where they try new stuff i sometimes and i put the black widow black widow okay all right yeah i i i i I had put the i had originally put like black widow slash you know female avengers film in one of these slots and i took them out because they both haven't been greenlit yet so um but that's what this is about, just having fun, like taking guesses here. What did you yeah, have, Yeah, I feel Joe? like at least three of these are going to be properties we just don't know yet. Exactly. What did you have, Joe? Uh, Thor 4. 
Oh, Thor four, nice. Yeah, say that three times fast. <laughs> and uh, do you think that there's any possibility of them moving to a female Thor like they've done in the comics? Uh, yeah, it's definitely a possibility. Definitely a possibility involved. Wouldn't it be cool if it was if it was Tessa Thompson as Valkyrie being the new Thor? Oh, that'd be rad. Yeah. yeah. I like it. Yeah. I like it. February 18th, 2022. Um, I have Captain Marvel 2. And I also added that there will be a post credit scene with a character that ties in with the Fantastic Four. Mm, that's interesting. Because by by 2020, if everything goes through with the deal, you can start having Fantastic Four and X-Men characters. So I'm not saying that they're going to do a Fantastic Four movie at this time. I'm just saying that it's Captain Phase 3, February 18th, 2022, Captain Marvel 2 comes out, and we get a post credit scene with a character. Not necessarily, not necessarily Thing, not necessarily Sue Storm, Reed Richards, or Human Torch. It could be any character associated with the Fantastic Four. In a post credit scene. I like that a lot. That's interesting. After 2020? After 2020. Yep. Starting okay. in 2020. They can, they, if the deal goes through. We well, can that s- makes me feel better about it because I put Fantastic Four as my movie here. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Because so- I feel like February, This I feel like of all the slots, this yeah. is the one that feels like new franchise to me. Okay. Yeah, like that, some, this is not going to be a sequel to me in the February 18th spot. I know? yeah, I feel like I feel like they have confidence that this this Captain Marvel movie is going to do it, it's going to do great, and I feel like they're they're going to definitely want to get Brie Larson to come back and do another film, and I feel like that's they're going to have her shepherd in the Fantastic Four in the post credit scene in this film. But I, I totally see where you're coming from, though. Yeah, I agree with that. And my, my logic is, is I put that female Avengers movie in the May 7th, 2021 spot. Yeah. Or not the, not the May 7th, but the um, the July spot. And I feel like the, the following year is going to be follow-ups to that. And so that's why I put my Captain Marvel 2 in the spot after the February spot, in the May 6th spot. Okay, okay. My, my, I feel like it'll be the Avengers movie for that year. What did you have in the February slot for 2022, Joe? That's where I put Black Panther too. Oh, okay, okay. You're just like a hey, Black History Month again for you, Black Panther. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> it's funny that it lines up that way. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying, me personally, I'm saying like Black Panther is going to get like showtime. Like you're getting you're, yeah. you're getting flagship May 7th month and Joe you're like, "No, you're releg- you're relegated the the Black History Month in February." <laughs> <laughs> no, I totally did not take the May thing into regard here and you no. guys are going to give me a lot no. of shit on the let's next one. Oh, let's, yes. Hey, hold on. Yes, Let me let's just it. can we fast forward? Can we get it let's give it to the white magician. Oh, right? let me guess. <laughs> Doctor Strange. Let's give here you go. Welcome welcome to May, Doctor Strange. Oh, uh, what what uh, what not appropriate sequel did you put in the May 6, 2022 spot? Uh Ant-Man and the Wasp. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh no. Wow. Man, you must really have a lot of faith in the second one. <laughs> 
totally didn't take the whole May release. Because as soon as you said it out loud, I'm like, looking down my list, I'm like, oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. All right. Fucking A. What's your May of 2022, Brian? Uh, New Avengers. Oh, I love it. New Avengers. So that'll be Avengers 5, but it will be titled New Avengers. And Me and you are on the same path. I'm just a year ahead of you. Okay. All right. Because I'm, I'm saying the same thing. My, I called it Female Avengers. Okay. But we're, we're on the same path. I'm just doing it. I'm just jump-starting it one year ahead of you. Female Avengers should be called Vagengers, right? Yeah, I agree. I Vagina. Vagengers. <laughs> oh, va. Yeah. All right, I'm down. Avenger, the gingers, the gingers, <laughs> right? I don't know. I'm, you're having a hard time saying it over and over again. I'm starting to be no sold on it. The gingers. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh man! Uh, July 29th, 2022. Who do you guys have in coming out then? Um, I got my Spider-Man 3 right there. Spider-Man 3. What do you yeah, got, he's Joe? he's coming home again, and this time it's personal. What do you got, Joe? Uh, that's where I got my new Avengers film, and I'm wondering if they're going to totally go away from that name, and so I put in the Ultimates. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, oh, nice, nice. I have... I, I'm calling it the Homely Avengers. <laughs> I call it the the vagenter. So ridiculous! How did I not see that coming? <laughs> okay. <laughs> What is wrong with me? Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, July 29th, 2022, the final slot. I have put in, this is the first X-Men movie. This is going to be the first X-Men movie, and it's going to have a post credit scene with Deadpool. Teasing teasing Deadpool. So, oh, man. Listen to you. Yeah. And they're gonna they're gonna bleep him. They're gonna bleep him, and he's gonna get pissed off. They're totally gonna bleep him in the post credit scene, and he's gonna be like, he's gonna break down the fourth wall that it's a PG thirteen X Men movie, and he's gonna he's gonna uh, assure audiences that he's coming back, just like in the Deadpool sequel, uh, the Deadpool the, the 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 first Deadpool film. He he assured audiences in the second film they're gonna have Cable. And in this post credit scene, he's going to assure audiences that he's coming back and doing an R-rated movie, and he is going to have a crack on Disney. I guarantee that's that's if they do it, that's how they should do it. That's my that's my that's my guess here. X Men with a post credit scene of Deadpool. Nice. I like it. I like it. I think we all have great list. I except Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Joe's on like Doctor Strange seven. You know? <laughs> It's the baseball one. <laughs> he's, he's teamed up with that dude from Credence. And... <laughs> oh, All right, guys. Let's, oh, fuck it, eh? Let's, uh, we're going to move into DC news. Oh. Last night, 
Batman destroyed my vagina. And now the leftovers are going to destroy DC News. It's time for DC News, you fucking pieces of shit. The gingers. <laughs> I was going to say, now are we going to pretend what the next nine Batman movies are going to be? Yes. Oh, how many How many DC movies can Batman show up in? Yeah. <laughs> uh, exclusive news here from Deadline. Ex- uh, the hot name for the villainous role in Wonder Woman 2 is Kristen Wiig. Uh, word is that Warner Brothers and DC are in talks with Wiig to play the role of Cheetah. Um, let's see here. Yeah, the <laughs> sequel is going to be set in the 1980s during the Cold War. Um, sounds like this will happen quickly, and a symbol of female empowerment gets a sequel where both main characters are women. So, Jake, Joe, Kristen Wiig, Cheetah, what are you guys thinking? Man, I absolutely love this idea. Um, I, I think it's great. I, I you know, I definitely agree that the the main villain should be a female on Wonder Woman too. And man, I, I'd be excited to see this. I think Wig has a lot of rage and has it in her to be a, a great comic book villain. I think I, this could go either way. I think it could be an absolute disaster, but it could very possibly end up being something really great. I high taste this, Jake. I'm going to Tupperware this Tupperware Tupperware Tupperware. I think with. Patty Jenkins behind this, giving the direction to Kristen Wiig, who I feel can play a very serious role in these films. I think she can. I, I, I think this is the kind of actress that we need in this role. We saw her in Mother. She played a serious role. I've seen her in Skeleton Twins with Bill Hader, and she's been yeah. dramatic and funny in that role. Um, this is another one of those castings, just like you know Michael Keaton as Batman, uh, Heath Ledger as Joker, where people were like, what the fuck? What are, they, what are you guys thinking you're doing? And I'm thinking to myself, once you get her either in Cheetah Prosthetics or in Cheetah CGI, she's going to be able to pull off a voice. She's going to be able to pull off facial expressions. She's going to be able to do this better than anybody else out there. I 100% Tupperware the fuck out of this selection, and I think that people don't have the foresight. Uh, hindsight is twenty twenty, guys. If, yeah, it is kind of like I, I high taste it, but man, I've seen a, I've seen mostly negative reactions. Me too, me too, and I, I think that people are jumping to conclusions and they're and they're they're going back into that that Heath Ledger well where it was like, oh, Heath Ledger is the Joker, the the guy from A Knight's Tale, the guy from uh, you know that one fucking what was that other movie he did um you know 10 things i, 10 hate, things about I you. hate about you yeah and it, it's like i i get it oh the broke back mountain guy you know it's like <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think this has the potential to be great yeah um there's so much potential with the character yeah it's a character that's never really been stylistically defined in tv or movies for the masses you know i'm you know the comic book geeks know yeah. what he's supposed to look like yeah but i'm sorry but joe schmo on the street has no idea who Wonder Woman villain Cheetah is. Mm-hmm. And I think this is something that she can really grab in her hands and make her own and make it insanely memorable. I'm very excited. I, I can't wait to see this. I'm going out on a limb and I'm saying that it's going to be a Tupperware performance. If I'm wrong, I will eat crow. But I think that she does have it within her to fucking pull this off and nail it. Joe, 
tell me I'm wrong. Like, if you don't see it, like, let me know. I'm not going to give you shit either way because I could be 100% wrong here. <laughs> no, I, I love Kristen Wiig, and I was excited when I heard this news and I didn't understand the, the Internet backlash. And part of it I wondered, if is, is it just... Is, you know, it's kind of in vogue to talk shit on the DC movies. Not that they haven't earned it in yeah. a lot of respects, but um, the only thing that has me worried about this and a lot of the DCU movies going forward is: Are they going to get their CGI shit together? Yeah, yeah. I be <laughs> if we if no if we you're absolutely right. If we get to like the third the third act in this film and it's just like a CD CG fuck up like it was in the last film, I'm going to be upset. Yeah, I had the same worry. Like, what if they hire super talented wig and then just make her a CG mess? Oh God, yeah, mm-hmm. that's not that's not against possibilities here, right? No, it it has to be a CG character. She has to be. They need to, they need to they need to give her the same. They need to give her the same treatment that they gave and the the same care that they gave like Snoke in in Star Wars Last Jedi. And I know not everybody was happy with that character, the way he looked. I thought he looked fantastic. I thought he looked fantastic. So Snoke? Yeah. Oh, I love Snoke. Dude. Like, oh, look. You, oh, my God. Dude, you'd be surprised. There were so many fucking people that were like, oh, Snoke looked just as bad as uh, Ares did in, in Wonder Woman and talking shit about how Snoke looked. I thought he looked great. I think that they need to do that here because I, I feel like with Cheetah, like a big part of her is going to be like her tail and the way that that yeah, moves, yeah. you know? So I I want to see that be part of her character as well, just like the way the tail moves and everything. Um, Even some of that, though, let's possibly not do CGI, right? Like it's going to help the actors too. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I look. I look at what Raimi did with like Doctor Octopus and Spider Man Two, mm-hmm. like not relying so heavily on CGI, and how great that turned out. No, I mean, yeah, if we could get a mix of practical with CG, I'd be I'd be very happy. So, we'll see. Yeah, yeah you guys are right. The hate is very weird. Uh, I, I, I I guess it's not weird. It's, it's not. Expected. It's it's expected from fans. Like, oh, the the Saturday Night Live lady, the lady that ruined Ghostbusters? Oh, no. She's going to throw it again with the Wonder Woman. You know, it's like, all right, you're very short-sighted. You don't see the fact that, you know, maybe you haven't seen Skeleton Twins. You haven't seen her performance in Mother. She she can play dramatic roles, and I I don't think that she's going to come in here and Jim Carrey Riddler the fuck out of this performance. She's going to really give it her all, and I think Patty Jenkins is going to give her the direction um, to to have her play like a really good villain in this film, but I think like I, I think you guys are absolutely right. I think it comes down to like the way the CG looks. You guys are one hundred percent right. I mean, if the CG doesn't pull it off, the performance isn't going to be believable. Yeah, so. it'll just be like Ares in Wonder Woman one, where yeah. by the end you just don't give up. Fuck. Right, uh, Jonathan Goldstein and John Francis Daly, the Spider Man Homecoming writers and uh, the Game Night directors, are confirmed to direct Flashpoint. It happened last week. I talked about how they weren't confirmed. Um, they are confirmed this week. John Francis Daly posted a GIF on um, Twitter. A flash running with the caption reading it's happening so it's it's 100% confirmed I want to let everybody know I uh, I've seen game night twice now in theaters and um, I these guys are great 
these these directors are talented and so i don't know how the flash is going to turn out i could not tell you but if the flash is not good it's not these guys faults it's it's warner brothers because these guys are extremely extremely talented and i cannot wait um to see what they can do with the flash if they're given the freedom you can't wait for warner brothers to screw another extremely talented person Uh. If if these guys are given the freedom to make if they're if they're given Patty Jenkins freedom to do a Flash movie without fucking having to tie it in with the whole fucking universe with and you know that that's the thing like we already know like we've heard stories of like oh they're going to incorporate Wonder Woman into Flashpoint and all these other things um I, it has me worried I I just want these guys to be able I I would like to see these guys just do a fucking Flash movie. Have Flash against the Rogues Gallery or whatever the fuck, but you know we'll see. We'll see. I, I, it's it's kind of stupid that we're getting Flashpoint as the first film for Flash. Flashpoint, you're gonna have that as your first movie for the Flash. Like what the you know? Yeah. It's just the it's the same thing Marvel kind of does a bit. You just you get that recognizable name and that's the title. Yeah, know? but Jake, it's an event. His yeah, first movie's an Iron Man. Iron Man was called Iron Man. Yeah, well, yeah, that's true. That's true. It wasn't called iron, you know. It wasn't called demon in a bottle. <laughs> you know, they didn't have. That's a good point. You know, they didn't have like Iron Man Extremis. Like they waited till. Yeah, the- why don't Why don't they save that and make money? It seems like they're kind of like just call the movie Flash, right? And make draw people in with the sequel by calling it Flashpoint. There you go. There you go. Or you know, like or like, okay, what did they What did they do? What did they do with Captain America? They built him up before they fucking called the third film Civil War, which was an event. Yeah. Why Why the fuck do I care about Flash Flashpoint as the first movie? I haven't even seen a Flash movie. Now you're calling the movie Flashpoint? Flash off. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, I don't know. It seems It seems premature. Joe, what are you yeah, thinking? I agree. I think this idea is coming straight from a boardroom with them saying we can use Flashpoint to make the changes that we need to change to get this shit on board. Yeah. And But if, I, if I'm Jonathan Goldstein and John Francis Daly, the directors, I'm saying, hey, I've got a different story for you. And it's 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 a fun Flash story. And it's going to make you a shit ton of fucking money. It has nothing to do with Flashpoint. Because, like, th- this is, like, the Flashpoint stuff, I-, I get it, guys, but it's way too premature. All right? Okay? No, I agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. I, 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 yeah, I, I do, too. I think it's a fire sale over at Warner <laughs> Brothers. Whatever they can do to get butts and seats at this point. Mm-hmm. They'll sacrifice. I mean, they already sacrificed the entire Justice League franchise to get butts and seats. Do you think they give a fuck about the legacy of the name Flashpoint? Yeah. Yeah, I get it, man. That's what I'm worried about is that there's just way too many cooks in the kitchen and Warner Brothers and oh, wow. I mean, they kind of just be freaking out. The, 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 the Marvel just continues to crank out these excellent movies that people are going and seeing nonstop. And they've got all these great characters that they mm-hmm. just cannot <clears throat> fucking get anything through with. What? And is it, at what point do they, what? do they, do they look at themselves and say, maybe we just need to 
Slow hire people who are passionate about these people, about these characters, and just let them do what needs to be done. Yeah. You don't think the cyborg movie is going to do Black Panther numbers, Joe? You're crazy. <laughs> Warner Brothers has got this. <laughs> it's like DC couldn't even float a fucking cyborg comic. I don't think it made it past <laughs> ten issues in Rebirth. Did you guys hear that they 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 turned in the script for the cyborg movie and? He is the leader of a nation called Cyberconda, and I'm fucking with you. I'm fucking with you. (laughs) That's that's what they should be doing. Jeez, fucking, I don't know, man. It's Cybranium. Cybranium. They just need to (laughs) Cybranium. It's like like Lion King with robots. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Um... Let's see here. Yeah. I, I love, I love Game Night. I've seen it twice in theaters and it cracks me up and these guys are great directors and it's just like I, I, I hope that they aren't like the, that DC Warner Brothers doesn't like force their hand and like make them make this movie where it's like, Okay, guys. Here's here's your here's what you got to do. You've got to uh, your movie is responsible for fixing what we've fucked up. You guys <laughs> yeah. have to fix what we have fucked up over the last few years, and you guys have to. We got to incorporate Wonder Woman into this um, because people love her. That was our big movie, um, so we got to put her in this definitely for sure. And Ben's done. Ben Affleck is done with us. So now we've got to have Jake Gyllenhaal appear as Batman by the end of this movie uh, to get people excited about the future of the DC universe because people love Batman. And we got to show them, like, what we're doing with Batman in this movie. Um, so Yeah, how can any creative mind work under those, like, you know, those guidelines? You are basically John Favreau working on Iron Man 2 at that point. Yeah, exactly. And there's nothing you can do but churn out crap. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, the rap is reporting that, uh, if the, uh, long delayed Time Warner and AT&T deal doesn't go anywhere, quote, that Time Warner would likely be broken up into parts and sold separately as Warner Brothers, HBO, and Turner. So basically what they're saying is if, if that happens, we don't know the future of DC Comics or the DCEU. Um, basically saying like Warner Brothers could be sold off piece by piece, meaning Warner Brothers, HBO and Turner could be sold. And, um, apparently Apple at one time was interested in, um, in, uh, better, better giving money to them than M night. Yeah. But Apple was interested in DC at one time. Um, but they dropped out and, um, but it might be back up for sale and they might be interested in DC or HBO. So, I don't know. I don't, guys. I don't. I don't like this with these Sony. Isn't guys? We're hearing about. Okay, we know Fox is selling. Sony has actually talked about selling, um, and now Warner Brothers. I don't. I don't like this, guys. I don't like where this is headed at all. If 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 these studios start going extinct, I, I, I this scares me. Like this is really. I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm confused though. Are they? Are they? So they're selling the whole studio divisions and not just the properties, huh? They're selling. Uh, it would be sold separately into parts, possibly Warner Brothers, HBO, and Turner. Hmm. 
That's interesting. Yeah, I don't know. It all depends on who the buyer is. Like, it wouldn't be so bad if it was someone that wasn't already an established movie mogul was buying it and trying to get into the game. Like, that could be cool. I just, I, this, like, you know, like, I, I'm excited. I, I am excited. I am excited, definitely excited to see Marvel Studios get a hold of the Fantastic Four characters, um, to see them get a hold of the X-Men. I just wanted them, I didn't want it to be at the expense of Fox Studios dying. I wanted them to, Marvel Studios to be able to either get, acquire those characters back, um, by paying for them or for like deals lapsing. Like, like Fox is just like, there's just no more money to be, we keep fucking up the Fantastic Four franchise. We're not making any money with it, so we're just going to let it lapse, and you guys can have it back. Um, that's how I wanted. I it's it's like because you hear, I mean, even George Lucas basically thanked Fox Studios for for Star Wars. Star Wars would have never got made had it not been for Fox Studios. Yeah, and we yeah, we true. owe so much to Fox. George Lucas has come out and said nobody would let me do my movie the way that I wanted to have it done until Alan Ladd Jr. from from Fox Studios said, I believe in you, and I believe in, in Star Wars, and I'm going to let you make your movie. And now we're seeing the studio die. The same studio, and I'm, and I'm not saying like things haven't changed in 40 years, but the less studios that you have out there, the less directors that you have making original content, the less people that you have have jobs in Hollywood, Billions of dollars are being lost because of Fox Studios going out of, you know, business and billions of people are, uh, not billions of people, but a lot of people are out of jobs. The Fox thing is just so weird though, cause it's like. I can't, I'm not faulting Disney, Jake, for buying them. It, it, the no, opportunity's Fox was there. Selling. Yeah, it was, it was I, fire sale time for I Fox. get it. I'm just, see, that's the thing, that's what's fucked up about this. Is like, I don't like what's happening. The fact that Fox Studios is going out of business, but I can't fault Disney for buying them. I don't think like Disney's evil for buying them. It's, no, if they didn't, someone someone besides Fox was yeah, sitting know. on all their properties. I now. get it. I get it. It's just yeah. uh, it's a, it, it's I, I, it's it's. I'm not saying like D- Disney's the evil corporation that's buying Fox. No, Fox is the one that's basically waving the white flag of surrender and saying like we. We want to get rid of like our our movie entertainment, and we want to get rid of some of these stations, and we're just going to focus on Fox News and our our main Fox channel and and Fox Sports. I get I so I don't know. It's like I'm in a weird place with this too. It's just it's sad seeing a piece of old Hollywood die. And like Disney has said, like oh we're not going to do anything with like the Fox Studios. Um, we're not going to like. Uh, you know, tear it down and turn it into a fucking parking lot. But that deal's only good for seven years. After seven years, they could do that. So who, who knows, man? I don't know. Yeah. Whenever there's a loss of competition, it's always, yeah, it's always the people receiving that product on the other end. That'll be the ones to suffer because, you know, competition pushes each other to do better. Absolutely. Competition create uh, competition spurns like creativity and it makes other people work harder. So, I, I just don't want I don't want to see it like, and it feels like it's going this way. I don't want to feel like in the next like, you know, 10 years like we're only going to have like, you know, 
these three big studios, three, four big studios, and then Netflix. And then, you know, it's like, there's nobody make, like, I love the fact that we have A24. I love the fact that we have, you know, um, uh, Bloomhouse Studios. Bloomhouse, yeah. yeah. I love the fact, but those are like low budget studios. They're not making like, like the mid budget films have like completely gone away and, I don't know. It's just not the way it used to be. It's either big budget films or like low budget films, and there's really nothing in between. And so that's yeah, like, and unfortunately, the big budget films they're not going to get the money unless it's yeah. already an established property. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to see a lot of creativity in a big yeah. budget film these days. That's why, Jake. That's like like why we're not getting movies like Baby Driver. Like that's a mid budget film that just like blew up, but we're not getting a lot of Baby Drivers these days. Like that's that's why that movie was so special to me last year because it's a rarity. You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, that was a, such a passion project for Edgar, too. It's yeah. not like there's like 20 guys ready to make a baby driver. I think. being denied by the lack of studio support. I think that there's a lot of guys out there that could, that have that kind of vision that we just haven't seen getting jobs in Hollywood. We're lucky, thank God, that Jordan Peele put his time in for so long and somebody gave him a shot and like, here we go, we got get out. And now it's like the, the world is his oyster. He can make whatever the fuck he wants to now. So. Yeah. We'll see. I agree. But it's like we still get like assholes like Brian Singer who get to direct whatever the fuck he wants to and he hasn't done shit in my opinion that's been good in the longest time no no not at all so since usual suspects yeah exactly since the usual suspects you're absolutely right that's his best movie he like started and ended there um fuck this episode um it's okay yeah we got the dc news man i know what do you want? Uh, let's see here. Where are we? Uh, yeah. Reddit user Viva Elsom posted a uh, picture of Zachary Levi in the uh, Shazam costume with the red suit, gold boots, the belt, the the wrist gauntlets, uh, the, the cream-colored cape. What did you guys think about this mall? He was in a mall with a – what did you guys think about yeah. this pick? I mean, it was, I can't wait to see it touched up and in the movie. Yeah. It's really hard to rate it with this kind of pick. I mean, I saw the pick and everything, but he might as well have been working a birthday party by the way it looked. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I love that description. Yeah. What did you think, Joe? Dude, I thought that cape looked like drapes. (laughs) (laughs) That might have been, again, to do with whatever they're doing in post, you know, that it has to look that way. Yeah, I could see that. I don't know. That dude just doesn't seem big enough to be Shazam, but... I mean, we are seeing him from a weird angle in the picture and everything, too. Yeah, I'm not a, I'm not sold on the Zachary Levi as Shazam. Neither am I. Neither am I. I wanted Alan Richson. I still want Alan Richson, so... But. Yeah. We'll see. And I, I don't know. It's just the whole thing. The whole thing just seems weird to me. Like it was going to be like a Shazam movie and the villain was going to be Black Adam. Now Black Adam's getting his own movie and he's not going to be in the Shazam movie. And, uh, but, uh, what is it? Superman's going to show up in the Shazam movie. And then Zachary Levi teased that Batman's going to show up in the Shazam movie. And it's, what the fuck? Just make a fucking Shazam movie. Right? <sighs> Yeah, exactly. I think Shazam should cross over with Flashpoint. (laughs) 
<laughs> you call it Flazam's <laughs> point or something. Yeah, they, should just, they should call it Vagenders. <laughs> oh, fuck. Let's move on into Star Wars news. I, I, DC news is depressing the fuck out of me this week. Here we go. Star, this uh, week. Star, yes, this week. Star Wars news. You were supposed to be here with me, listening to Pop Culture Leftovers Podcast. That's not true. That's impossible. I ain't got a ton of news this week. I did want to talk about uh, Star Wars Rebels. Uh, final episodes coming out on Monday. I am all caught up on Rebels. I was 11 episodes behind, and I uh, knocked those out within two days. Um... Do you guys have, are you Joe? Are you watching Star Wars Rebels? No, it's I watched I think almost the whole first season of yeah. it, and then I just ended up falling off. Okay, and it's one of those things I've wanted to always go back to because I really liked it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm the same place Joe is. I watched the entire first season, and then about the first four episodes of the second, and have not caught up since. This season has just been. Um, it started off. In my opinion, it, the season started off like, and then it got like, and then it got like. <laughs> <laughs> Is that our new official rating system? I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. It went, it went from to like, then it went to like ah, like it, it, it with a little bit of it's gotten really good. Like I knew, I don't know. Those were things that signified good. The whole yes, like it started off. It started off like it started off like. Am I crazy, Joe? <laughs> I I thought that was all bad. No, no. The last noise that I made was supposed to be good. It was supposed to be good. Um, Like the first few episodes of the season were like, all right. And then it just, then it just, they have those filler episodes that I don't give a shit about. And then now they have like, it's just, they've ramped it up. They've ramped it up. We've got, I mean, they introduced the emperor. Um, A major character died. Recently, and I will be 100% honest with you. Like, I teared up. Like, it, like, a character that I've spent, like, you know, three previous seasons with died. And a character that I've read in the comics died. And I'm just like, oh my God. Um, that broke me. And it's sad. Um, they have introduced, like, new mythology into Star Wars canon with this show that is just unreal. They they introduce these characters of the loath wolves. Um, we find out like the the loath wolves are are force sensitive, and they introduce this gateway in the Star Wars universe that controls space and time, and it brought back Ahsoka. I was just like, yeah, spoilers. Jeez. Brought back Ahsoka. Fucking Ezra brings back Ahsoka, who we saw like who who we thought we saw die in like season two. And she's brought back into season four. So that character's like, has, we, that, that fucking blew my mind. There's this whole new mythology with this fucking Star Wars gateway. 
And I don't know if they'll ever bring that up into films. I don't know if the gateway's closed now, but now the Emperor's in this season. Um, we still have to finish whatever the fuck is going on with the Rebels and Thrawn. Um, but yeah, we've got like, um, the finale coming up on Monday. They're going to have like a 30 minute episode. And I think like an after that, like an hour finale. And, um, I, I can't wait to see how this ends. I cannot wait to see how this ends. Um, yeah, it'll be weird to be in that limbo where we don't know what the next Star Wars animated show will be. Resistance. I'm thinking it's going to be that resistance show. And Joe, I'm still with you, man. I think that they're going to fill in the gaps between, what ha- what they're going to do a time jump with episode nine and this show resistance is going to fill in the gaps. I think you're onto it, man. I really do. Yeah, I do. I think that's pretty likely. Yeah, I do. I, I think you're onto it. Um, Star Wars.com released. Uh, yeah, but if you're not watching Star Wars Rebels, it's it's I mean, yeah, there's a bunch of filler episodes that are that fucking suck. Um, they do. I mean, like, I was begging for, like, uh, I want more, uh, Sabine stories, and then I get the Sabine Mandalorian stories, and I was not, like, the biggest fan of them, to be quite honest with you. I got, like, the Zeb story, and I was just kinda like, Zeb, okay, whatever. But, like, these last few episodes, like, we've seen some really, dude, there's been some really intense fighting scenes. Like, Zeb, like, beating the shit out of people. Zeb almost kills a motherfucker in one of these episodes, and Sabine has to stop him. Like, like, it's, they've, it's crazy. It's crazy, these last few episodes of Star Wars Rebels. It's, it's like they have ramped it up. It's so good. So I cannot wait to see how this ends. I hope it's six to the landing. That's what I'm scared about because it's been so good leading up to the end. And Loth Wolves are so cool. Loth Wolves are amazing. Um, anyway, uh, StarWars.com released um, uh, excerpts from a new novel that's coming out very soon. Not the, um, the Last Jedi novelization that comes out. I think that comes out on Tuesday. This is actually from, it's uh, Daniel Jose's Last Shot, and it comes out April 17th. You can pre-order it now. It's the Lan and Hondo novel, and it takes place in three time periods. When Lando owned the Falcon, shortly after Han takes ownership of the Falcon, and then not so long after the Battle of Endor. And it shows us Han Solo as a new father to Ben Solo. Um, and Ooh, that's a uh, cool time period. Yeah. Uh, it also explains what's been going on with Lando Calrissian and why we haven't seen him in the new films. Um, you can read the excerpt on StarWars.com. I did. It's really interesting and it makes you want to read the rest of it. The, the excerpt basically, it's, it's Han holding a baby Ben Skywalker and someone bangs on his door. He opens it and the book actually says that Lando doesn't have a scoundrel's grin, but looks downright pissed. He then punches Han in the face and then Han thinks to himself, I should have seen that coming. And then that's basically like their friendship has been fractured. And that's basically where the book leaves, where the excerpt leaves you like wondering, like, what the fuck did Han do? And why does he know that he fucked over Lando? <laughs> he like he knew he had it coming. So it's like, what happened? What happened to that friendship? Um, so I'm interested to read the book. So it sounds like a good book. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's cool to finally get some expanded universe stuff going on in the time period of the current movies. Yeah. And it, maybe yeah. it's to explain why we haven't seen Lando in these new films. So. Yeah. That kind of burnt me up, though. It's like Leia in The Last Jedi sends out, like, the call to, like, somebody to come and help. And I was like, for me, it was like, that's, like, the perfect time for, like, Lando to to answer the call for Leia. You know? Like, I want to believe, like, if Lando's out there, Lando's, like, getting in some kind of a ship and coming out there to help. And so that's it's not yeah. what happened, though. So. No, it is not. Um. Uh, the Han Solo film, uh, the villain that we see battling Beckett on the train, um, the guy that with the mask that we've seen in the trailers um, on the desert that looks like he's going to battle Han Solo. Uh, according to yakface.com, um, they found some some Solo merchandise, the, the bottle toppers, and the bottle toppers were of Chewbacca, L337, the new droid. And one character called Enfy's Nest, E-N-F-S, E-N-F-Y-S, Enfy's Nest. Empty Nest, my em- favorite sitcom from back in the day? Yes, Empty Nest um, from back in the, the <laughs> late 80s and early 90s. That was a great – I thought of the same thing, Jake. That's a fucked up thing. <laughs> so I thought of Empty Nest. I used to love Empty Nest. Yeah, I loved uh, it too. It was a good show. Uh, but the, Enfy's Nest could be the name of the villain. So Screen Rant went on to report that this isn't the first time the Nest name has been associated with Solo. Per Star Wars .net – um, oh, excuse me, per Star Wars Star News. Wars.net. No, par, uh, <laughs> per Star Wars News. <laughs> the Gingers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> per Star Wars News Net, uh, the phrase um, Nest Bumper Car was included on concept art, implying Enfys is a speeder pilot and not the location. Uh, Emily's Nest as some originally thought. I'd never even heard of that. Anyway, since Han is going to be racing himself, it's possible Nest is a rival of his on the circuit. Uh, previously, due to toy leaks, it was believed that the character was called Moloch. Uh, but apparently that is not the case. Jake, I thought the Moloch name was released by Entertainment Weekly. Yeah, I thought that was too. I don't recall what it is, but that was just like last week. Yeah. Yeah, it was a few weeks, actually, a few weeks ago. For those looking for connections to the larger franchise canon, Enfy's Nest does not appear to have ever been mentioned in public material, published materials, meaning this would be an all-new addition to the galaxy. Um, okay, I guess they're saying that that character that we thought possibly could be named Moloch is now Enfy's Nest. Okay. Yeah, I'm in. All right, sure, whatever you guys say. Um... Oh, I want uh, Ron Howard, the director for Solo. He revealed that he has started recording voiceover tracks for season five of Arrested Development. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's happening. Holy fucking shit. I cannot wait. Jake, you got to get on uh, season four. You just got to knock it out, man. You got to do it. Yeah, it's just all the all the poo-poo. And no, maybe just not care. It's not, it's not as bad. As people say it is. It's really not. It's not. It's All not. Right. Maybe I should just do a series rewatch because then it, it won't be so bad because I've got to watch the other. It's really not. Good stuff it's again. not, man. I would give, I honestly would give season four a high taste. It, 
It's not as bad. It's not as bad as people say, man. It's really not. Mm. There's a lot of good in season four. So, all right, let's, uh, let's knock out some emails and knock out this fucking bullshit episode. All right, it's time for emails. Mail! Alright, first email comes from Joey Peters, and he says, Hey Leftovers, just wanted to reach out and show you my gratitude and support. Love the content, bantering, and other good shit that makes me awkward at work. What the fuck is going on? What's that noise over there? Are you jerking off over there? What the fuck is going on? I don't hear a noise. Mm-mm. <laughs> I'm hearing... <laughs> sounded like whoever it was put the dick away. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> anyway, Joey Peters goes on to say, uh, last week you said a little bit how you stay away from politics, and I absolutely love that. I feel for three or four hours a week I can hang out with a bunch of friends and talk about movies. I've always been a film junkie, and with Netflix and others, we have been riding this wave of the golden era of movies and TV all over again. Some fuckers may not agree, and I'll go to war over my opinions over film, but not politics. Thanks, guys. That comes from Joey Peters. Joey Peters, I want to thank you again. He sent a uh, donation to us, so thank you so much, Joey. You guys, you're awesome. Um, but yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's a great email. I and that's been one of our policies for a long time. You know, yeah, it's because uh, honestly, if we wanted to talk about politics, we could get heated and talk about all that stuff too. You know, yeah. but that's that's not what we're about here. We're no, about you know, I want people celebrating to, entertainment. I want I want people to come. Yeah, celebrating entertainment, and I want people to have like an escape from all that. You know what I mean? They just come here. And just escape all that. I want this to be the the Calgon of pop culture pop culture news. Calgon, take me <laughs> take me away. Take me. It's away, one of the Calgon. things that it is for me. Honestly, I, I myself can get kind of wrapped up in a lot of that stuff, and the show is an escape for me from all of that world. Yeah. Did you watch the uh, Did you watch the Charles Barkley Saturday Night Live? I did not. I recorded it. Yeah. And some I, I posted that you know oh Charles Barkley was. Uh, he was on Saturday Night Live. Some lady tweeted me back. Did you guys see this tweet by any chance? Mm-mm. No. You didn't say, hold on, what did anybody do? There was a, I guess there was a, yeah, there, I, I, I ended up finishing it. There was a suicide sketch where they, like, Charles Barkley was a dating show and, and, um, like, you know those dating shows where like they have like the three sa- the three suitors, the male suitors, and like they have the woman asking the question, like yeah, the dating game, the dating yeah. game, and she's like, uh, uh, "Suitor number one, you know, what would you do on our date?" And he's like, "Yeah, I mean, I would do this, and I would do that, and yeah, the, that premise." And Charles Barkley was the third suitor, and he was like, "Yeah, if you don't pick me, I'll kill myself." <laughs> wow, that's Saturday Night Live goes for the dark yeah. joke sometimes. I, and, I like it when they do. And then he and then he goes on to say like, uh, you know, like. You know, like he goes to explain like how he would do it. Like he would go in his car, in his garage, and like just, you know, turn on the car and and let the carbon monoxide run into the with a hose through through the window and just <laughs> kill himself that way if she didn't pick him. 
and she kept saying like i don't i don't feel i don't feel comfortable with this and and like so i just all i did was post i literally just posted where is my post here i literally just posted like um here's my i put uh here we go yeah charles barkley was on snl last night and then this lady this lady replied to me and she put turned it off after the suicide related skit hashtag not okay and then i uh i immediately blocked her she's a weirdo um and then <laughs> i replied with just block this bag of fun hashtag snl um I've attempted suicide, lady. Haven't seen the sketch yet, but it's their job to make jokes. Fucking keyboard warriors make me want to attempt it again. And then I had a uh, the 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 dead face emoji with a gun pointed at its head. So, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the thing that I did. Yeah. Uh, good for you, man. Those sort of people suck all the fucking fun out of the world. Right. Right, yeah. it's like oh words. It's like, I know, oh, come on. I know. <laughs> That's I get it. Like oh, suicide is not a joke. No, I come on. Like I, I don't. That sketch was not intended to to like glamorize suicide. It, it the guy who acted pathetic, and it was just funny. And it's, I don't know. I think you can. I think that you know, Saturday Night Live. Their writers are they're paid to make jokes, and we should know going into the show that there's going to be jokes. They're jokes. You don't have to. You don't have to get all serious and be a keyboard warrior and piss and moan about everything. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. yeah thanks, Joey, for the email. <laughs> 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 Next email comes from Dan Crooks. Um, it's titled uh, "Just a Suggestion." Right there, no, I, yeah. I don't I, like this. I know. Like right there, I'm like really turned off by the the title. You know, uh, Brian and Jake. I wish you guys could report on more news in regards to Doctor Who. Uh, not too many podcasts mention or give time to the show, and it's it's a shame in a world that's so fucked up. Who gives audiences a chance to step away from politics and war for a time lord that's trying to do what's best for the planet? It's cheesy as shit, I know, but who doesn't love time travel, robots, and aliens? If it's not your guy's thing, then no worries. Just my two cents. You guys are great. That comes from Dan Crooks. Um, I I love Doctor Who. I, I just I kind of dropped off in season eight. I need to pick it back up. Um... Jake, you don't watch it. Um, no, but no. Do- Doctor Who gives a fuck is my motto. Yeah, yeah. Doctor Who cares, <laughs> but but um, I love it. I think it's great. Uh, my favorite Doctor's Tenant. I think he's fantastic. But you know, I don't know. It's uh, I gotta pick it back up. But yeah, suggestions could. I got a suggestion for our listeners. Don't give us suggestions. How about that? Can we? <laughs> You know, right? Oh, yeah, calm down with the suggestions. Y'all. Yeah, I mean, this is not. You know, this we are not a restaurant. You know, I don't. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not your server. I'm not coming to your table and saying, "Hey, you know, what would you? What, what's your order? What would you like today?" I don't give a shit. I mean, you're yeah. you're getting what I'm giving you, right? So yeah, we are not Burger King. No, you will not get it your way. <laughs> 
This is how it is. Just deal with it. You come, you know, if you don't like it, nah, Dan, it's fine. I get it, Dan. I totally get it. If there's like, if there's, I guess if there's like, uh, Doctor Who news that I want to report, I'll report it. I mean, but it's, I don't know. I don't know. I can't please everybody. Can we? No, not even half the people. No. Somebody's always pissing them on about something. Uh, all right, that is the end of this episode. I got no more emails. I got nothing else. Uh, Joe, thank you again for joining us. Uh, where can people uh, check you out? Uh, Starkcast. I'm on uh, Facebook. You can hit me up on Twitter, at the Tubby Ninja. That's it. And uh, and uh, check out Joe's new book. It's titled uh, The Gingers. <laughs> <laughs> I love saying that for some reason. I plan on checking that out myself. The gingers. <laughs> <laughs> no, you got a book. It's called uh, I Become Death, and it's on Amazon, and it's about a post-apocalyptic zombie world ten years after the zombie apocalypse, and people need to check that out, man. That's right. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, I was like, should I plug that two weeks in a row? But yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah. You know? Plug yeah. away. It's on Amazon, World Marketplace. There you go. Uh, check it out. Yeah, definitely check it out. I Become Death. Yeah. Check it out. Buy it. Support Joe. He's a great guy. And uh, just like all good leftovers say in their doggy bags, thank you for your patronage. And thanks for listening. We will see you next week. Yeah. Doctor Who gives a fuck. The gingers. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a t-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. Already like 7 million podcasts Talking about pop culture and all that Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat But it's all been done before and we don't want to be a copycat We're the leftovers picking up the scraps Dropped by the cool kids it, it, It's a trap Gonna toss it, gonna take it Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it Let's embrace the Tupperware party Subculture spill over like a vulture Carryover, counterculture, pushovers Pop culture Leftovers Cool kids, what's to say's already been said. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this pop culture leftovers. Podcasts that are original and good have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft and do the shaft crap, even though we're the shit. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. Crap! Gonna toss it, gonna do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, pushover, pop culture, leftover. And with the uncool kids, what's to say it's already been said, leftover. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this pop culture leftover. Good
Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over. Counterculture push over. Pop culture. Leftovers. And uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Leftovers.